This is Mike. I'm P.S. I'm all alone, P.S. I'm so excited. I love you, man. What? It's true! Wait, what? The relationship, I cannot wrap my brain around it. I think probably my best comment on this is, I have to fix this. I have to fix this. Sometimes you date someone and it just doesn't work out. Ryan, I am just so proud to roast your ass over a hot fire and make you regret every nasty thing you ever said about my favorite couple. Goodness, the vilification of that poor little Hufflepuff was beyond belief. You know why I can't let it go? That will let the terrorists win. And you thought season two was unbelievable. I love you. Rene, did you read the article about the kangaroo that broke into the guy's house? <laughs> yes. And raped uh, them? What? what? <laughs> Where is your mind? Where do we need to be recording? <laughs> I am recording. <laughs> Where did you get and raped him from? I thought you were talking like kangaroo bestiality. <laughs> Hold on, we had to explain Impreg to you. Wouldn't shock me if they're like kangaroo people in Australia. Oh my god, you guys are so, or not you guys, Mike, you are so weird. Because I'm so famous, and awesome at Quidditch. Just remember the time that I took you to Slughorn's office. And you nearly dragged yourself to death, and I saved your neck. I'm so excited about that movie. Uh, me too. Yeah. Oh, did you see the trailer the other day yes. saying your father was a Starfleet captain for 12 minutes and he saved 800 lives? Let's see what you can do. I know. J.K. Rowling had to be one of the most talented writers of fantasy fiction she'd ever encountered. She'd even considered changing her career after being so affected by the books. All right. She walks into her building, and there's guys in robes. There's a redhead, a big black guy, and a woman with pink hair. Yeah. And she has a look at them and be like, oh, my God, it's a Harry Potter convention. Like, why was that the first thing? She thinks that they are terrorists. Well, I would have thought Leaky 2009 was down the street, and some people got a little <laughs> Picture you're coming into your lobby, Rena, all right? And, and, and you've got, you know, your bags of groceries, and your cell phone's ringing, and you're jostling, trying to get your keys out. And you look in front of you, and there's three overweight men standing in front of you. And one of them has a bright yellow shirt on, and the other two have bright blue shirts on. And one of them has pointed ears, and they say, I'm Captain James T. Kirk, you need to come with us. You're not going to think, oh my god, it's real. Gene Roddenberry was a spy or a changeling or something. You're going to think, oh my god, I'm being kidnapped by Star Trek Looney Tunes. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you guys who read it a long time ago, Rena and Keza, can remember this. But I was reading this, I had no, not even the faintest inkling it was going to turn to Harry Ginny. I was thinking she was clearly setting it up to be the news reporter woman and Harry. And that was clearly, even Laura, that prophecy. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't seem to know Maura's name because you keep referring <laughs> to her as the news reporter woman. I've never actually seen Hitler be a wizard. So in that case, he was apparently a dark wizard and he had one ball. So that's what I learned about Hitler today from chapter one of that was it, and he had one what? He had one ball. Hitler had one ball. One ball. He wasn't he had one ball. Though, right? he one was, ball. Uh, well, maybe it didn't drop. I never checked. I can look into it if you want. I thought it was a oh, war injury. I'm not an expert. What? I what? Someone are you shot talk- Hitler's ball off. Are you talking Hitler about had like one testicle. testicle? I was just checking that you're talking about. T- <laughs> <laughs> you thought he had one basketball? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he only had, he he got very angry that he only, he didn't have a play toy, so he exterminated like ten million people. No, he, he just had needed to test. be sure. <laughs> you know what? I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I have no problem insulting Hitler's manhood. So if I'm wrong, screw him. That's <laughs> we're gonna leave it there. You know what? And I hope the other one malfunctioned frequently, and he had erectile dysfunction, like Harry in After the End. But if right. he's a wizard, like Creative Cool says, he can just do Petrificus Totalis, and he's fine. Okay, Could you picture him it's... shooting himself with Petrificus Totalis, <laughs> oh and he doubles God. over, and, and he's got the thing pointed up? It would be terrible. See, okay, I, would be I, just looked, I just looked it up. I would be worried that I would hit my legs by accident. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, all over. Um, Mike has Googled <laughs> Hitler's testicles. Mike, what have you found? I looked it up. They, they used to think it was a urban myth, but then they uncovered documents from a priest. <laughs> You're going to say they uncovered his testicles. <laughs> <laughs> they uncovered documents from priests who were operating as doctors who confirmed it in their documents. And apparently there's also um, some description from some someone about how he was, uh, at one point when he was wounded, he was covered in blood all over his legs and he wouldn't stop screaming insanely. And they think that might have been when he lost it. Okay, there's a new wrinkle for our brains. We need your children, which is a really great chapter break. <laughs> <laughs> send us your dads. Yeah. Us your dad. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's Harry Potter and journalist woman. Can you write Mora. your name down, please? Mora. 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 Write it down. Piece of paper. Write it on your hand. You can look down at it when you're wondering. Giving potions to muggles without knowing the resistance level is about as smart as poking a twitchy aura with a stick. I think one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Imagine somebody standing next to Mad Eye Moody in like the grocery store or something and just like turning around really quick and like poking it. <laughs> <laughs> we're left with the basic plot of the story that a bad guy named Phil is rising. <laughs> I love the fact that his name is Phil. <laughs> Phil is, is the bad guy. Now I have to tell you, Phil, formerly a host of Parfic Weekly. Absolutely. Has 14 kids in California. He adopts everybody in sight. Yeah. Yeah. Phil is apparently a dark wizard. Uh, I don't know about that. But what was his last name? Morden or something like that? Mooden? Mahoot. Mahoot. If you're a bad guy, you don't want to be named like Al Lipschitz. They don't exist, Mora, nor do vampires, at least not in the form that the muggle world thinks of such things. And I couldn't help but wonder if they're sparkly or not. <laughs> what? Sparkly? Yes. I don't get they're it. sparkly in Twilight, Mike. Oh, okay. Sparkly as in like glittery? Yes. Okay. Why are they glittery? <laughs> glittery vampire. Yeah. I haven't heard that one before. If he's 35 and available, there must be something wrong with him. <laughs> well, you have to love Harry's response to the whole thing. Okay, you're literally the most famous man in the world. You can't walk down the street in the Wizarding World. You're known on a first-name basis by every small child in the Muggle world. Between Dumbledore and Voldemort, your life is not your own. And he's like, I'm gay now? <laughs> I'm gay now? Do you think I would yeah. have ever in a million years recommended a story where Harry was gay? <laughs> I swear to God that there's butt sex at the end of the story and Renee's like, ha <laughs> I really wasn't attracted to her character and I'm hoping that will turn around. Now, I know Rena wasn't there during the Year Like None Other series. She had commitments overseas. I did must you you are that obviously series familiar. We've done on Butterfic Weekly. Them spite okay. words, Mike. You better watch <laughs> them spite words. The the ministry is is customarily moronic. Okay, she's a reporter. She's on TV. Mm. There's a line earlier where it says the Ministry of Magic for years couldn't find her. But That's like saying the ministry, after years of an exhaustive search, <laughs> can't find Wolf Blitzer. 
these morons are even stupider than that. Then Arthur's the department head. So who Arthur's is the minister of magic, his, isn't he? Maybe he's just lost it. He's old. He's decrepit. You know what I mean? Maybe he's been standing hey. too close to the microwave in the shed. Hey. I've got a theory. For whatever reason, when I read that, all I could picture is that somehow... Oh my god, I think you're right. This is, this is ridiculous. Well, what? now that Mike said Tell that, us. I know I'm wrong. I thought that somehow Mora is Hermione, and she's been memory charmed. Or like some soul connection between her and Hermione. No, <laughs> I don't think there's a soul prediction. connection. This is your prediction. No, it's not. I told you it wasn't going to happen, but I'm a Battlestar Galactica fan. That shit would happen on Battlestar Galactica. Mike, do you think that's what's going to happen? I, I don't know. Well, no, the fact that Mike is telling me I'm right, though, even makes me more sure right. I'm not. No offense, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> some connection, like like they're, they're like soulmates, or like her soul. Oh God! Pretend I never said anything. All right, moving on with. You know how Hermione's always got a sister in like every second beat, right? <laughs> Mora is Danger Granger yeah, and a wig. Exactly. Yeah, dang it, Ryan, you figured it out. Was I the only one who didn't think that McGonagall was oh. McGonagall-ish? She had like a twinkle in her eye, so I thought she was like half Dumbledore. <laughs> and she's like, what were you doing in the closet? How do you know about the closet, Minerva McGonagall? I was a student once myself. She's got a, a mind sharper than a triangle. You have a triangle-shaped mind? What? <laughs> what? The conversation with Molly and Grandpa is lovely. The one with Ron is fine. The one with the girls rubs me funny. Their dad was murdered saving them, but they jump Uncle Harry when he wants to be their new dad. And while yeah. I appreciate he'd go out of his way to prop Dean up around the kids, saying to the three girls, you know, you could have been mine, is a little weird, and I'm fairly sure he and Ginny would not have birthed three lovely biracial children. I think she's forgotten that Dean Thomas is black, because she talks <laughs> about the skin on one of the girls and how she doesn't lovely skin. She looks just like her mother, except she doesn't have the freckles. And I'm like, well, of course she doesn't have the freckles. She's probably black. She like, doesn't have red hair because she would have black hair. But did we I know thought, Dean Thomas is black that early, though? Yes, when did we, we find did. Out? Yes, we did. Yes. When the book came yes. out. When was the first one? Sorcerer's Stone. We'll just chalk that up to one of those things where it was artistic license. Yeah, he's white in this one. Once we know that Harry and Ginny are the couple, that I'm convinced her and Ron are going to get together. More Mike, say Ron. her name. Ron's going to... Hold on. You, well, <laughs> Thank you. It's written in his hand. We're going to Hogwarts. I'm like, all right, this is it. Hogwarts. It's going to be different. And we get there, and, and they're walking up, and Harry's like, now you know, th- this could be bad. This is going to be shocking. You're going to be very shocked. And she's like, Harry, will I be safe? Yes. You'll be safe. I'll, I'll survive this. You'll be with me. I'll be with you. Every step of the way, when you walk through there on the other side of that door... You know, it's, it's, it's shocking. And I'm like, oh my God. So they walk in, they open the door and there's a double set of doors. I'm like, there is no double set of doors on my Order of the Phoenix video game. This Hogwarts is completely different. And like, there's no common rooms. They all sleep on tents in the floor. It's like a fort. It's gonna be wonderful. So they, they push through the second set of doors and they're in this giant, I thought they were in the great hall already, this giant 30 foot ceilings. I'm like, oh God, this, I like, I, literally I read this. I was almost wetting myself right there. And she walks in and she sees Sir Nicholas, who is in all the books, who is in the movies. And she sees him and she collapses. And McGonagall's like, you know, you should have told her it would be shocking here. And he's like, I tried to. And, and Moore is waving her hand. He tried to. I'm like, that was it. That was the difference. There were, there's ghosts. They were in the book. 
So it's possible that Barack Obama, in his haste at Walmart buying the DVDs, did not think to say, how many eyes does Gordon Brown have that work properly? Is it two? Does he have both? I don't know. That's Maybe someone searched the gift a little bit and think about it. Who does that? Who Googles Gordon Brown eyesight wiki? <laughs> What you don't want to do is you don't want to give Gordon Brown anything with nuts in it and then have him, like, start choking. And then, oh, God, he He's going to paint an elegy. Obama's giving him the Heimlich. You don't know yeah. who he is. I'm guessing it's Phil. Right. Coming to you through the magic of pre-recorded voicemail. Too bad he's not around so you can't even go, hi, I'm Phil. I'm coming to... Well, he's not dead. I can call him. He just works like... <laughs> <laughs> he's got 15 children. Come on. Should have him... He's not he the octopus guy. So guy. What's going on here? Phil is reproducing like a small rabbit. Thank you very much. Okay, we're not going back. We're not going back. We're not going back. I have a question about the release of the prophecy. Oh my God, do you have a list of 300 questions? What's your question? I wonder how it would have changed, though, if she had written this after book six, when we see that the ministers know. I wonder how that uh, changed the story. That's, a good, that's well, actually a good point. Um. You sound so surprised. You're like, oh my god, he got one. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's like the first, the first legitimate... I think it's probably the longest prophecy ever written. It has an appendix to it. Okay. All right. I think you're, you're, you're making it a little too clear. Like, can you use ambiguous language? There is a dark snake in the east rising against all light, muggle and wizard, man and child. Only together will they prevail. Alone, all will be lost to the dark. At this point, I'm thinking, okay, this is like prophecies for when you're four, because it's very clear. All children must learn the ways of our world. The magic must no longer be held. Okay, by those of magical birth. Well, okay, this is like an instruction manual for what to do next. Mora makes these assumptions about certain things in the wizarding world. They come in, and she asks how business is going, and they're like, uh... I mean, you can almost hear Fred saying, well, it's not tax season yet. And George mm-hmm. is like, yeah, and it's a little rainy, so I haven't been mowing many lawns lately. Instead of a pen, they have this massive feather... It needs to be dipped in the ink, and you can write for like three seconds. Harry dot Potter, P O T T E R at Hogwarts dot net. Right, exactly. Wonder if there's a special magical ending to email addresses. That M A G. Yeah. And the first thing that we get from Mora is that Molly is nothing like what she expected. It would have been nice if she told us why that was. Yeah. Is she missing a foot? Like, why is she? <laughs> She's green. Her skin is green. Nothing like what I expected. I'm like, well, I just saw calendar girls and i saw julie waters naked so i can never look at molly quite the same way again but um okay they pick up the kids from hogwarts and yeah. i wasn't real clear on why we're pulling the kids out. out of school they needed a way to introduce the girls to the story i guess but when they harry pulled them up at like 1 30 in the morning was awkward too what's wrong is someone dead they don't know that harry's been dating their mom harry. he hasn't been dating their mom insane. chapter six i swear to god these are my notes i have no comments on chapter six really you didn't find anything interesting about chapter six nothing that jumped out at me to mention How about such you? a boy it was such a boy no i'm not gonna say well, anything you're the gonna clothes shopping and there was the fighting over the clothes <laughs> and... yeah you're a boy mr 400 dollars at gap on your yearly okay you should reread chapter six after you read the next couple of installments and then like commence kicking yourself can't be a high school gym teacher because the age of consent is 16. Ron is more than twice their age and it's icky. There are lots of icky things about it. Icky, icky, icky. My note is Ron is apparently the dude who takes students on field trips and you find them a week later in West Virginia. They couldn't have been yours, Harry. I'm sorry, but different sperm D- doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, I'm very obsessed with the sperm of Dean Thomas, which I'm sure Apparently will somehow end up in the uh, in the episode titles. 
she's like, look, I understand the entire British royal family doesn't live at Windsor Castle. Let's, for the sake of the story, pretend they're visiting. King William is up at the remains of Windsor Castle in a tent signing the farm bill. The military, we're meeting with Prince William. What do you mean? He's all we have left. Are you going to listen to this chapters, chapter 15, 16, in your car on the way to work tomorrow? I am now. No, don't. (laughs) No, don't. (laughs) Wait until you get to work. Oh, am I going to hit the gas station? I'm trying to save the state of Massachusetts from mass destruction here. Just don't drive. Don't Don't drive and listen to facts. (laughs) You don't even know what's in it. I I was being like, don't drink and drive. No, actually, I think it would be quite interesting. I will be sitting here at 8 o'clock tonight when you get to work in the morning, waiting for your reaction. (laughs) So you're going to risk my life because you want to know what my reaction is. I'm going to tell you what, if I don't sign on, I didn't make it. I'm going to put out an alert. Closing statement. The journalist works better as an original character than you see in the I am a very busy woman. I I edit like 56 podcasts a year. I'm writing a thesis. I'm I'm three. What part did you get to? You notice how I care not. What did I get to? You notice how I'm like, yeah, I hope Mr. Kezer recovers. Good luck with the kids. Have fun with the thesis. But I'm like, what part did you read to in Final Reckoning? (laughs) We need to adjust the schedule because um, I said so. Adju- oh, hold on. I have pulled up the schedule. Gen Putting 2, on my deputy gone. Head when did Harry turn six foot? Did he get like an engorgement charm on him or something? <laughs> I've never really seen him written that way. 16 years old and 6'2"? Oh, my God. <laughs> He's a growing boy. Ron must be really tall. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, what's in that pumpkin juice? Oh, my God. Exactly. (laughs) Ron is like seven foot or something now. There must be some kind of steroids or hormone growth or something in there. Well, look at the pumpkins they're probably coming from. Hagrid's pumpkins. Hagrid's pumpkins. (laughs) Apparently, that pumpkin juice is not organic. Jenny comes down in her wonderful dress robes, and her hair is held up with a pencil again. (laughs) That's this cute. Yay. Yeah. You think she would have at least put glitter on the pencil or something? It could be a glittering pencil. Well, I want to know where the pencil came from. The pencil came from From the the first time. Yeah, from the very beginning. But they don't have pencils. They have quills. Harry was really wondering what their relationship entailed after Ron had returned to their dorm one night with a stunned but happy look on his face. (laughs) And it was like, hmm, what did Luna do? (laughs) And Kayla said she was looking for narcles. (laughs) Ron must have had a festation of it in his hair or something. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I think it was a bit lower, but... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got the snort. All right. As Harry said, so long as Ron didn't share any details, Harry didn't have to. Right? <laughs> He refused to discuss uh, it. Well, if they're hot and heavy, Luna's not looking for nargles in his hair. <laughs> oh, double snort. Woo! Guess question. Am oh, I God. reading this prophecy wrong, or is this implying that the East is evil? Because it says the Western world will hold their own. And then later, good and evil, black and white, east and west. Maybe it's more complicated than just what you're thinking, and maybe you should wait until you read the rest of the story. (laughs) Mike is the person that does that. Mike reads chapter one. Now, how does this story end? That's my number one question. So, Mike... Maine is evil. Because Maine, Maine is evil. <laughs> it's about Dean and Harry and whether or not their kids are black or white. <laughs> <laughs> We've made many references to Harry Potter and his family. <laughs> Multiracial children. I hate to say it, but Jimmy was messing around. Dean is not the father. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, no. <laughs> Harry's always hanging around. And he feels great. that he's their father. And there was yeah. the on <laughs> It'd be great if the kids were really short and had this tendency to slip into Irish accents for whatever reason. <laughs> the kids would cry and Dean would run off with the kids and they'd never see them again. And Then the kids would grow up and hunt Harry down and string him up or something. Yeah, because he broke up their family. <laughs> Harry would never be images. Minister of Magic because he'd be a homewrecker. They would be living on a street in a cardboard box and Ginny would die from the freezing cold winter and then one day Harry would be just hallucinating on a bench and he would see the three girls coming at him with murder in their eyes and he would think they're Ginny because they look just like her. Oh, God. Show of hands, who was here last week? I had just had major oral surgery. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're very sorry to hear that. Do you want a hug? Come here, hug. hug. There um, you go. Keza, were you here last week? I was. Keza and I were typing back and forth to each other furiously, trying really hard not to laugh. All right, all right. Now, last <laughs> week I made a prediction that Maura Kennedy was, in fact, Hermione Granger. Within moments of beginning Chapter 15, Maura is clearly <laughs> Hermione Granger. Now, I'm at work, and I'm listening to it. I'm in my little cube. I got my headphones on, and I have new headphones, by the way, so I look like I'm calling NASA. I've got these huge honking headphones. Like, the building is burning around me. I'm just sitting at my desk. And I jump up, and I scream, I got it! And my voice even cracked like that, too. <laughs> and my coworkers came running because they thought something was wrong. I thought you were, I like, on fire or something. Well, and I had the big honking earphones on, so I couldn't hear them trying to check on me. It was, it was really bad. I'm like, I got it! Uh, you know, pansy the... Garden Gnome is dead. I am back. I am two for two. And I'm all excited with myself. And, and my friend next to me is like, well, what, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, I'm reading a story for, and I didn't want to get into the whole Harry Potter fan fiction podcast thing. I'm like, I'm reading a story for a book club, and I guessed who done it, which I figured would cover me. And they're like, oh, what book? Can I read it? I'm like, no, no, I don't think it's your thing. I, I, I say it's a book club, too. <laughs> it's a book club. I'm and glad I'm not the only one. I'm all proud <laughs> of myself. No, I said it's something I found on the internet, and I think they thought it was porn. A human male and a giant female getting it on and producing a baby is just a little <laughs> hard to swallow. <laughs> I've always yes. wondered about the physics of that particular pairing, but that's, <laughs> that is a story for another time. Better that way than the other way around. Yes, thank you. Not necessarily. I mean, I mean. Stop and think about it for a second. Stop and think about it for a second. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. I think that had we had like maybe an extra 10 or 15 chapters of backstory, of, of information, of not going from Jenny's my sister to I love you, Jenny, to let's get married, to we're going to have a baby in like 10 chapters. <laughs> to the baby's coming. Oh, my God. She's crowning. Things with Jenny's baby that I didn't quite get. How could she go into labor at noon and not say anything? You don't go from like normal you to don't go to like, zero ah, to labor. Ah, you know what screwed generations of American children? Saved by the bell. Because Zach Morris delivers Mrs. Bellini's baby in the elevator. She doesn't take her pants off. There's no amniotic fluid. <laughs> and he wraps her in a blanket. And his hands aren't even dirty. And that's it. I knew water broke. And I knew that it would come and go in waves that got closer. Like, you know, like you could have... Yeah, but water first... doesn't always break. But that's not the first sign. No. I heard the first time. And I know you can go into, um like, a contraction and then, like, whatever 
10 minutes past. Okay, let, let, me, let me explain it, being as I'm the only person currently here who's actually had a baby. There's a little ring of muscle that holds the baby in, right? It's called a cervix. And what contractions do is they open that ring of muscle to 10 centimetres. And when it's at 10 centimetres, that's when the baby can come out, but it doesn't just fall out. The whole uterus worked with the woman's body to push the baby through the hole. So what you have to do is get from zero to 10 centimetres and that can take hours. You can walk around, you can go shopping, you can do a whole bunch of stuff, you have to wait until it gets to 10 centimetres. When you go to the hospital, they put you in a bed, you can't move around and they take away all your food and drink. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be in labour for like two or three days. You're just kind of SOL on the whole food and beverage front. Shouldn't we be trying to educate women not to eat and not to stay at home? Because then the danger is, well, what happens if... Mike trying to tell a pregnant woman not to eat for three days. Everywhere in the story, people just pop into the room. And they can do this because they have this thing called apparition. So why is it that the Meta Witch takes 87 minutes to get there? Is there a particular reason <laughs> to just pop in? Someone gave her a significant glance along the way and she forgot. Arthur runs down to get Hermione and they're like, five, four three, two, Hermione! Oh, Ron, I didn't know you were here. Because Hermione can deliver a baby. <laughs> she was a trained journalist, and damn it, if Murphy Brown could do it, so can Hermione Green. Because a journalist always delivers babies in poor Middle Eastern countries, where the women are so oppressed, no one delivers their babies. But no, no, it, no, it killed me. It's not that she delivered a baby, it's that she delivered the baby by C-section. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed this episode of How to Deliver a Baby by Rena and Keza. This is Sesame Street. Today's word is cervix. I don't know how long you've all been talking, so... Moments. Mere moments. We discussed how babies are born. The cervix is the ring of muscle that surrounds the little not, tyke. Not in that sex yeah. babies or <laughs> mpreg or anything weird like no, that. No, real life babies. Ooh. And I well, stopped you know. before we got to the blood, so give me some credit. Yay! When I first read this story... I figured out that it was Hermione about four chapters before the reveal. Oh, go to hell. And I was... I only chapter six. You people are so slow. I, I, it may have been chapter six. I don't remember. Was it when she was trying on the pink and she didn't like it? Because apparently that was a thing, as I've been told. She remembers seeing Ginny in a pink dress. Okay, on the reread, I did catch that. Let's go to the library. They go to Hogwarts. Mora wants to see the common room. Harry doesn't have the password, so she goes, hmm, how about the library? This is right after she just bought Hogwarts A History at Flourish and Blots. I did miss that line. How did he get in? He didn't know the password. You know what he did? He picked up his cell phone. And it's ringing, it's ringing, it's ringing. Min? Harry, how are you? Min. <laughs> because it's the only thing I've ever read where they call her Min, Min. and they call it's him Sev. Sev. My favorite line was Min, Min Sev Min is Min missing. Is that may have been a J.K. Rowling thing. Is that her way of covering her ass in case she makes a canon mistake? She can be like, that's something J.K. Rowling added. Isn't that what that's you would do? That's why I called it a cop out. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> that's a great way to write it. Every time Ron and Hermione apparate somewhere, he has to hold on to her so she won't split herself. <laughs> Near the end of the story... <laughs> 
you find out Ron really loves you. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. How do you know? There's no such thing as splinching. I, <laughs> that was so funny. Mora picks up the dress for Hermione. All right, that makes absolutely no sense. Mora no. picks up the dress. <laughs> Can you picture she's like talking to herself in the room? And that's the it's like she's throwing her voice, and they look in there, and she's looking back and forth, like she's playing both parts with the. Word. I love her. Never like Mora thinks this is a really horrible idea, but I have no problem with it at all. Split personality, anybody? You call and somebody answers the phone. Mora speaking. Hermione Granger, please, please hold. speaking come on. <laughs> I don't know. when they're giving their vows dean delivers this heartfelt vow jenny <laughs> I, I almost said hermione there jenny i i will honor you and love um, and actually if anyone has any good vows right now email them to me at ryan and perfectweekly.com because i have six months to write them and, you know, just you know not a dry eye in the house when she talks why is it I'm that sorry. everybody at hogwarts seems to feel the need to get it on in broom cupboards. <laughs> There's no I don't else. know what kind of crazy-ass big broom cupboards that these fan fiction authors <laughs> think that they have over there. Last time I checked, a cupboard is tiny, and it's not exactly a place that you want to go and get busy because there's going to be, like, magical cleaning supplies. And what's going to happen if you, like, knock over a bucket of magical ammonia? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I swear to God, it's like they're living in Bob's Country porn dorm. <laughs> Well, no, and the other thing is they're trying to figure out where they're going to house 400 additional students. I'm like, well, there seem to be abandoned classrooms everywhere because that's where everyone has sex. Can't you use those? When Harry says to someone, you don't think I defeated Voldemort with pure luck, did you? And it just made me laugh. Because <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> but in the real world, he used electronic equipment. The one reason I think we're overlooking for all the abandoned classrooms, water. Damn it. Everything around Morning Myrtle's bathroom is just like... Yeah, that's a zone um, three flood zone over there. You I mean, can't keep them they, mold. That's so stupid. Like, because they can't get rid of one ghost of a 12-year-old girl, <laughs> they shut down half the school. Poor Myrtle. <laughs> and her Patronus wasn't an author, though. It was something author-like. It was an owl. It was, I don't I'm know. staring at it right Are now. Oh. I think Ryan and I have to go to the zoo so he can see. It starts with an O. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> hmm. I have to disagree with you, though, Ryan, and say that I think even when Hermione was the reporter. Mora, her name is Mora! I think she still had courage. I think that she demonstrates she has her courage even before she gets, gets her memories back that she's Hermione. Because that's the whole theme is that she's in these war zones and she's braving all of blah, 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 blah. So it's, not like she she just, wasn't brave? it's not like she regains her courage in that chapter, like you were saying. Did I say she regained her courage? You think she finds her courage. Or she goes... I think? Yeah. Do we have this on tape? I don't remember saying that. Today. I you were going that. through your summary list just like five seconds ago. Dude. All right. Uh, Harry is forgiven by Dumbledore. She sacrificed herself for Harry. Be happy, Hermione. Gra- I didn't mean to say that if I said that. No, she regains her cottage. Oh. <laughs> she regains her cottage. <laughs> she got her cottage back. Oh, cottage <laughs> courage. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> She's also a tribal warrior. Oh my god, a tribal warrior? We really want you to have your college back. I don't know. I'm like, I, don't kind of smell. I was checking out the photo of the koala bear in Rosella's backyard, and I was like weeping openly in my kitchen. So Aww. sad. Tears of joy? Um, or- no, no, it, it was I a didn't... koala bear who died of dehydration. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> what did Mike say? Was it tears of joy? <laughs> I didn't see the picture. 
You're terrible. Hermione has regained her cottage. It was foreclosed on the economic crisis. To distract herself while she's staring at his body, she keeps putting sugar in the coffee, and he drinks it and, like, almost dies. And she's so snotty. She's like, well, make your own damn coffee if you don't like mine. (laughs) (laughs) Could you picture Ron Weasley as your vice president? Like, that would scare the crap out of me. Like, he gets pissed off every time Harry hugs Ginny and they're married. He could be like a good cop, bad cop sort of thing, though. No, he's an insane cop. Earlier tonight, I had an incident with Keza, and I'm like, Keza, too much information. She's like, I was kidding. I'm like, I brain didn't know that. So, I don't know just happened. <laughs> I made my off-the-wall, off-hand comment. And you about having sex on her roof. my fault. Then I was visualizing it. I can't get it out of my head. We were watching some of the extras on the Order of the Phoenix DVD last night. My daughter put it on. And there was a bunch of commentary from different people. Some guy in a bow tie who looks like a real nerd who wrote a book. And um, some blonde <laughs> chick that I don't know who her girls. name is. She wrote a book. And Steve Van Der Ark, who got in a lot of trouble with the law. And he wrote a book. By I don't know why people always want to redeem Malfoy. That's why I like him in this story. Because yeah. he's still a slimy little prick. And that's how I've always seen him, and that's how I think he's always been, and I don't think that would ever change. I just point out somewhere in Fort Worth, Texas, Jen is like, James, did you feel that? What, Jen, what? A little piece of me died. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll be on this side of the room, and you stay on that side of the room. I think Draco was intimidated by Harry's full head of hair. I think that was the issue. (laughs) And Draco was this little bald, fat guy. I have a quote here from Molly, which I paraphrased as, Harry, you knocked up my daughter, and I used to have a lot of sex as a young woman. (laughs) Which I thought was a really great little moment between Harry and his mother-in-law there. I love the part where Molly says, not that you'd know it. I'm like, they have seven children. I think we know it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you did it exactly six times. Like, you know what I mean? Do they have, like, a secret service on the wizard side? Where are the bodyguards? We're talking about the person who's in charge of the government. At one point, Harry goes off on a covert op mission to kill the enemy. It was like Captain Kirk on the away Yeah, let's send the top officers away. Woo! Well, at one point, Jenny's the first lady in the war correspondence delivering her kid. The Meta Wizard can't apparate in. She's stuck in traffic. Can you picture the Meta Wizard at her car trying to scrape ice off the windshield, even though it's April? <laughs> kind of like, there was a very awkward chapter ending where Harry's like, when is the child going to be born? April. <laughs> Author's notes. I'm like, really? That was where you ended the April. Arthur seems like he's the father-in-law of the former Minister of Magic. He actually lives there. Molly really seems like the maid. Like, I'm picturing her in Alice's little blue maid outfit with the white <laughs> little bow in the back. Like, at one point, Molly, <laughs> could I have some coffee in a thermos? Of course, love. I'm like, love? When did love start? And it's just, <laughs> okay, like, okay, I just thought... Well- if Jenny was the maid at the beginning of the story, he has married... She actually was the maid. She was on payroll. So, so Molly's the new maid. So Molly had to take <laughs> over because <laughs> Harry married the maid. <laughs> I read it as an expression, like Molly would chip in and help, but she's actually on staff. But at the time she was doing it, she was the first lady of the <laughs> world and she's Harry's maid. He calls Sydney to ask her on the date, and she keeps hanging up on him because she doesn't believe it's actually the president. That happened to Barack Obama. He called a congresswoman. The woman was on a committee that, that was very important that he needed to 
to deal with the legislation so he called her to introduce himself and she's like you're not Barack Obama and she hangs up on him she thought it was the local radio station that was spoofing her so then he's, he's like what the hell do I do she hung up on, on him. him twice yeah he called back she hung up on him again so then his chief of staff Rahm Emanuel calls this please stop hanging up on the president-elect she's like you're not Rahm Emanuel she hangs up on him can I give a theory that popped into my mind right around this time I'm thinking. Oh god! Yeah. Oh god! Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking. What is his name? I, I always I can't remember his name. Philip Modin, whatever the, the terrorist Mahood. guy. Philip Mahood. Mahood yeah. Yes. Modin. <laughs> uh, no, no, that was. It's not- Dutch. It's Dutch, Mike. It's Dutch. No, it can't be Dutch because one of his parents is British and the other parents Saudi Arabian. So, um, <laughs> my mistake. This just seems like it's turning into such a canon-based spec. Maybe he himself is Voldemort in a similar way that the reporter lady was Hermione. Because Mora, her name is Mora. It's completely possible that there was another lieutenant running around somewhere that nobody knew about because Voldemort didn't trust them to know. Causing mayhem on his own. Exactly. Yeah, Voldemort was not very open. I just want to reiterate that. The man was not Oprah Winfrey. Voldemort does not equal Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) (laughs) Voldemort comes out of the closet. What? 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 Uh, it never just amused me if Voldemort came out of the closet. Came out of the closet. Oh, uh, God, Mike. <laughs> anyway. He's been an Animagus all this time, and they just thought he was shot and vaporized. And then they were like, well, what if he's a snake? And the best line in the entire story is Harry to someone. I forget who. You need to find a snake. Look for a snake that's behaving strangely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what the I'll hell he's right doing. on that. He's just- <laughs> He's look for a there. snake that's just he's, glaring at he's you. Examine yeah. all the snakes you come across in your daily life in Britain. I can imagine if you saw a snake having used his writhing of his body to hollow out an area, and it's now gathering ingredients to make a potion. That might be a little bit of a clue. Or maybe one McGonagall that has managed well. to put a cape on and is swishing it menacingly. Picture the scene from Lavender Brown's Final Reckoning, where McGonagall is so excitable during the entire story because every time they tell her something she grabs her chest and she's like good god i was like somebody give that woman some amiodarone come on yeah give her like a brown paper bag she needs to breathe into it like it's (laughs) like minerva we need to call a snow day (gasps) snape in snake form has or anyone if anyone in their animagus form has a kid is the kid an animal or there's a story that was featured on potter sue's not not talk about the fix where remus has puppies no that was that's not what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) the the kid was born with chicken wings because the mother was an animagus and she transformed and she didn't realize she was pregnant and so her, her baby was born with wings so then harry's like now in the past, I've made telepathic contact with Snape. I found it icky, but eventually got used to it. So you're picturing Harry, and he's, like, holding his forehead, and he's, like, um, and he contacts Snape. Now, there was the talk about maybe Snape isn't cognizant, or maybe his brain is the size of a walnut now, and he won't be able to understand. Hey, Harry, how you doing? It's Sev here. So, I don't understand so why he had to, Harry, who's a parcel mouth, had to connect mentally with Severus the Snake. Wouldn't he be able to just talk to him and call out, hey, Severus, where he didn't know where he was. Shouldn't Stand they at- check the yard for snakes, though, before Harry tries to force a mind melt? How far could <laughs> yeah, he have gone? Like, he wasn't Severus. on the ground. Harry had to apparate.
right to where he was. He's like Severus. Look around. Harry sees grass. Look around <laughs> higher. Harry sees a tree. I know exactly where you are. And he apparates and gets him three minutes later. He's probably 12 feet from where the battle occurred. Probably. Like, he but he had to make sure. Couldn't they have apparated there and like looked around? Like, oh, yeah. there he is. And walk Let's go over stand in the middle of the field and yell in parcel mouth. Can you picture Harry up on the hill and it's like Julie Andrews and he's spinning like the sound of music. And he's like, he's Sev! And you see McGonagall, Sev, it's men! And she's breathing into her paper bag. Right, I'm crying here. <laughs> Did the entire plot point where Snape becomes a snake go anywhere other than Harry had to apparate over and get him? No. I'm like, oh my god, Snape is dead. They're like, he's an animal. Oh my god, he could be anywhere. He's actually right over there. All I can picture is the woman from California who has the 16 children. <laughs> oh, no. Like, Harry said, I want as many kids as we can possibly have. I'm like, she's literally going to have seven children, and they're going to be the Weasleys. <laughs> Guess which ones are from a previous marriage? Caramel <laughs> colored ones. Hate, hate, hate. When people call Hermione, Miney, and I hate that they gave that baby that name. Oh my god, the baby <laughs> has the Miami. worst name ever. Lily Miney. Okay, honestly, Lily Miney sounds like a species of, of like algae. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a hillbilly. Like, they might as well have named her like Ellie May. <laughs> Lily Miney sounds like some kind of plant life. I mean... <laughs> my middle name is Suzanne, which my mother was fine with until my father's family started calling me Kelly Sue. Yeah, I understand that quite a bit. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was talking to Jen and I was explaining to Jen that her new name is either Jen 1 or Classic Jen. I'll say Jen 1 and she doesn't know who that is. She doesn't know it's her. Her baby's name is Lee. And she's like, well, don't you see why I named my son Lee? It's the stupidest name ever, but no one else is a Lee. <laughs> You have Jamie, who's a perfect carbon copy of James' father, and you have Lily, who's a perfect carbon copy of Lily' father, and they're like, oh, isn't this cute? I'm like, it's incestuous. (laughs) 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 He went back to see Petunia. They were in a safe house, and he apparently had inherited a farm with cows in Jersey. In Jersey? Not not New Jersey. In Jersey. In England. Okay, sorry. uh, American. Yeah, I wouldn't want to live with my ex either. Well, your ex is... Never mind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) Hermione ran into Ron in a towel in the hallway. Yay! Yay! Weasley in a towel! Woo! Yesterday I was like, yeah, I'm going tomorrow because it's making me. I'm going to hate it. (laughs) I went into hysterics at my viewing of this thing. All by myself whenever I realized that Slughorn was wearing plaid. Oh my god! (laughs) Yes, and plaid slippers. I literally was dying. My friend was looking at me like, what is with you? And I couldn't control it. Could you imagine when Deathly Hallows Part 2 comes out, if there's actually a line in there that says, you have one hour. I'm going to ruin the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember in the restricted section where we were like making new ships out of letters and I said what the, the other HG was? Yes. Hedwig. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, the part in the he movie where Ginny comes around the corner and Hedwig is there and she goes, Hedwig. I could not <laughs> stop laughing. All right, someone explain to me the shoelace because I've read what you're saying, but I didn't see the scene. <laughs> you shouldn't have no, read it. Stop, stop. Jen, stop. I read the book. I know what happened. Yeah. That wasn't in a book, was it? It was definitely not no, in a book. No, I know how the book is. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Hi, welcome back to Beaufort. I can't believe you read the people's stuff without seeing the movie. 
I know Ryan, how it ends. I'm not worried. Now. Why Go do you to the freaking cinema and watch the show. He has no intention of going to see this movie. I will see it next week. I uh, Ryan, I swear. I have to have dental surgery in the morning. I'll stop by on the way back. I'm, I'm going to be on Vicodin. You've had like three days to see this movie. Can I just say something? <laughs> I on would be the best time ever to see I'm going to be on Vicodin tomorrow. If anyone can think of any reason to podcast, let me know. Could you take your cell phone into the theater and like we could podcast with you while you're watching? <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the ultimate commentary. <laughs> yeah, but it's just my luck that I sit in the theater next to the guy who's podcasting during my movie. Like, and then, and then when shot down to kick Ryan out, <laughs> we get to listen to Ryan Usher now. <laughs> are we going to introduce ourselves or are we just going to keep crapping on? <laughs> I think we should just let the listeners guess who we are. I think that's okay. a good idea. Yeah, who are oh, we? No one can know. Welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. We're talking about the movie Half-Blood Prince. There's a bunch of us here. It's like playing Where's Wally with Cho in the movie. Guess who we are? <laughs> <laughs> we know who you are. You're going to know who I am in about five minutes because I'm going to start squeeing over hey, hard. Before the movie, I spent two and a half hours trying to get lipstick out of blonde hair. Yeah. And I just kept washing and washing and washing. And then someone said baby oil and someone said mayonnaise. And so I'm like trying all these things. And in the end, Coke. what really... <laughs> in the used Coke. Well, and then at the very <laughs> end, someone told me Coke. In the end, I just poured Dawn on her head. <laughs> So in the Is end, that the dishwashing liquid? In the end, it was Dawn Ultra for concentrated power scrubbers that <laughs> did it. <laughs> yeah, she kept saying, Mommy, is my hair blue? <laughs> and I'm just thinking, why do I have to wear red lipstick? Why does it have to be red? And my husband's brother is saying, well, you should put a pink streak in there, too. And I'm like, you are not helpful. My kid on Monday, when I went to see it, because I went to see it before the rest of the world, <laughs> decided that she was going to have a meltdown because she didn't want to eat Nana's cooking. Now, I am sympathetic because I hate my mother's cooking also. But you know what? <laughs> Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So you are going to Nana's and you are eating the crap she dishes up. I'm like, she can just stay here for the rest of the night for all that matters. She can just stay for the rest of the week. And Grandma, ha, ha, ha. And she's like, I hope you brought in a lot of clothes. And I said, she doesn't need clothes. She can just go naked. I don't care. <laughs> just looking at me. I just want to see the damn movie. I'm sitting there. I've got preview tickets. Mr. Kezzo is going to come with me. He's like going, blah, 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 blah. There's nothing good's going to happen in this movie. And I go, oh, what do you mean? Double dot dies. And he goes, what? And I went, oops, he didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, spoiled the whole movie for You know what? I'm just getting all worked up, and I'm like, he's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. Because at some point, you know, I fell in love with Michael Gambon. <laughs> yes! He got me at hello. Why do they care about the eggs? And I'm like, look, I'm like, it's significant. I know it is. And I'm just had no idea. And then I'm like, looking at the second movie time, I watched it. I'm going, it's significant. I know they're making a deal of the eggs, but why? I don't know. So now I know. <laughs> now I have to see if someone has put this toast online. <laughs> the cookie felt weird. I laughed at it. But she was holding it. You know, he had to take like yeah, a bite out of it. Excuse to suck I have the impression. I'm hoping that they make up for it in the first Deathly Hollows, and I get to see a big fat smoochy, drippy snog in that movie. <laughs> I think that's what we get from Rod and Hermione. Deathly Hollows from the reports I've heard. Um, uh. 
We do know that they are holding true to the epilogue, and Ginny and Harry eventually marry, though. So that that at least yes, is... except that Bonnie Wright still thinks no. that it's fourteen years. I can live without the epilogue. If I hear one more time she talks about fourteen years later, I'm going to send her an email. So please oh. pick up your book. It's nineteen years. Rupert Grint said twenty. I'm like, it's nineteen people. Nineteen. My husband made the comment, he's Harry Potter, people are a little obsessive. And I said, what am I? He looked at me, he's like, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my good save. The hug at the borough. He did not want to let her go. The first time I saw that, I was like, Hermione, you bitch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you should see my notes. I have in really big letters and underlined. Remember, I'm writing this in the dark, okay? And I have written across the entire page, it says shoelace, and it's underlined like three times. <laughs> what did you think about the shoelace there, Kelly? <laughs> um, I thought it was cute. And I guess I must be a guy, because I went there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't picture them having sex at Hogwarts. I mean, what teacher would you want to teach you sex at? <laughs> <laughs> Professor Bins. <laughs> I think Flitwick might be a hoot. <laughs> that was the funniest thing about Bellatrix, though. Her wand is bent. I thought that was I a hoot. Know. I think one of my favorite scenes with her in this one was where they're in Snape's house and he's like, we must not touch things that aren't ours or whatever. He gives him a look. It's awesome. Would it be safe to say that you are not a Michael Gambon fanboy? Well, yeah. (laughs) I believe there was some sort of pact where you were going to stand up and call in the cinema as he went over. Yeah, I think Melinda Leos was going to. Melinda, you were going to do that too, weren't you? Yeah, I was. This does not forgive the slamming Harry into the cabin. No, See, hold on definitely. a second. I think we have to reevaluate what actually happened in Goblet of Fire because I saw it continuously with the other films, and I don't think he, like, grabbed him to shove him into the stack of trophies or whatever. It was like he grabbed him, and, like, the momentum he was coming in with kind of pushed them both back. I don't think it was like... Well, I think I got, we, we can't go overboard here. I don't want to take away... He was violent in the fourth one. Like, he has come a long way. I was sitting there with my sister, who I, we went together to the, the second time we saw it. We're sitting there and we're talking about it. Everyone was still at the midnight showing, because I'm from the future, and I'm waiting for everyone else to get home from the midnight showing. <laughs> like, looking at the time, I'm like, it's only 1 a.m. in America. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> No one is home yet at the time creeps on. You know, it's 2 a.m. No one's home yet. I'm sitting there and waiting for people to come up on Skype. And I've, I've written my review of my preview and I've said, you are all going to love Gamb. And I'm really, I haven't been smoking anything. I swear. Brian sends me a message. We are so going to talk when I get home from work. <laughs> what have you been smoking? And so I'm waiting for Richard to get home. I'm waiting for Kelly to get home. I'm sitting there on my Skype waiting for America to get home from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard Tessa, he pints in massive and I'm like, oh no, I'm in so much trouble, he hates it and he's gonna blame me. And he's like, You can't tell anyone this. <laughs> I'm like, I still don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It was like PS. It was a PS ship's Harry Ginny moment for me. <laughs> You're not gonna believe it. I've just fallen so in love with <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe it. It wasn't quite that bad, but I'm sitting there and I actually physically went, yes, and I bumped my fist in the air. <laughs> because I've been sitting <laughs> in 
I went with my husband, who is not a Harry Potter person. He did a sorting test the other day, and he got Gryffindor, and he was really upset and decided he was going to be a Slytherin anyway. And he's put a Slytherin tag up on his Skype. He's replaced the family picture with a Slytherin crest. My kids hold him and play Harry Potter with him. He did not enjoy the movie because there wasn't enough blood and guts. He also said... There's not enough Voldemort. Voldemort wasn't even in it. What is the point? No Voldemort. So we get there and I said, no, Voldemort was in the movie. He's like, where? I'm like, you know, the kids and the evil little kid at the orphanage and the kid with the... He's like, oh, they're just little baby Voldemorts. They don't count. (laughs) I swear I've seen Chamber of Secrets about six times in the last three days. My husband sits there the next day. They're put on Chamber of Secrets and he looks at it and getting to the end scene and Dumbledore's were holding up the book. Mr. Kent's suddenly like, hey, that movie really just ties into the one we just saw, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah. McGonagall's just come in and she's told them you're not allowed to leave the tower and the school will have to close down. And they're all like, <laughs> and Ginny's what looking, and Percy's looking, and all of a sudden Harry goes, I think we need to get my dad's cloak out again. <laughs> and I laugh every time he says that line, it just is so fake. It was supposed to be yeah. Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was a boy's bathroom. Did you see the rank of urinals? How many urinals do they need? Like, seriously, there was like 20 and a bunch of toilets. I'm like, that's why um, there's never flying at the men's room then. No, see, I used to clean men's toilets when I was <laughs> working at McDonald's. We're all going to stand back and aim. <laughs> And there's only ever like one or two urinals in there, and there's like 24 of the silly things in this bathroom. I'm like, you know, I know it's a big castle, but really. The rumor requirement theme had been the one in the book. I'd have shipped HG from the book. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she says instead, that. Now we, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's like, la 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 la. Oh, yay! Hi, Jen. Oh no. You hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, not really. We That's could no hear his classic buffer, classic buffer. Classic Jen is what it is. <laughs> so the bit in Order of the Phoenix that I liked, where he comes and he sits down and Hermione's like, what's wrong with your hand? And he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. And Ryan's like, oh, Ryan, <laughs> no, Ron. <laughs> Ron. <laughs> Am I the only one that jumped when the Inferi is no. And I jumped the second time, too. I not only jumped, but in a 10 a.m. showing full of children, I said, bad work. (laughs) First time I jumped sky high. The second time I take my kids. And I know it's coming. So I'm watching them. I'm the only person in this cinema who knows it's coming. I'm ready for it. (laughs) It's packed to the rafters in this cinema. And so I'm waiting because I'm like, is my five-year-old going to be completely freaked out? (laughs) So I turned away from the chick sitting on my right to focus on my kids who were to my left. And I didn't jump the second time because I was gearing up to, you know, protect my kids. I'm like, it's okay. The chick on my right jumped so far out of her seat. (laughs) And I started laughing. (laughs) <laughs> because I, I was the only person who didn't jump. The whole cinema went, <gasps> and I'm laughing. And it's this big moment. Harry's drowning, and I'm going, <laughs> I could not think of anything other than Harry and Ginny in the upside-down boat. <laughs> 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 
better than Harry Owen Felix was Ron on Love Potion. <laughs> on a Love Potion, he cuddles Slughorn and calls him sweetheart. Ginny's <laughs> got a little bit of trifle and Hermione's got a little bit of trifle and they've got little small bowls and Ron has got this bowl of trifle and he's shoveling it in and Hermione's like, your best friend is missing. Will you stop eating? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he always covered in blood? <laughs> and you know what? Dan Radcliffe has been watching Doctor Who. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> because he's sitting there and they're like the whole bit in the greenhouse and he's like, Sir, well, you're welcome to come with me and all that. But then they're going over the hill and Slughorn's like puffing a bit. He's going after Harry. And Harry's doing that little walk that's just so very David Tennant. Walking up the hill with the stiff <laughs> knees was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> that would be counterproductive, sir. Why? No you- idea. <laughs> Sitting on the stool and his feet Doctor don't quite was... touch the ground and yeah. he's clapping when they're thinking. It was like such a dork. It was so funny. <laughs> no hurry. We've got a plan. Yes, I've got a good feeling about going to Hagrid's. And they're like staring after him and he's like trotting off through the porch hole. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> then he sneaks up behind Slughorn who jumps six feet in the air like Inferi have just grabbed him. And <laughs> he like apologizes for not coughing or clearing his throat. Should have warned you that I was there. Oh, oh. Well, why, why do you think you're, well, you're sneaking around? Aren't you? Sort of whatever it was he said. He did. I bet you <laughs> I thought I was Professor Sprout. On the pincers. Just I, I actually, in my notes, I wrote <laughs> pincers and underlined it because it was so. <laughs> I like Slughorn. How'd you kill it? Slughorn says, any family? And Harry says, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay we're contacting ryan as we speak here he is did you have something to say about emma's eyebrows the eyebrows of emma watson what about them (laughs) (laughs) did they put them in the credit keza wanted to kill mike 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 yesterday sorry well he's like (laughs) i don't like that dumbledore actor dude the snape actor dude was okay and i I like the hermione woman Oh, he can't remember the Harry actor in anything else. I'm like, you're a Harry Potter fan on a Harry Potter website, and you don't know Daniel Radcliffe's name. Come on, <laughs> what is wrong with you? When Mike just saw Batman, what was the name of Batman? Batman, the new one, the one that just Dark Knight. Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. He just saw. He asked me who played the Joker, and would he be back for the next movie? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And then you have Emma smacking Rupert with the book infested with swine flu, like, many times. (laughs) That was funny in a weird sort of way. And then there's the thing where Dan Radcliffe is like, but but I am the chosen one. I'm like, oh, obviously Dan has read the books and asked to have that line inserted. (laughs) But there's one moment later in the preview where Emma is standing outside and she's crying. But she's doing a thing where her eyebrows are crying too. <laughs> now, and I, I realize I, I'm hoping I, to God I, Dumbledore just died. That's, uh, that's not that's not the Dumbledore scene, and and you have to understand. She does cry in that. Yes. there's tears on her cheeks. So yeah, and and her eyebrows do not feature. Okay, please God, tell me that's not her crying over Ron and Lavender. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to finish the podcast now before my children starve to death on the living room floor. <laughs> <laughs> They're wasting away. <laughs> they keep coming in the door. Are you finished yet? For a snack at school today, guess what we had? Bagels. Guess who laughed her head off and nobody could figure out why. And welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm not Ryan. Not Mike. And I'm not Jen. And I'm not Keza. That's really how they find out that they're pregnant. <laughs> it's 
that they're tired all the time. God, so she's breathe, tired like, and everybody goes, ah! But she was up since breathe. three in the morning. See, and I was wondering, because since I've been up since four, I was wondering if I was pregnant, but that wouldn't be possible. <laughs> A star appears in the east. More like the traffic light. <laughs> you were needed here. Taking the position of minister, you made a commitment to make yourself available, failed to live yep. up to that commitment, and so you're out of your office. If you really like working here, why don't you go down to Human Resources and see if they have anything available. Mailroom! Hermione is not related by blood to Harry or the children, so they do the blood brothers thing. Slash the hands, yep. and now Harry <laughs> and Hermione are now brother and sister. Sorry, this reminds me of what I did when I was little. My it's girlfriend and I went to do that, but we were too afraid to cut each other, so we put ketchup on there. So we're ketchup sisters. That so. speaks highly of you. Snape adds it all to the cauldron with the other ingredients and everything. The children must be bathed in water containing this for the next three days. It's like, yuck. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's just it, a potion. I mean, it's like putting bubble bath in a bathtub. Potion made out of blood. What's bubble bath made out of? Harry, like, pulls out a paper and signs it and hands it to Ron and says, Okay, here's your license. You can issue these? I assume so. Here you go. Here's your hypothetical license. I think it's customary to get emotional when you set a date for your wedding. And, of course, we have all the other Weasley women now going to be jumping up and down. Yes. They are squeeing. Yes, you can squeeze. Just keep the toe down. I was home for Easter break this weekend. I just shuttled my brother to church. And I had Poofo on because I always have Poofo on wherever I am. And he's like, what is this? So, like, it's like NPR. Except a little less intelligent. He now has eight kids. He doesn't think he's going to live to see number eight. And Jenny wants 10. Ginny wants 10. I think 10 would be a nice round number. Boobs are going to have to be down to her knees pretty soon. Severus starts thinking about choices and the choices that he's made as well. This is so not Severus. I hate contemplative Snape. Edgecombe is coming back to get him. And will cause angst. And mayhem. And mirth. Oh, wait a minute. Wrong word. It started with an M. You're just making it Hermione to make it the trio again. But in storybooks, the good guys can't die. Serious Remus Tonks, Fred. Okay, we're not going to talk about book seven. Have they gotten together already? Training 18 hours a day, every day for seven days a week. I don't think they would have had time. They're spending their time training or sleeping. Yeah. Or eating. You would would be too exhausted to do it. Well, they can incorporate food. I was thinking that, but I didn't. No. No more hot shots for you. It would work. It's wrong. I'm thinking whipped cream. The attacks are building up. I wonder what the next one could possibly be. Ah! Boom. (laughs) Cue explosion. He is planning on being out of everybody's life. He's Harry Potter and he only ruins things. (laughs) What was that? No, that was me. That was me in disgust. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so out they go the door. Off to battle Voldemort. Striding up the road, and Harry decides, uh, can't be sneaking into the battle. Let's all light our wands up. Looks much better on the film. Susan Bones stands over him and takes out three Death Eaters at once. I was a little happy for that. I was like, woohoo, go Sue. Yeah, well, she doesn't last very long. It would work well for the movies, too, because they like to stick in the guy's um, niece or whoever it is being Susan. I guess that only works when it was Chris Columbus who was doing it. But... A tiny tidbit of the day brought to you by Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? If there can be Super Hermione, why not Super Susan? It works. Super Sue, yay! I know, I'm pitching Sue with a cape now. Great gopher hose. Seamus does have the best line out of the whole battle. What's say we finish 
finish off this lot. Go find us a Draco. And Draco still can't leave well enough alone. Oh yeah, Draco. I did. Draco's an idiot. He's just asking for it at this point. Oh yeah. lord. He's a brat, really. From potions in the one last week, and now this here. Yeah. He needs villain rehabilitation. Yeah. Next time, Potter, I'll get you next time. And then Ron says, Harry, she's better off. And you think, Who? whose rave are they digging? I know. Oh my god. And they don't tell you. I know, and I'm just like, Hermione? No. No. Shinny? No. I'm like, wait, no. I yeah. don't know. what. I'm... Well, because they, they talk about Hermione's broken body in the hospital wing. Yeah. And you don't realize whose grave they're digging. Okay, whose grave are they digging? You have to read the story to find out. <laughs> Come on, you no. spoiled it for me the whole entire time. Yeah, but time. you... But power of truth starts when Harry is 35 years old. Yeah. This is when he is 18. So 17 years have gone by. It's oh, almost like the epilogue. This story. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh my god. If you are under the age of 16, we will come after you with a pool noodle if you read this fic. We are welcoming <laughs> classic Jen back to the podcast. She was in episode 75, and before that, I think she was in episode 6, and now she's back again. <laughs> Jen may sound a little scratchy, because to celebrate her return to Perfect Weekly, Jen's, well, her house is flooded because of an issue with her water heater, but that we, we fixed that in time for the podcast, and then her internet exploded. So with hours to go, Jen called the cable company and was crying to the cable company, and they said, this is unprecedented, it's 9 o'clock at night, but we will send a technician to your home if you promise to stop crying. Ah, basically! Uh, yeah, he rushed out, and we postponed the podcast, and Jen is proud to report that he couldn't fix it, so she's hijacking Wi-Fi from the house next door. Jen, welcome home. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I have no problem with Harry, Ginny. I like most pairings. Have you read After the End? Uh, no. <laughs> I can't get yes. through that thick for the life of me. What is that? It's like half of the people can't digest corn. We wanted to have our Hermione Snape fic on the podcast. It's in Jen's contract. We were ready to discuss the fic, and then Jen... I had asked you a year or so ago for something to read, and this was one of the ones that you had given me. So it was, you know, a little different. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm reminded right now of when the original peons did the episode on Snary, and yes. Sue was called on to give her opinion, and she's like, oh my, it was different, it was very interesting. It really squeaked me out. Just reading the first few lines made me shudder. I had to stop reading. I tried again a little bit later. In the end, I had to get out the brain bleach so that I could sleep without bad dreams. I'm sorry. It's not something I'd like to read. Kayla Silverstorm, English is not her first language. Do we know what her primary language is? Uh, do we? I don't know off the top of my head, but I know PS did indicate that it was um, available in French as well, but I don't believe that was her native language oh. for whatever reason. Oh, but, wow. but PS, being the child prodigy, was actually reading the French version the last I spoke to her. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I patted well, her in the like, head. I'm like, you're so cute. You speak I tried to read the first Harry Potter in, in French. I got the French book. And I made it through like the first paragraph and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I would speak French. What the hell? I can't do it. I took like seven years. I'm not completely. Say something in French. Bonjour. <laughs> wow, I can do that one. <laughs> She's from Germany. <laughs> the 
thank God Sue's here. Sue's the only one that researches. Her <laughs> PS speaks German. And Jen literally sent me an email. She's like, I have given it due consideration. Then she dozed off. She was pregnant, so she dozed off. So she called me back eventually. She's like, where was I? And I do consider it. Okay, I remember. Now, I've narrowed it down to two fix. Do you want the one where Hermione gets raped or the one where Hermione gets eaten? Or in the case of Jen, she reads the complete wrong story and... No, what was the one you read the wrong... No, it was Nightmare of Future's Past. You thought that was the story where Harry walked around in leather... Oh, yeah. Couldn't figure out why we loved it. That is just honest confusion. You sent me a message, Ryan. This is going to be a disaster. You're going to ruin the podcast. (laughs) I'm like, really? It's it's good. And you're like, it's good, you sick bastard. It was weird because it literally started off in Dumbledore's office with Hermione announcing, I've become a Death Eater. 20 points from Gryffindor. (laughs) Thanks, Hermione. I'm like, huh? Just so you know. <laughs> okay, why are your ears pointy? Like, so it started off just in that place. She's like a Vulcan with big boobs. She's seven of nine into Vox Love Child. We were talking and I was like, I'm so embarrassed for Ryan to be reading this story. It's sort of like when you talk to your dad about sex for the first time. <laughs> like, it's like my brother. Like, here's this rape story. <laughs> it's funny to me that she schedules an appointment with a note. And then she, like, appears in the shadows by a window in his office. <laughs> she walks into Dumbledore's <laughs> office. Good afternoon, headmaster. And then she walks into the shadows. Ah, uh, Hermione, he's squinting. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. But, I mean, it adds, it definitely adds, you know, set the tone, but. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm picturing. Can you picture Dumbledore at his desk and she sneaks into the office and is in the shadows. And he's working on his TPS reports and she's like, headmaster. And he's like, ah! And like throws his stuff in the air. Snape and Lupin are like best buds. I know, they're BFFs. Well, he even gave him like the keys to his quarters, and you get in there, you go in the quarters, and it's like this crummy old, you know, room closet. He's like, no, I have to show you the secret location. Why does he have a fake home? (laughs) Well, no, because that was the thing. He was a spy in the beginning, and then Hermione turned him in. So now he's a wanted man, so I could see him setting up the fake home man. It's like you walk in the broom closet, and he's like, pick the door. And I'm like, well, it's not that hard to find. You just have to pick one of the three doors. Then you have to let this the carpet. He's got like a retinal scanner, and he takes a thumbprint. Can you imagine like your friends when you have them over? The nymphs have departed. <laughs> through like the metal detectors, and you have to take your belt off to get it. Just <laughs> metal detectors. <laughs> He's like the only person who can come in uninterrupted is Remus Lupin. And I'm like, because even this Dumbledore can't get in. Like, Dumbledore can't. It's Remus Lupin only. I'm like, really? So why does he even have a guest room? He has two floors. I think he has three floors. Yeah, his lab was on the top. No, no, the library is on the bottom floor, and then the middle floor is the bedroom. Oh my god, he lives in the house from Paradigm of Uncertainty. <laughs> hey, why didn't we pull Mike in for this very first one? Mike was uncomfortable. Because he refused to read All right, here's the deal. Mike is uncomfortable with the story. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. You have to get this about Mike That's the one reason. Too. You have to get this about Mike, too. Mike is the guy that won't use shaving cream 
because 83 years ago, someone put an additive in shaving cream that does nothing. It has no useful purpose, but he's pissed about it, so he'll, like, never shave. One cockroach will be found in his bedroom. He will live in another room for years and years afterwards. Yes. Like, you know your grandfather who will only buy American cars because World War II just really pissed him off? He never gets over things. So he was very upset that Hermione burned the Marauder's mask. It was an accident! It really wasn't, though. It's not. No, it wasn't. He's like, aren't you furious? I'm like, there's many things that strike me as odd in the chapters. That (laughs) They fight, and Snape is like, damn you, Granger, you cost me my BFF. I did notice that the author gives some of these characters pretty foul language at parts, which always, for some reason, always makes me laugh and somewhat throws me out of the story because I keep imagining, although these characters are having rape orgies and things like that, that they should all speak like G-rated. It was the language. <laughs> it's the language that, that offends you the story. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? It's Ron's language, too. I know. Like, why use the F word? These people don't use the F word. Seriously. Can I just point out something here? Hermione is a hardened, trained <laughs> serial killer in this story. And she's not just a trained serial killer. She's the person that will be shooting people and sniping them off from a rooftop while she's on the phone having a speakerphone parent-teacher conference. I know. She is cool as a cucumber. The guys are just whiny. Snape excluded. You have Lupin. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Did I do something wrong? You have Dumbledore wandering around the school. Hello? (laughs) You've got Draco sitting near the water, just watching the delicate waves, writing letters. Hermione, I miss you. And you've got Harry, who's like, let's go for a picnic. And you've got Ron at Hermione's door saying, who needs you, Miss Apprentice Granger? laugh is, like, I think it's, like, chapter two, and... The line where she wrote, five hours later, when they had nearly given up on Hermione, <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> five hours? <laughs> yeah, I thought her door just led into the common room instead of but going up the stairs to the dorms. private entrance from the hallway. Uh-huh. So my thing was, when Ron is banging on the door for three hours, maybe she went out the back. You know why that door is important? Fire exit. <laughs> <laughs> you must have two forms of egress at but all. But she time. literally has a fire accent. She can go with the flu. <laughs> Brilliant! And you find out that she has been taking a uh, potion which is killing her and refresh yes. my memory. The purpose it's- of the potion was to keep her awake. Keep- it's a stimulant. The stimulant. Yes. yes, it keeps her awake and you can detect it through the fingernails. Now, why does she need to stay awake? She needs to stay awake to... I don't know. I think because she has to be awake at night for the Death Eater meetings and then also be able to get to all of her classes. Was anyone else picturing Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell? They wanted to do the episode where she was hooked on drugs, but it was too risque for Saturday morning, so they had her hooked on caffeine. (laughs) Caffeine pills. And then there's the scene where she's like, I'm so scared. And then she goes to rehab. Yes, she does. I remember. Then you see her. Well, you know she was in rehab because she's in bed with the covers pulled up over her lap. So obviously <laughs> she is not well. But she went to rehab. I'm picturing. I'm like, okay, Jesse went to rehab, and and Slater and Zach just hugged her. Oh, that is. She goes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so scared. 
But here's the thing. Hermione's on the same stuff, and she has three weeks to live. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, she also asks him. She goes, how did you know I was on it? He was like, I used to be an addict, too. You have her there because she's your spy and you're saving her life. Reading her mind, you now think she's actually the enemy. Why at any point did he not shoot her or something? Like, why was he like, I must make you well? Is it just because he made the promise to Dumbledore that he would do everything in his power to save her? Picture Dumbledore. You go back in Dumbledore's office. Now Dumbledore is played by the guy who played Ray Romano's dad on Everyone Loves Raymond. He's like, Dumbledore, I need to show you what I just found. Let me get your pensive. And they go in the pensive to come back out. And Dumbledore's like, holy crap. Like, can you picture that? The goal is to get on his good side. If Voldemort thinks you're so unworthy that you're just like the topic of SmackDown sessions, <laughs> how close are you actually going to be to the inner circle? Like, could you picture him being like, all right, everyone, let's beat up Bellatrix tonight. <laughs> like, if gonna... they do. <laughs> how about the scene where Snape is, da, 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 I'm cleaning, and Hermione, you see her jumping in midair and like, knock him over a table and his legs are shooting up in the air because she's nuts and she's batshit crazy and she needs her coffee and snape won't give it to her so she lunges at him snape is the only one who can get hermione through the withdrawal symptoms what does poppy actually do we can't tell her she's an awful she's a gossip, gossip. <laughs> Don't tell everybody about She'll it. let everybody know what's going on. He's walking around like the school. He has herpes. Really? She's a healthcare <laughs> provider. I'm just picturing in chapter two where he's like, I'm no longer a spy. And people just catch him smiling in the hallway. He's happy and it's weird. <laughs> he's like smiling at his mashed potatoes. You might not want to do that in front of the students, just so you know. Well, the plan fails, because then Lyra McGonagall's like, apparently, I have an apprentice. Whoops, we forgot to let her in on that. <laughs> and she gives Hermione, like, her own office, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, oh, <laughs> sorry you're a Death Eater and you're being attacked every other Thursday, but please have this office as a symbol of life. <laughs> well, then later on, when she poisons Snape, everyone's like, she's the head girl. She'll help us. <laughs> oh, my God, Snape's in poison. Call Pomfrey. We can't. She's a terrible gossip. <laughs> He's got the bathtub that knows what you need and gives you herbs and spices or whatever, which I thought was odd for a shower or a bath. Like, it seemed like he was trying to, like, cook a chicken or something. Well, when she wakes Miney up. Soup. Oh, my God, it's the one where they eat her. We read the wrong thing. <laughs> we read the wrong thing. <laughs> Crap. It's like the people who do Hagrid's accent but don't incorporate the fact into the dialogue that he has an accent, so he's just talking normally. <laughs> Good morning, Harry. How are you today? Really? Hagrid? Really? It always cracks me up in every fan fiction I read this, where they go into the eating area, wherever they are, and there's this multitude of food. And my mind always goes to, do they just put everything in the fridge and eat it for leftovers? Because everything is fresh. Or like, do they have like a food landfill in the moat? I didn't know what you ate, so I just got everything. Really? They're starving children. I love the fact that Jen has a bullet point in her notes, Hermione is a whore. Because you don't see that very often. <laughs> Snape is like hitting her over the head with like a mixer. Like, you jerk. The yeah. mixer? <laughs> Hits her with the KitchenAid mixer. It's like, you will go through this alone. And you will have He's, a dent in your head. The scene breaks. The Oh, oh. It, it reads that. Oh, 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 oh. And Eli's like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> I'm like, what's going that on? That comes later in the story. Jeez. And it usually will say like A slash N. 
like for author's notes, but for this one, for whatever reason, it was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a gong going off every time a chapter's over. I'm like, the hell happened? <laughs> that's when he breaks up with Remus and, and they're not friends anymore. <laughs> But then he runs into McGonagall. Severus, this was the voice that made fully grown students duck in panic. It wasn't a question, and you're not too old for a serious tongue lashing. Later, she goes to Dumbledore, and she's like, all right, I want to know. And he's like, oh, there's nothing happening. And she's like, Albus. And he's like, okay, I'm going to tell you everything. (laughs) Dumbledore's the head of a paramilitary organization, and McGonagall stares at him and cocks her head to the side. He's like, I give up. I'll tell you everything. He breaks up with Remus in the Great Hall. Then he walks out, and McGonagall's like, is everything all right with you and Remus? I'm like, wait, hiding behind one of the benches staring at us? Wait, is McGonagall one of the people allowed in his house? No, and they're tight, so that confuses me. He was supposed to be a scary Death Eater. Why is he afraid of a tongue lashing? Like, seriously. <laughs> he's gone soft. Don't talk he, sternly he, to he, me. He's like Fat Lee after New Capricorn. <laughs> he's gone soft. <laughs> he's budgie and... <laughs> he's wearing the pregnancy. <laughs> But I agree. Why couldn't he have just said, Remus, something's come up. I'm very sorry. He could have just said, I'm busy. Come back later. Instead, he's like, Snape to Lupin, drop dead. When he threatened Hermione with the 100 house points, it's like, she's bleeding all over the floor. Does she really care? But then she comes up with such great lines as, I feel as delicate as an autumn leaf. Like, what was it? I I know. Like, usually you're like, grr. I actually wrote, wow, good imagery, Hermione. (laughs) I should explain myself like that. How do you feel? Frail. Like, (laughs) 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 people talked like this i did love the part where she poisons snape and she walks up to him in the hospital bed because pomfrey's off telling people and she's like are you all right he's like i'm having the time of my life and then you find out that he's actually ingested more than i've got terrible diarrhea and (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty awful it's like farthing all the time like oh this is awkward She can't allow herself any human warmth. And so she stays away from Draco. And so Draco's lonely because she's his only friend. I'm picturing Draco and Lupin at a bar sharing. (laughs) Our friends don't like us anymore. (laughs) I used to have a BFF. (laughs) Well, to be fair, Snape couldn't let Lupin in because he would have smelled her with his werewolf senses. <laughs> no, she was there. She smelled terrible. And it was supposed to be a secret. I'm redecorating. Can we go to your place? Like, <laughs> I don't get that part. Like, He's a crappy spy. <laughs> Voldemort, Snape, what's new? I don't want to talk about Snape going around smiling at people. What's he thinking? <laughs> oh. <laughs> She falls asleep in Snape's class, and he's like, dang, how can I wake her up without anybody knowing? I know. I'll blow up Neville. Let's blow up Neville. <laughs> and the one line that Hermione says that just killed me was, I've got to keep eating because Lucius wouldn't like it if I was losing weight. I was like, yes, Lucius is helping anorexics everywhere. <laughs> Seriously. She's not going to go to Snape. So she accios Harry's firebolt. firebolt. And Ron sees it. So, of course, he's got to follow the firebolt so he can knock on her door and yell at her through the door. Miss Apprentice. <laughs> this is like his new place in the stories. Where's Ron? Oh, probably knocking on Hermione's door. <laughs> well, I just like his ending line here. He goes, good night to you, Hermione. I hope you glow her in righteousness. 
<laughs> it's one of those words you definitely read, but you can't imagine someone screaming. <laughs> Everyone talks very strange. He offered her an arm to lean on. And then I like, I try to physically imagine it. And like, I'm, I'm imagining his arm like straight out and like her like, hanging onto it like it's a pole. He probably just offered her his arm and she's like holding herself up by it. Like, but there's like Levy Corpus and stuff. They're magic people. Like, she's like dragging his arm. Like, what the heck? Her head hits the desk. And all I could think of was the little sound effect I have with the bowling ball. And he's not going to be her BFF. That's well, I like right. that, too, because that's the way you're telling don't worry, it's not going to get incestuously icky. It's gonna get- <laughs> not yet. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, dun. not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Was it her password? Or she says Rivendell. <laughs> and, like, the elf land in Lord of the Rings is her sacred thanks. <laughs> <laughs> to him. Like everything is all clear now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's another of the nymphs thing. I'm like okay. <laughs> more profound than I'm. The nymphs are approaching. He shoves his head into the retinal skin. <laughs> I still love that. Okay, there are apparently Death Eater surveillance (laughs) devices (laughs) in the walls so deep that even Dumbledore can't find them. Dumbledore has failed to impress in this fix. (laughs) And the fact that he can't remove the enemy surveillance equipment. And they even managed to get on the grounds. I'm like, really? They get on the grounds? They're just running everywhere. No big deal. They're like hanging onto the hoops. They're probably hanging out in the rose garden that Severus apparently. When they're like walking to the castle, and she's like, "Oh, we got to go around the rose garden because people like to like make out and stuff here." And he's like, "I've never caught anybody here. How can he not have caught someone? He went to the school. Every other fic, he's like blasting apart rose bushes and stuff, you know." Why doesn't Hermione give her own reports to Dumbledore? You get to take everything to Dumbledore because really he is so stupid. I can't deal with him anymore. Yeah, she doesn't want the hot chocolate anymore. She's just trying to stay away from the hot chocolate. She's got to work on her weight. They finally got her off the caffeine. Have some hot chocolate. <laughs> and there was actually a scene where Harry could communicate with Jenny forever through his hand. He could talk into his palm, and Ginny could hear it on her end. <laughs> there was an issue where Harry... I don't know how to put this. Ginny needed to call him to ask him something, and... um. <laughs> you know, like when you draw a little face on your finger and you kind of wiggle it? Like, we used to do that. We used to have Cheetos, and we'd make little videos. Do you know, remember that song from... Oh, I don't know, the president. Who wrote it? The Peaches song? Going to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. And then it's like, millions of peaches. Peach. We used to like make little videos with Cheetos and those like finger people. It was awesome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my. <laughs> was that weird? That was our child. That's what we did. Ted, welcome oh. home. Welcome back. Yeah. Just <laughs> come from a can. They were put there by a man in a factory downtown. Please, God, don't let Dumbledore make any command decisions. He's not. He's not. He's declining rapidly. He should be dead now. He's a year past due. Well, he's practically in assisted living, so. <laughs> More. We need more. Like, I think fan fiction does a good job with giving the more inexplicit details sometimes. Very explicit details, Mike. 
Oh my, we'll make it. I mean, there's no, there's no Jenny hands in this one, but. <laughs> <laughs> Ta da! We're back. I'm Ryan. <laughs> and I'm Jan. <laughs> and I'm Jan's mom. <laughs> Keep it down, I'm recording and it's picking up. <laughs> It said mic on, mic off. Mute. What the heck? We can hear you. Oh, crap. Edit that's, this all That's out. what editing's for. Don't make the editor in a bad mood towards you because the editor has all the power. <laughs> Who's the editor? Me at the moment. I love you, Sue. <laughs> so hard to write this shit. <laughs> I mean, like an envoy. I don't even know. Who's breathing? Do we have Darth Vader here? Whoever is breathing, please stop. Is it me? I shouldn't be breathing. And I felt like a druggie chugging medicine from the bottle. Oh my god, what the hell? Oh my god, this is so stupid. Let's start the episode, okay? Well, well, I haven't done this in like a year and a half, guys. <laughs> well, uh. Puffwa editors, I want you all to know this is my first Puffwa on the new mic. Hooray! <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, that's fantastic. I think I'm. Have you cry. sent it for destruction yet? I put it in the mail on Tuesday. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So Ryan has promised to take a video of himself running <laughs> over my old mic with his car. Or I'll something. be there cheering on the sidelines. Quite frankly, I don't blame him. That mic was hell on wheels. That thing ruined my virgin edit. Wasn't oh. that the one that Sorry. sounded like you were in a dryer? Oh, this it, one is sort you know of I mean? dark angsty, and exactly. a lot of the Hermione Snape ships are just dark and, like, And morbid. I think that a lot of times you sort of... <gasps> are you okay, Jen? Yeah. <laughs> You're, like, gasping. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love what she does play in the fact that she's a girl. I love that. It's just a girl thing. She's such a fashion plate, Hermione. I think I'll tie coins to my shoes. Yeah. yeah. Start a trend. Yeah. I guess she'll just jingle. Does she just jingle as she walks? <laughs> Hi, Lee. Apparently, Lee does not approve of Hermione's fashion decision. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe he's just confused. Maybe he can't figure out how the coin stays in there. I bet it's one of those coins with a hole in it. I I wouldn't imagine her, like, tying it around, because that wouldn't really work. (laughs) It would totally just slip out. Maybe she's she's got, like, a little imprint in the shoe itself, like, where the coin goes. Like those penny loafers? Oh, yeah. Well, she says that it's tied. Tied to her string, I thought. Yeah, right? it definitely said Yeah, laces. I think it said the, the laces. Maybe it's just magic. Okay, you know when Hermione tells Snape to make the silver bowl, and she puts her wand to her head and, like, puts the silver stuff? Kind of what Snape did at the end of Deathly Hallows, I think, to sort of pull right. him out and put something. Well, Tank. he said, is this big enough? I wonder, like, how many cups or ounces is actually <laughs> The conversion enough. rate of memories? <laughs> like, I mean, it's like, the bigger, the, the longer the memory, the bigger the... How many memories <laughs> to an ounce you have, like, a cookbook of size? There, and calculate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Like, no, no, your me. brain gives you a little message that it's like it's overflowing with memory. It's like my hard drive. I untake the faucet every once in a while. She's like bleeding to death trying to calculate how big to make the bowl. I know. When she asks, did you say the families? And he's like, no, they were burned and they melted. And let me give you a descriptive yeah, detail. I didn't job there, Dumbledore. That, that was fantastic. Way to yeah. calm her down after a night of, of frivolity. Mine comes up to him and says, by the way, Dumbledore, I want you to know that I'm a Death Eater. And that I'm just gonna spy for you now. Lemon drop. <laughs> I love the way she's gonna come up to him, and I, I'm just imagining blank, blank. Oh, start <laughs> stuffing lemon drops left and right. <laughs> yeah. 
binging on lemon drops or buying Dumbledore like a shit. It's like shaking back and forth. Lemon drops, she won't have been spying. Maybe that's the eating clinic to binge on lemon drops. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm so scared! Lemon drops are the new vodka. What can I say? Hermione comes back and tells Severus that Voldemort is planning an attack, and Dumbledore sends people to the scene at once to try to get the people out. Wouldn't the smart villain say to himself, Ah, I must have a spy. How could Dumbledore have known about this so quickly? He was like, I shall teach you the art of manipulation. And apparently manipulation means kung fu. Again with Justin and the significant glance. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I so hard. So hard. I was like, what is he going to do? Memory charm the entire class? Come on. Justin's a gay death eater. God. <laughs> that would be really, really awkward. Oh Although, yeah, never mind. Well, why can't Dumbledore do that then? It never occurred to him to use it as a means of communication. I have to sing! You can't sing tonight. Yes, I can! She, like, almost spits out her juice everywhere. Kind of like listening to a podcast on a bus. I'm listening to PSW <laughs> and I start, like, choking on milk or something and everyone just sort of turns the stairs. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm listening to a podcast and they just... Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say what they said, but it's really funny. Snape and Hermione have come up with a plan. The secret plan of fight inflation. I oh, want no. to marry Jane and have grammar freak nerd babies. Jane. I, I'm in love with Jane. I want to marry her and have little grammar nerd household babies. Jane, I got it about. have that? You sent me your notes. Oh. What a lovely romantic present. Here are some knives. James got me a life jacket and a fishing pole. <laughs> Our first year, we're married. Really? That was so we could go fishing together. On New Year's, me, Cody, and Shoshana, and I think Ray might have been involved in this too, but we were all together yeah, on Skype for New Year's, and we yeah. all sort of made an agreement that if Shoshana, Cody, and Ray would read after the end, then I would read A Year Like None Other. By the we, end of 2009. Yeah. By the end of 2009, because we real, realize how, that we're very busy people. This is Julia from the future. I've already started it and it's scathingly good. So if somebody please tell me why in my career as a high school English teacher, I'm going to need to know what an I umlaut is. Don't be dissing <laughs> linguistics. Linguistics is awesome. I know. I took linguistics last semester and I enjoyed it. It's just that I don't need a class on the history of the English language. I just don't. I love the history of language. I think the history of the English language was the most interesting tape I ever got from the teaching company. Well, you should feel free to come here and take my class for me anytime you want. Ooh, let's see if I can make that probably oh. can. If you write but, my essay about lesbians for me. No problem. I have a little bit of a thing with scars. I yeah. love scars. I have a scar fetish. They just make me really <laughs> wow. happy because they're just like they're they're just just happy. emotional baggage or physical No, physical <laughs> scars. They're just like Oh okay. I'm here. I went on mute for a second. My dad's home. Ryan hated my old mutant butt because every time I would go on mute it would go click. Click. <laughs> like hmm. taking away the entire purpose of a mute. Sorry, I'm back. There's a right. hole in my shirt. What? <laughs> There's a hole in my shirt. My cat's deciding to sleep on me. I Kitty. miss my cat. I wish I had a cat. We're going down! And I just think it's so important that this idea of trust and this understanding that they have because no one else that they know has really gone through this. Harry Potter. 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 
want. And this is where Draco is finally recruited as a spy. My whole thought was they're just now figuring this out. Well, he's sort of been an unofficial spy. spy, But now he's getting the letter. But you have like an official badge, an official license to be a spy. I mean, like he was doing the work before. I mean, now he's licensed, but you know, he was still a spy. Now he's licensed. (laughs) I picture him as like a hall monitor with like this stash. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets music now. Dun, 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 Draco. Does he have a license Draco. to kill? Oh, gee. Oh, P.S. Really? No. <laughs> Basically, all he is is he's little mean, and Justin listens. And we're all supposed to go, aha! Why does it matter if Justin knows that Hermione is with Draco's father? Well, other than him being creeped out beyond belief, um, I'm not really sure... <laughs> Somewhere along the line, everybody was looking at me like, huh? And I was like, you know what? It makes sense in my head, and that is yes. all that matters. That's I right. agree. That happens so I often. I live with that quote. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's carrying a notebook. Peeking around the corner, scribbling in his notebook. Like, like Harriet the Spy. Good for the old subtlety game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Harriet the Spy. Jeez, Harriet the Spy. That's so funny. Harriet the Spy. Please excuse me as I let all Twitter know that. <laughs> I love how Cheese laughed at us slash you for Twittering during podcasting. The pot is calling the kettle black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, let, don't let Ryan hear this. We're supposed to be focused. Ah, damn you all! And somebody yeah. sent me a link to the Haggadah, the Passover story, as a Facebook page. I almost plotted, <laughs> and I'm going to send you all the link right now. You Read it later, what? but it's I almost plotted. <laughs> It means and like fell. Means, okay, <laughs> thank you. No problem. It's like, like I almost tilting fell my off head, Rachel. staring at my computer screen. Like, what did she just say? <laughs> Yiddish is a superior language to English in almost all respects, in that oh. it has words like schwitz, plots, and schluff. He called Hermione a Slytherin slut. I was in AP review session, and I get a text from Julia. I am going to kill Ronald Weasley. And I'm just like, oh, so you're there. Like, where are you when I need you? Why are you not on Skype right now? Well, yeah. he deserves to be a little killed. killed. A little killed? We're partly using killed dead. as a metaphor for not killed. Not all dead. Only partly <laughs> dead. Snape takes Hermione to, what's it called? Tintagel. 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 Is it Tintagel? I thought it rhymed with bagel. Every time I podcast with Ryan, I feel like I never get to talk because Ryan dominates the whole thing with his monologues. Shut it up your ass. And now I feel like I'm stepping into Ryan's shoes. What did y'all think of how Snape redecorated the order? I kind of thought, yeah, the very kind of grand, little hedonistic taste to it. I I thought it it. was really funny. They picked him to do the interior decorating. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Martha Stewart is Snape. Who made that decision? She gets the note from whatever, and she can tell that it's fudgy because it's folded a certain way, and (laughs) which they learned about in Hogwarts of History. I think she was just saying that to get Harry to read Hogwarts of History. I felt just like Harry staring at it going, huh? How did you get that from... What? what? Look, there's books, and I'm <laughs> innocent and stupid. Why am I even here? Just to take notes. The yeah, like they let her into the order because they needed a secretary, really? <laughs> <laughs> Secretaries are very important. It's Administrative Professionals Day. We can't call it Secretary's Day anymore. <laughs> are you serious? It's now Administrative Professionals Day. I think that's <laughs> hilarious that you can't use the term secretary. In the town where I live, it is illegal to say the N-word, but the law doesn't specify 
specify which N word. <laughs> oh, it just says N word. It just says it, it says, says the N word. word. The city where I live starts with the letter N. <laughs> There's such a weird law everywhere. There's a law thing you can't take a bath with a giraffe. Are you serious? In my, in my home city, you can't take a lion to the beast. Cannot push a lion. We said of a moving airplane in Alaska. <laughs> Also, where I live, you are not allowed to beat a rug or drug it in the public square on a Sunday. We're not allowed to have sororities in Pennsylvania because if over 16 women live in a house together, it constitutes a brothel. So wait, what is that? You cannot push a moose out of a... A live moose out of a moving airplane. Or a pregnant moose. Now I gotta look. Jen, in your home state, it is illegal to sell one's eyes. Ew! <laughs> well, Umbridge would have a problem. The only one of these dumb laws that actually like affects me on a daily basis is that in Connecticut, it is illegal to purchase alcohol after 9 p.m. or on a Sunday. Okay, I have some great ones from Pennsylvania. It's illegal to sleep on top of a refrigerator outdoors. Person is not eligible to become governor if he or she has participated in a duel. Um, <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Oh, is there Wait, oh. <laughs> Julia, this may be a problem for you. Ministers uh. are forbidden from performing marriages when either the bride or groom is drunk. Wait, what? Why is that a problem for me? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> At a wake, I'm, mourners oh. may not eat no more than three sandwiches. <laughs> it is considered an offense to push a live moose out of a moving airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite is not to be used to catch fish. Bullets may not be used as currency. There is a ban on men, and I quote, becoming aroused in public. Who checks? <laughs> How do you possibly enforce that one? I have no idea. It's a considered offense to get a tattoo. My husband wants to get one. Oops. I just really enjoyed podcasting. I've, I've really missed it. I didn't realize how much I missed it until I started doing it again. We missed you. Oh, I missed y'all too. I'm so glad. <laughs> Sorry. You know, Cody just wrote, in Ohio, it's illegal to get a fish drunk. <laughs> in Kansas, rabbits may not be shot for motorboats. <laughs> You're going to be 18th to play pinball in South Carolina? Thank you, everyone, for listening. Ow! Sorry, I just got shocked. I think I heard that. Did you get shocked in your ear? Yes! It was like, the heck was that? They're getting ready to move from Great Britain to Canada. Canada. They're going to Canada. They're going to go see Scott. Yay! <laughs> It's almost yeah. interesting that he's the one who ends up getting so. sent. Being the spy, he would be good for tracking people down. Hagrid doesn't work so well for spy. <laughs> I was going to say, Hagrid wouldn't be good. <laughs> Can you imagine Hagrid trying to get to Canada? Yikes. Yeah, just him going through customs would be an interesting... <laughs> yeah, because he'd have something <laughs> in his pocket. <laughs> he can't help crying the day that they have to part, but from now on, whenever people ask him about his family, he proudly tells them about Deadly becoming a psychologist. He's very proud of his big brother. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting teary eyed now. This is Peoncast and Next Generation signing off. Good night, everybody. You had to do a Star Trek, didn't you? <laughs> I made it through the whole damn thing without snorting until the end. Has Ryan given anybody else's post on Fandom Wank? I want to be involved in the post on Fandom Wank. He's starting a group on Live Journal. Nope. He's calling it It's My Fandom Too. And he's just written the most brilliant post I've ever Wow, it's really freaking long. Have you gotten to the junior prom yet, Jen? No, I'm still at Yoda. <laughs> <laughs>
the dawn of time. <laughs> Self-important gas bag bitching. <laughs> you are welcome to kiss my fat ass. <laughs> the latest version of Hermione who liked to wear bikinis. <laughs> Can't you just see Danielle giving him a look over the dinner table? Does he include significant glances anywhere in this? <laughs> no. <laughs> he did tell me earlier on the phone when he was thinking of writing this, he's like, yeah, I had to go find other people because it was starting to threaten my sex life. Where was this posted? Ryan's creating a new live journal group, especially for this post. But he's got to learn how to use the live journal. <laughs> Good evening, Poofa listeners. <laughs> Ryan made this post of when, and he's going to put it on live journal, but it's caused him to consider his ass in the mirror for the last hour. <laughs> Instead of Danielle asking the question, he's turned to her and said, Honey, do you think my ass is too fat? So Fort Worth is shutting down because Mexico gave us swine flu. Like, it's really, really frightening. Everything is shutting down. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like this. I hate to tell you, but they're probably going to delay Star Trek. (gasps) (gasps) What? What? Before you guys start, you know, talking about Snape and Hermione and sex and karate and whatever the hell you want. They're not having no sex. Are you sure there's no sex? Actually, I'm not positive. Well, I studied it for a few weeks, and then I decided that I was going to be a spy. Yeah, I'm a 10th degree math <laughs> Somewhere, I swear, I read that the ships on this story were Hermione and Severus and Harry Draco slash. No, there was no Harry Draco slashiness in this. Then I'm reading, rereading it. I'm just like, they're fighting in that gym and, you know, they're getting all sweaty for each other and <laughs> they're noticing each other's coloring. And I don't have a very well-honed gaydar. My judar is fantastic. So also in this chapter, we find out that Harry wants Draco in the Order, which is pretty good. It's about damn time. My God. And Speaking and of which, when uh, Harry says it, he says, I want you in the Order's inner circle. <laughs> you want to read between the lines? What is it with Albus sucking on the candy like he's like a man gone insane every time something <laughs> happens? Maybe he thinks the candy has, like, liquid answers. <laughs> so, like, if he... Candy. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah. Say no more. <laughs> All this time, we just thought it was innocent little lemon drops. but The sherbet lemons have been infused with hashish. Or... <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my god, they're pot lemon drops. <laughs> they're special lemon drops. <laughs> special. <laughs> They're tart and sweet. Oh, good. Pulls out the brownies one of these times. <laughs> now we know why Albus is always hungry. <laughs> he's always calling for tea because he's, he's smoking too many lemon drops. <laughs> Hermione is somewhere else trying to rip Ron's guts out with her hidden knife. Oh no, oh no, Ron, you did not just pull that I love you shit on her after that. Oh, bitch, please. I had to get up. I had to, like, take a walk. Was that the alcohol? I think that might have been the alcohol. I liked when Harry was like, you love him, and he's totally okay with it. Yeah. I loved that. Some really good appealing gay moments in this story. I love it. <laughs> yeah, again, <laughs> like it said. 
Hermione didn't realize that she loved Snape until Harry goes, oh, by the way, you're in love with Severus. And she's like, what? No, I'm not. And then she thinks about it for a second, and she's like, oh, wait, maybe I am. Why is it that people never realize, oh, I love him? Because whenever I have attraction, I'm like, ooh, baby. It's right away. (laughs) Especially when it's like hot love. Come on. Mm, That's the way I felt for my husband. I didn't know I was in love with him until, you know, something smacked me in the head like a clue by four. You know, my husband and I were best friends, and then we just progressed into a relationship. It wasn't like we were secretly in love and didn't know it, and then suddenly we woke up and we were like, hey. It, well, I guess it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> For Harry to point it out. Oh, he's maturing and growing up and turning gay. Yeah. He's showing some traits. Yeah. <laughs> he's got some woman's intuition happening. Yeah, I'm seeing Queer Eye for the Straight Guy all over for this. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah just totally got the visual of Cayenne and Harry standing in the bathroom. And Cayenne's going, so Harry, what's your shaving process? And peeling off his shirt, you know, and waxing his back. <laughs> you see, like, Carson trying to dress him? Like, Carson would always have to, like, strip everybody down to their underwear and, like, make some sort of comment about how hot they are. Just, like, see him doing that for Harry. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I might have just killed Jen, too. <laughs> Lost everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're <laughs> waiting in the kitchen so they can make shellfish. <laughs> I cannot breathe. My <laughs> Twitter, all Twitter needs to know that that just happened. <laughs> the idea of Harry being manscaped. That is hilarious. I was no, it's revolting. It's just sad. So does that mean, Ray, that you have good porn? Um, I don't know that it's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you're given the recommendation, I just was curious if you had the good porn or... Depends on how much I really want to go on a limb and show you what I read. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I have read some, some unique things. Mm. Sometimes when you're in the mood for them, but my dad Yummy. just watched it, so hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love you guys. I can't talk about porn with my dad two feet away from me. <laughs> no, my dad's not going, eh, eh. <laughs> Okay. My dad just goes, oh, in Europe they had pornography. <laughs> Harry says he's the only friend that Hermione hasn't assaulted, and I thought that was funny. When Hermione assaults you, it means she loves you. Aww. Aww. Oh, I just posted my first comment on Ryan's new community. Does your ass hurt from straddling the fence like that all the time? <laughs> I wake up, I go to work, I chase around 12 two-year-olds. The main teacher in my class wasn't there, so it was like me and the other assistant and our boss. So that was like already a high-stress situation. I come home, I take like an hour nap, I then sit through five fucking hours of class. My brain is tired, I just want to come home and like read smut. I get on Skype, and all of a sudden Ryan is saying, please... What did I say? I'll never know what I said now. Oh, P.S. is so drunk. This is really just turning into a trend. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
we may have to redo this another night. I'm just feeling very unintelligent today. My brain is just gone. I feel like I might talk a lot tonight. That's okay. You can talk all you want. Ryan told me to laugh a lot. <laughs> helpful. Yeah, Ryan's like, just laugh a lot. You'll be fine. I'm like, I have to podcast tonight. He's like, well, maybe I can help you with that. I'm like, have you even read the fic, Mike? And he's like, yeah, I hated it. My what uncle is acquiring a donkey. <laughs> Generationally, he's my uncle, but I think technically he's my cousin. He lives in southern New Hampshire. Technically a suburb of Boston. Okay. Worcester is a suburb of Boston? Yeah, it is. <laughs> They're like the an hour village. away from each other. Oh, at least, yeah. Hello? He's like, yeah, my father-in-law is going to give it to me. <laughs> Apparently, his father-in-law recently got a prize-winning miniature pony stallion, and it's <laughs> going to fight with two donkeys he has, so he has to get rid of the donkey stallions. And so oh my God. he's like, who will I give away these donkeys to? And my cousin was like, I'll take a donkey and didn't consult his wife, didn't think about why he would want a donkey. He's since discovered they will make an excellent guard animal for his weathers. So it's going yeah. to guard the goats. They just have to drive it up from North Carolina and then he will have a guard donkey. <laughs> that is better than Schneer Zalman. My friend Schneer Zalman would like to move to Israel where he will train attack turkeys so he likes to like train the turkeys that whenever somebody comes to the front door to take his daughters he wants to train the turkeys so the turkeys should attack the boys how would the turkey know that the boys have bad intentions yeah i think the plan was to just train the turkey for a list of acceptable people and anybody who's not on the list gets like packed uh-huh. turkeys are okay. stupid we went to I'll a place to, to get tomato plant with my mom's friends. And so I was there with these, you know, 60-ish ladies. And we went back to see the pond. And there were chickens and turkeys and everything all over. And the turkey puffed up. And it went after my mom's friend. And she ran into the greenhouse. And I, I said, what's the matter? She said, that turkey came after me. And I said, well, you stand your ground. She said, oh, no. Yeah, you so I went out. Flap your wings. I walked out, and he came at me, and I just, like, made myself big, and I looked at him with my best teacher stare, and he went, crap. <laughs> he took off the other <laughs> way. Apparently, I am just fail at motherhood. Elizabeth, let's have lunch. It's time to have lunch. Let's sit down and have lunch. No. Elizabeth, mommy has cottage cheese and a peanut butter sandwich. Elizabeth, eat cookie. You turn your back and you're doing dishes or you've done some laundry or sorting something out or whatever it is that you're doing. You turn around and she's like got pudding in her hand. She's like, Elizabeth, have pudding. This has seemed to be the podcast that will not record itself. So we hope you'll enjoy it. If not, send in a voicemail and you can tell us how much we suck. One thing I thought was really weird, all of Snape's spies delivering mental reports into a magical device <laughs> embedded in their arms every 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And I was like, you mean like a dark mark? It's like a light dark mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a dark mark. It's a communication device. Yeah. That really is a dark mark. <laughs> the magical tapestries in Severus's room. Hermione says she leaves one open just enough so that she can hear through it. 
<laughs> magical tapestry, not a door. Hermione had her own little special version of this, which was a Waterhouse poster in her head girl room. And I was like, okay, I like Waterhouse, but a poster? Like, that's yeah. your equivalent of a tapestry is a poster? But what if the poster ripped? You know, that would suck. Poster ripped, and then your tapestry would be out of order, and then you'd have to actually walk. There's a wizard rock song called Muggle Magic by this band called Hogwarts Trainwreck. And it's all about how, like, hold on a second. They have Teflon Pots and we have fire. And they have email. And we have Hedwig. <laughs> Anyone else think that's a little weird? I keep thinking about if Molly Weasley had that front-loading washer. Oh, that's a little weird and convenient. Convenient. That happens to me a lot in this fic. Oh, thank God Hermione's aunt is a martial arts master. Oh, thank God Snape just created a potion for just such an occasion. Oh. I got an email the other day to join the AARP. I'm just 36. I have a lot of life left in me. I think Sue is back. Damn. She's trying to be sneaky. Hey, you know what? Hmm. We've got each oh. of the houses. We do. Hey, that's all right. Hey. What a Yay. good observation. Oh, See, all that science school works for something. I can count to four. <laughs> Like, it's okay. Steve Cloves wrote her. She's fine. Wait till you see her dance. Oh, because she is the ballroom dancer of... I was thinking that, too. Her, 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 her aunt, the, the karate instructor, was also a ballroom dance teacher. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> she was on Dancing with the Stars last season before she did the spy thing. Oh, no, you know what it is? Paradigm of Uncertainty Hermione taught her how That's to dance. That's what I was... Yeah, I was thinking you of know? that one. <laughs> she and Harry the with her Dancing. I love how she puts Bill on the spot. A big yes. apple or a small grapefruit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, with his mother sitting right there. The boob yeah. thing. Yeah, the boob thing. Plump or thin? <laughs> well, part of me wanted to know, you know, if, if maybe kept expecting her to ask if she needed to be blonde on top and brunette on bottom. Or it's like <laughs> she had all the. <laughs> She had all wow. these really crazy <laughs> stories. Do the curtains match the drapes? <laughs> you know, should they be grapefruits or small apples or my hips? Should, you know, 36, 35, 32 and a half, 43? You know, I'm, you know, do I need cellulite on my thighs? I'm. <laughs> I think there is mention made. I think this whole stick needs that music, really. And, and yeah. I really wanted to play it softly while underneath them, because they, Kelly and Trisha did that when we were talking about extendable eyeballs. Extendable, extendable items? Eyeballs. eyeballs. Oh, eyeballs. eyeballs. That's less exciting than Julia's version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I picked, I picked that exact moment to cough, but I didn't hear it clearly. Great. Thanks a lot, because that's all I'm going to have in my head now for the next day and a half. <laughs> I might even have to look on Oh, oh, oh Wait a minute You sound oh. very excited yeah. <laughs> This is so exciting Holy crap, this is so exciting A couple of them weren't cited But sort of made reference to Julia, our literature person What did you think about that? She, she is getting a sandwich a sandwich? I know, it's getting to that point Terrible I'm going kayaking before the sandwich making, the author is really fond of bringing in these outside references, and I knew you had wanted to say things about this. Um, yeah, but later. 
she probably thought she wasn't going to make it through it. And even though that Harry was going to be doing the deed with Voldemort or, or whatever, she knew that it was still going to be required of her to probably sacrifice herself. Right. For the record, Harry doing the deed with Voldemort sets up images in my mind that should not be there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm secretly 12. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, too. <laughs> Editor, I don't know who it is. Take out Gen 2 doing the deed with the Voldemort. <laughs> oh, no, Gen 2 is doing the deed with Voldemort. This is really good. Oh, bad. wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I'm breaking out in a cold sweat. The solid fact is that this fic, when Alanis fights, in the history of fanfiction, this is the first one that has ever driven me to drink. Like, I would literally be reading it, and I would just, like, freak out and be like, Oh my god! I ah, Vodka! If you're reading this story, and you're in chapter 77, and Hermione's going to die, and you're thinking she's going to die, she's probably not going to. Well, you never right. know. I mean, you know, some authors are just, like, all about the aftermath. And, you know, there was still, like, a battle to be fought and all that good stuff. So, I mean, it was possible. Well, I'm really just trying to make our listeners feel better at this point. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way. She was totally, had to be alive. Totally. She had. <laughs> no, Hermione was totally dead. It was all about the aftermath and all about how Severus cried himself to sleep for ages until he couldn't handle life anymore and he slid his wrists and sucked him Sumptra and, and yep. bled out on the grass in front of Dumbledore while he apologized for being a sucky <laughs> spy master. Yep. The thing is that Owls don't Pick attack people that approach them on a regular basis. If it was a wild bird and it was cornered, it would attack you. Well, sure, yeah. but this is waddling over to you. I don't think it's cornered. Hi, how you doing? I'm going to eat you now. I'm in the Wendy's parking lot. Now, the thing about Wendy's I don't like is <laughs> you never know what size beverage to get. <laughs> So, because what they do is the small is 59 cents, the medium is 68 cents, the large is 69 cents, and the extra large is 72 cents. Now, I'm thinking there could be a nuclear attack in five minutes. I could have to restart civilization. I could be the war of Roslyn of the world. Like, I could have to do it by myself, and I may need the water. So, I'll always get the largest size available, thinking to myself, I can last two years on this if necessary. Because I can. <laughs> recycle my own urine if I don't know what I'll do. So I get the large Coke. The thing, the size of one of those orange cones that you see on the side of the highway flipped over. I've got the damn thing in my car, in my cup holder. It looks like I have a vase next to me. So I'm like holding the thing with my right hand. Like I have my arm fully around it like I'm holding a small child. And I have my food in my left hand. And I've got my cell phone kind of perched on my shoulder. And I'm driving with my foot... He never thought of that. And then he's able to take this conversation, which, by the way, gets him in a shitload of trouble with his girlfriend. Look, okay, there's a little vibe going on there. Was it when she beat him over the head with the potted plant? <laughs> she lights it on fire. Like, it's arson. <laughs> Don't mess with the Hufflepuff. Like, I know they're sitting They're sitting in class and they're they're, they're passing notes. Next thing you know, you know. I did enjoy that. I thought like he cheated. On her or anything either, not even together. Bard's like everything wrong. No, no, fine, fine. fine. No, no, yeah, no, I was no. a little sad for Neville too. That, per- that <laughs> she lights his clothes on fire. He's like, ah, poor well, Neville. You have to feel bad for Neville because he's sitting in the, at the desk and he's got Anna on one side and him on the other, and Sprout looks over and Neville's on fire. 
fire. <laughs> and your immediate reaction is, this is your fault, devil. Like, yes, I'm trying to kill myself, Professor Sprout. You caught me. I'm going for the slow burn. What's the erectile uh, dysfunction drug that you need to consult a doctor if you have an erection that lasts longer than, like, seven Viagra? Days no, not Viagra. It's the, it's the other one. It's the commercial where they show, like, a dog running along the beach, and you don't know what the product is. Is, is, that, is, is it Cialis? It's the Cialis one. Like, seriously? The, Isn't it scary that I know what they... Because then you see the librarian, and she looks so happy talking about it, and she's like, Cialis can kill you. Consult your doctor before using Cialis. And it's like... You can, like you can die of a four-hour hard on. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, do not have a child with a muggle-born, as it can cause high like, blood oh. pressure, weight loss, male baldness, you know, your left <laughs> ankle can explode. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten how the Fidelius charm actually works because I think it's one of those things where uh, what I'm picturing in my head is so stupid. But it's like if you know where James and Lily live and they have a Fidelius charm put on their house where they continue to live, can I no longer see their house? Can I no longer see them at their house? Can I no longer remember where their house is? Like I'm picturing well, a lot of people going. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I need to talk about some things yeah. because I'm going to bail here in a second because I have other things to uh, do. They're all practicing their non-Latin charms because they're trying to find charms that no one knows the counter curses to. And I think it was Padma completely bends over because she does yoga. <laughs> so so that will be her defense. And Seamus is like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> because, you know, you get shot. Like, you can't get up for an hour. <laughs> Well, and I and, and Neville responds to her, and he just you know he's laughing, and he's he's like, I I finally know how why Harry fell for you, and she's like, Well, I don't know, I think he just likes living dangerously, and I think that I, <laughs> again, Jenny is made of awesome. Jenny's always I like been made Seamus's of awesome. reaction to that too. He's like, So when you say dangerous, do you mean all your six brothers or just you? Like, <laughs> you can't handle me. What was the comment she makes to Neville back in chapter two? It's about basically grow a set of balls. And he looks at her, she's like, I live with seven boys. Katie Bell had to tell me I needed a bra, and she had to tell me how to put the damn thing on. Trust me, <laughs> I can talk about balls. You yeah. obviously have balls, why aren't you using them? I'm like, oh my. <laughs> Luna, when she's talking from the suit of armor, she catches... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she, she catches Neville in the hallway, you know, to let him, let him know that, you know, she's got news from her dad, and, you know, you just see Neville just, you know, just tooling along in the hallway and all of a sudden, just see the, the armor, you know, talking, <laughs> Neville, Neville, Neville. And Neville's standing here, he's like, okay, I've, I've decided I'm a general, I just get used to that, now I'm talking to furniture. <laughs> This is me reading the scene. She's like, oh my god, Harry took a necklace. Oh my god, I saw her necklace years ago. I wonder if, there was, no. I wonder if Voldemort lived in the necklace. Because if he lived no, in the I... necklace, he also lived in the book. Oh my god, you have to kill the book with the sword of Gryffindor. We have to bring him to Snape's office. And then he chooses Luna, and everyone just goes, whoa. She's the only person in Ravenclaw I know of this fought fully grown Death Eaters and won. And they all look at her like, you were telling the truth about that? Like, you can tell she comes back and they're like, oh, that's nice. And they pat her on the head. Because everyone else is like, oh, yes, I'm honored. And she's like, oh, okay, well, whatever, sure, whatever. whatever. Yep. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Cool, oh, cool. God, My yeah. daddy print up some. Is it doing it again? Yeah. yeah. You just said, how many times did you just say that's cool? Once. We heard it five times. Now I'm thinking you're having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having a stroke. Okay.
you know what this is? It's fate telling me that I need to go. My husband. Thank you for sharing the visual of yourself and your husband with the turnaround music, which is now flooding. <laughs> Turn around. Come on. It's our 15th wedding anniversary. We're probably going to go pop some popcorn. <laughs> 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 That's what they call it now. <laughs> Shut the hell up. They are getting more action in one night than I've had in a year. I'm hopeful that your marriage will survive. I'm here by myself. They are making very strange noises. I put a hole in the roof with my broom. Heck, bag it on it. I've got bits of the ceiling coming down. I actually have to fix my house. Bye. 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 Now, we've had one episode in the history of Horrific Weekly where we had no women, and it ended with Mike having a meltdown. You said a line to me. Neither can live while well, the other survives. survives. What does that mean? How does that mean one has to kill the other? Aren't they alive right now? Clearly they could both be alive while the others are living. Gen 2 had to take off. I'm going to add in some estrogen to the podcast as we get into Parvati Paddle, friend Urfo. Who is P.S. coming in? Uh, well, no, P.S. is not coming in. Well, Keza. Hello. Hello. I'm here uh, podcasting with uh, Tim, Scott, and Mike right now. Gen 2 had to go have sex, so um, <laughs> we wanted to add a woman into the podcast. I hope I didn't give anything away. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jeff. We love you. (laughs) That's not what I was expecting. (laughs) Just out of curiosity, what were you expecting? It gives me great comfort that many years from now, Gen 2's daughter, E-Baby, will listen to this podcast and be totally grossed out. (laughs) I'm totally grossed out. Well, first, I thought Neville was being a jerk because he is cheating on Hannah. Hannah, you may remember, beat him senselessly with plants in an earlier chapter. And I'm like, this is awful. Neville, you know, like, what are you doing? You're cheating on her. Then I realized Neville is dumb as a brick and doesn't know that Hannah likes him. So what I would have liked to have seen was Neville and Ginny walking across the school grounds, planning their next order meeting, and all of a sudden they look, and Parvati is laying on the ground with, like, a cactus coming out of her head. And Neville could be like, this is amazing. Why does this seem to be happening? I don't know. She's obviously angry at me because of Harry again. I don't get it. I don't know why, but whatever. Never even considered the possibility that Parvati and Neville could ever have a rush ship. I've never gone there. Like, that to me is like Remus. In my fake. Really? In my fake. Well, yeah. spoil it for me. Why? I mean, I've never gone there. To me, that's like <laughs> Remus Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then the thing I love, too, is he totally falls for Hannah Abbott's pajamas. (laughs) He looks at her and he's like, that's a handsome set of pajamas. Fine. Yes. Is this still, my my headphones just broke. Is is this okay with you? (laughs) Yeah. You sound good, man. You sound good. You sound good. Sure. And she goes to pop popcorn with her husband. She's probably having popcorn with her husband right now. Oh, you guys are so male. <laughs> McGonagall is very, very awesome in Chapter 3. You seem to have lost some weight. Oh, you're also bruised. Are you having secret Quidditch training? He's like, yes, yes I am. That's exactly it. Miss Paddle, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to tell everyone that you're a whore. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she's like, um, I hate to tell you, but most people already think that. Go with that, Minerva. Thank you. <laughs> because McGonagall is made of awesome. Whereas at this point, picture the Caro is trying to sneak into Hufflepuff Tower, and all of a sudden you hear, uh, like, what the hell is that? Do you hear that? Uh, it's getting louder. What is that? Uh, all of a sudden, Sprout comes out of nowhere and tackles them both to the ground and starts beating them with the leftover pot that was previously used to beat Neville Sunsel. You see, I picture a mob of Hufflepuffs, like, tearing people to shreds. They're baby fat, jiggling. No, you've got that backwards. Oh, what are you though. talking about this baby fat? Aren't the Hufflepuffs, the Hufflepuffs supposed to be the most muscular of everyone? No, the whole point yeah. is that their Quidditch team is actually the best in, pr- in pure athletic terms. I have dropped so far. Mike is explaining to me how I misread the fic. They're going to send the new trio, Trio 2.0, into the woods. Hagrid's going to walk them in, and then he has to come back out within an hour, or they're going to kill Fang. Because seriously, right now, we have Snape, who's anal, and we have the Caros, who I think are mentally handicapped. (laughs) And they're threatening to shoot Hagrid's dog. So at this point, I would really love Hagrid to just seriously kill the Caros, sit on them, and squeeze his ass cheeks together. <laughs> but he didn't think of it at the time. He didn't think of it, it at would the have time. saved a whole lot of bother if Hagrid had No, here's my but... question. I may not be a brilliant tactical commander, but what would happen? Just hear me out. What would happen at dinner one night if all of the Hufflepuffs stood up at once and shot Snape? Just shoot them. Like, all of them. <laughs> I thought they were fat. Apparently, mm. they're very toned up. Just, I'm, I'm curious why this won't work. Hufflepuffs, we shoot Snape. Gryffindors, you shoot Caro number one. Ravenclaws, you shoot Caro number two. Uh, Slytherin on our side, hide. <laughs> mm-hmm. would, th- would that work? The problem is what happens after. Yeah, I was going to think- say, then Voldemort comes down to Hogwarts and... No, and I've got a plan. In- I've got a plan. I've got a plan. Hear me out. All right, all right. We're going to take the Caros, and we're going to take Snape, all right? We're going to take their wands, because the wands are useful. We're going to take all of the metal off of them, because we don't want there to be any spoons in there. So what we're going to do is, we're going to dig a hole. With the spoons? No, not with the spoons. We can use shovels or want. We can use whatever we want. We're going to shave their heads, all right? We're going to shave their heads. Snapes will need to use gloves because it's greasy hair, but we're going to shave their heads. And we are going to bury them in the backyard. (laughs) And we are going to have Ginny, Luna, and Neville take polyjuice potion, and they are going to pretend to be Snape, Kara 1, and Kara 2, respectively. Now, I know that that's two women in that trio, but there's only (laughs) one girl. So I don't know who gets to play the other Kara. They could use her. Ernie, but Ernie doesn't really get top billing here, so I think they should give Luna something to do. But what if they just pretended? And Snape wakes up and he realizes, holy shit, I'm buried in the backyard. I'm good! But no one can hear him. Like, like there's only three people there. All the Slytherins, because they were shooting the teachers and ignoring the other Slytherins, except the guy who hid, write letters to their mommy and daddy in the Death Eater ranks and say, oh, by the way, they just shot your Death Eaters. Oh, uh, oh, all right. Give me a second. (laughs) It would get back to Voldemort, and Harry hasn't had enough time to get all the Horcruxes yet. In fact, he hasn't figured out what they are. You know what I forgot? You know what I totally spaced on? Harry. I forgot about him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I got a backup. I got a backup. Hear me out here. All right. Classic Star Trek fans. You'll know what I'm going for here, all right? Here's the deal. The Caros, at the end of the night, will be walking down the hallway, licking things with blood on them. <laughs> Hagrid, will sneak up, Hagrid will sneak up behind them, trip them, sit on them, and squeeze his <laughs> ass cheeks together. 
and they will die. Because, really, there's no way you're going to live through it. Here's the other deal. What is it with you and Hagrid sitting on people that night? I mean, if you have Hagrid there, why not use everything you have available to you? Now they're dead. So now you, like, stick those things on their head. Remember the episode Spock's brain from classic Star Trek, where Spock's brain was stolen, so they stuck, like, a remote control on him? It was literally the remote control from a TV, and they just kind of, like, made him walk around and moved his arms and stuff, and he's like a little robot. Why can't they stick well, those well, on the caros? Well, 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 like, <laughs> Luna can be walking around with the remote control, and the caros can be, like, walking, and their arms can be flapping everywhere, and Snake will just think they're not dead. Isn't that just, like, doing an Imperius on them, and that's, like, dark magic, and kind of against the side of the light? Well, I actually forgot about Imperius. That would probably be easier than... <laughs> probably <laughs> easier than remote control. And everyone stands up, they're giving them salutes and standing ovation, and... Even Goyle salutes them, because he's like, wow, you're smart. Because they're looking for a new leader anyway. Like, I wouldn't trust Snape to obey the rules, because technically he bled you to death and tortured you on the altar for three days, so it's not like he's afraid of kids running home to their parents. It is a very good moment for the ending chapter. It's uh, Neville's gone all Clint Eastwood. We had a deal. I want my wand back. <laughs> As we close out our podcast this evening, can we please have a moment of silence for Gen 2? <laughs> you know what? It's sad that, that we're sharing this moment in, in, in honor of our good friend Gen 2 without her here. Perhaps we should call her. I don't think she's here anymore, isn't she, you know, occupied? I have her cell. <laughs> yeah, that'll go down real well. <laughs> that they're still popping popcorn, it could work. There are two options. She will answer or will go to voicemail. If she answers, there are two options. She'll answer because she's making popcorn, or she'll answer doing something else. <laughs> she's not going to answer, she's doing something else. Honey, it's our 15th wedding anniversary. Oh, holy God. There might be more to this than meets the eye. Please join me. Who's coming next week to the podcast to talk about the next bit? Let's look and see who we have for next week. We have hey! we have Keza, who's not the sex fill-in. She's actually there. That <laughs> sounds terrible. I'm the sex fill-in now. For our 100th episode, we're planning a, a massive project, and and we're all teaming up for it. Sorry about that. That's Mrs. Huggles smashing pans in the kitchen because she knows I'm recording. Knowledge. This is one of those stories that's actually growing on me, which I like. We have done some stories in the past that I thought I was going to hate, and I did. And those were always very uncomfortable. Someone else can talk, because I've been talking for like two minutes straight, and I don't want to be Ryan. Damn you all! He offers, doesn't he offer Neville a chance to join him at the end of Book 7, or am I imagining? Or is that a fic? That actually has. No, he, they're sending all the purebloods in one direction and all the halfbloods in another, and Neville refuses to go with the purebloods. Isn't that what happens? Ah... Yeah, that was actually After the End uh, by Arabella and uh, Genia. We read it a while back. It was really good. And it was actually uh, Lavender, not Neville. Because if you think of them side by side, one of them is you know, batshit crazy with a spoon, and the, the other one uh, can't dance. Although in this fic is kind of a badass and kind of scares the crap out of me, and I, and I like that. I like that better than not being able to dance. I can't dance either, so maybe there's hope.
Here's a question. Now, I don't know if this is just me being weird, but um, the thing about McGonagall being a war bride. Mm-hmm. That's not something I would have like, seen. Huh? Oh, yes. Um, Mr. Longbottom, as pleased as I am that rumors of your demise were clearly exaggerated, neither my relief nor your new celebrity allows for carnal impropriety in the dormitories. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm sure everybody who's ever listened to the episodes know, I am the canon Nazi, the room of acquirement. I mean, it's not a wormhole. I mean, it's not just going to pop <laughs> wherever the hell it feels like. The fact that it can open a passage, the back room of the hog's head, maybe they're just, it opens up other doors around the walls or something. You can go out places rather than being the same door they came in by. Right, there has to be some limit to it. I mean, it open you anywhere. They could have just opened them to the headmaster's office. Yeah. Like, otherwise, yeah. why climb up the side of the tower? Great gopher holes it slipped my mind. Please give me the sort of Gryffindor. Oh, Harry wouldn't have even had to go to do anything. He could have just gone into the room of requirement and be like, please bring me the Horcruxes one at a time. Thank you. Line <laughs> them up. Bam, 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 bam. It, it, it's very sort of one-dimensional as canon. It's like, oh, Neville's scared of his grandmother and, you know, the snake turns into his grandmother's vulture's hat and she's kind of disappointed <laughs> Neville. Did you just order. say that Snape turned into his grandmother's <laughs> vulture's hat? No, I'm sorry. I got this picture in my head of her standing there with a vulture on her arm that has a top hat on. <laughs> I like the clerk in the um, clothing shop, and Ernie has to go over all um, lordly and guy with money, and then he's completely fawning to him. Are you drinking unfamiliar potions? No, man, it's alcohol. <laughs> I swear that one sentence that Ernie says, all of a sudden he went, Mega Scotland! <laughs> Someone goes friggin' Star Wars on him, and he tries to duct tape it? They show up. They're covered in blood. Mrs. Weasley's like, I know your mom. Did she ever teach you that charm for skinning parching peas? It's like, whoa, Molly, focus. Yeah. I like that her earrings aren't, was it onions? Radishes. 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 But, but, but here, don't they say like it's not a radish. It's like some magical. Original plums. I kind of like that. It makes Luna seem a little less crazy. Well, I, I think having plums in your ears is just as weird as having radishes personally. But I mean, <laughs> maybe in the wizarding world, it's like a big fun thing to do is to wear where vegetables or fruit anything from your body parts. I don't know. <laughs> you know what's really crazy is like when people try to write smut about Luna. Oh, God. And they always like, I mean, that girl apparently is into some serious kink. It's like... Oh. Well, it is always oh, the well. quiet ones. <laughs> Depending on where you look, every single character is into some really weird things. So, Well, I read thick where Hermione had a leather fetish, so... Really? That is disturbing. Hello, I'm Jen. I so. take that back because I read a fic that was a solo fic and it was about Hermione and books. <laughs> oh, come wow. on. Hermione books is canon. <laughs> There's even an icon for it on the forum. <laughs> And it turns out he was just testing because apparently Draco has drunk a whole lot to get to this point. Poor Draco. Shove it up your ass. They're sort of beginning to figure out the whole Horcruxes thing, but they can't quite get it because them know that You understand his motivation behind that statement. He doesn't go into this whole, hello, my name is Neville Longbottom. You tortured my parents to insanity. Prepare to die. 
that and get into but that. But instead, we get the next best thing. Not my daughter, you bitch. <laughs> what do we think of Dumbledore's cadets? <laughs> I had a bad thought off my head when they said that, to be honest. Like bad, like evil or bad, like dirty? Evil. <laughs> As in, the, like, in all honesty, the first thing, but I honestly, the first thing I thought of was Hitler, you. <laughs> oh, mm. Jesus. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, I don't know. What did. I'm sorry. I, mean, I, I guess just it's just like a group of little kids forming a military cult. So we have the Dumbledore Hitler Youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't forgive uh, Seamus for this, even if he was totally understandable why he did. Why not? It. Because I'm a huge Snape, Snape man. I'm like, look what you did to Snape! You you made Voldemort kill him. You enjoy whipping teenage kids half to death. You're evil on my book. Put it that way. The implication is that Voldemort might not have done that on his own if Seamus hadn't gone and cast the spell and Snape yes, could have would have. Snape was going to end up dead before this yeah. year was out because No, he, he wasn't. It's has... all Seamus' fault. Oh, my dear God. Mike, put a sock in it, okay? <laughs> just to... Oh, it just breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And this is Y'all, another example. I feel like I have been talking for like 10 hours. Somebody please take over. <laughs> I don't want to be the new Ryan. <laughs> Okay, are Michael and Terry supposed to be gay? No, just really good friends. Okay, (laughs) well, because some of the stuff made me stop and be like, wait a minute, am I really, really missing the boat on this one, or am I reading too much into it? (laughs) When they go to the party, they're asking if they're going to take their girlfriends to the party, and they're like, um, there's something you should know about us. And I was like... And then what it was is that they were both taking the same girl. And, and I was kind of like, okay, is, is she a beard? Is that what's going on here? You know? This and that are examples of Dobby going overboard. Yeah, I yeah. believe the line was, it looks like a wedding shop threw up after gorging itself on haggis. <laughs> Dobby is apparently horrible at bagpipes, which is not surprising, given that I expect it takes a lot of practice. I actually had the misfortune of... Oh, you're stand- weird. Standing- Sorry, my sister's walked through here. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, thanks, Mike. I'm Tim. I had the misfortune of there's a, a college and they have a pipe band and I just happened to be on that campus one day and I happened to walk around the corner of a building and there were 14 bagpipers warming up. Mm. And that that sound right there was like ear rape. If there's one thing that just squicks me out more than anything else in the world, it's when people have threesomes involving the twins. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. You people read some crazy things, I have to say. Luna kinks and twin things. You guys read some far out psychedelic stuff. Groovy, baby, yeah! I should have known it was Fred. Obviously, George wouldn't be the one to yell across the common room, do you want to go? But um, (laughs) they had this whole thing where they had to sort of reconcile with each other. Can they possibly be together now that Fred is gone? And when they look at each other, the only thing they think about is Fred. And they went through a certain amount of angst. Eventually, they did end up getting together. That's kind of creepy, but interesting all the same. (laughs) He can't bear to deal with with the feelings about it and what happened to Lavender and and what's happening to all of them. And, you know, it keeps going and keeps going. And and why do we keep doing this? And why do we keep fighting? I just love Seamus in this story. I'll never forgive him. You can just go away. (laughs) Next week, we are starting with Chapter 14 and going through, what, 22? 
29, 27. 20-something. 20, 20, 20 so yeah. uh, read till chapter 30, and you'll be way ahead of the game. There are only 25 chapters. Oh, well, then they're going okay, to Okay, maybe I am confused. Um, why don't you just read to 19? Thanks. And Kelly, it's your fix, so you might as well start us off. Okay. And Should then... I say, and welcome back to Peon Castle. <laughs> the summary is, their worst arguments are about the children, or Albus learns to tie his shoes. Now, am I the only one who, when I saw that at first, thought it was Albus Dumbledore? <laughs> I, I I thought it, too, because like, I didn't Why really... would Dumbledore be learning to tie his shoes? Oh, wait. They do the bubblehead charm, which kind of made me laugh, because it sounds like the cone of silence. <laughs> I am deeply concerned about the conference room. What? You can still get willow bark tea. tea. You can get willow bark pills to take instead of aspirin if you want. Maybe I should try that. It's nicer on your stomach, get different things like that. It's also fun uh, having an herbologist as a peon. <laughs> 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 so Lily Pie was not a tree. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know? Grant said you were sleeping like a log, and then he giggles at his own joke. Get it? Trees sleep like logs. Uh, it's like slamming the Dumbledore. <laughs> he notices the splashing sounds different, and he figures either it has to be different because they've changed the tub, or there's some sort of silencing charm up. But there's magic somewhere. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. know. We didn't know that there were only three kids. We'd think that maybe there was magic happening. <laughs> and the waves crash. <laughs> magic. <laughs> I don't see. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Magic, unspoken. When are you going to get your own bakery? When am I going to get my own bakery? I can't even microwave things without breaking. I mean, not you, but like you as a couple. Well, it's probably going to be hers. It's not going to be like the family bakery. But you get to eat your own cupcakes. She cut me off. She's concerned for my weight. She cut me off. Tonight we're in the supermarket. I'm like, you haven't made cookies in a while. You cut me off. Didn't you? She's bows her head. She's like, yeah, I did. I'm very depressed. <laughs> Because I want C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Episode 84 in the Gen 2 sex scene. My favorite part is at the part at the end where I'm like, I wonder if I should call her on her cell phone. She might answer. <laughs> you know what the scary part was? I probably would have answered. You probably would <laughs> Sometimes you send me, you know, text on my cell phone, and I read them, and I roll my eyes, and I'm like, ugh, Ryan. <sighs> and then I just close my cell phone back, I laugh, and I just take it back. I know she's not the only one who does. <laughs> I feel so well, out, I never get Ryan texting. <laughs> Well, I get mic calls, and mic calls are so much better. It's like I'm scaling up the side of a mountain, mic calls to ask me what farm equipment is most popular in Oklahoma. <laughs> has everyone here finished the story? Mike, have you finished the story? Not quite. Okay. Mike, I need you to take your headset off for a minute. I'll go ahead and spoil me. I don't mind. No, I'm not going to spoil you. I need you to put fingers in your ears. Don't listen. Like, I didn't, you take your headset off, count to 30, put it back on. I don't want to spoil you. Sure, go for it. All right, say one. Go for it. Okay. You're, you're still here, though, aren't you? Yeah, but I was humoring you. <laughs> Mike, I don't want to spoil it for you because it's traumatizing. I want Cut him to... off! Stay off on him! Oh, yeah, bring him on hold. <laughs> no, I'm here, in total... charge of this conference call. <laughs> He's totally listening. He's just being quiet. I'm waiting for him. I'm... Oh, you did? I did. I put him on hold. I was totally waiting for him to giggle. <laughs> but then when... <laughs> you killed the... <laughs> Alright, hold on. I'm bringing Mike back. And that was the point... When I just said to myself, Harry McGonagall doesn't work. <laughs>
Who says? I once read a fic where it was Harry goes back in time and him and Minerva get a thing going on. Oh, oh I don't know. I've never seen a picture of Rilke. You've never seen a picture, seen a picture of, of me? Or Rina, no. Only host I've seen pictures of. How can you have not seen a picture of me? They give me a second apartment. So I, I open the door and like right as I open oh, the door. You don't have summer home now? Yeah, I have my summer place and my winter place. Oh, for the love of God. So right when I open the door, I see a dead cockroach. So I close the door, turn around, <laughs> walk to the office, take a key for the apartment next door. <laughs> it's just the cockroach will never get in there. I still have a $10 bet that outside of her own pick, Gen 2's favorite fic is going to be in Blood Only. My favorite, Gen I already know my favorite podcast. Gen 2's going to be in Blood Only. Excuse me, no. <laughs> Gen 2's favorite fic is not in Blood Only. Gen 2's favorite fic is outside of hers is mine. Thank oh. you very much. Go well, Kessa. She don't argue Go with Kessa. me. Don't argue with me. Otherwise, Go even Go if it's Kessa. true, Go Kessa. 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 Sue says I rock, by the way. She's catching up on rebuilding life, and she's like, I had to laugh at Ron saying bad things about Hufflepuffs and Neville defending them, and I'm like, I wrote that. I don't even remember my own fic. Most triumphant! Right, we are back with our third of four, uh, third of fourth. No, third of four. Why am I saying third of fourth? That's not English. What am I doing? Like, I'm critiquing someone else's work, and I can't even speak. The other one is the one where Harry just watched MASH all the time. I, I couldn't do it, I didn't get it, and there was a sequel coming up, because apparently he watched after MASH, after MASH ended. I did not understand where he was going with the story, and it, like, like, really, when I have to stop reading fanfiction, because I think my life is infinitely more interesting than what Harry's going through, Harry Potter, what he's going through, is less interesting than my life, like, that's not a good sign, so I stopped reading the other thing. And if you're the author of that fic and you're listening right now, um, my apologies. No, oh, if you're the author of that fic, you suck. I finished the chapters, and then I read the rest of the story. And when I finished the story, I started the sequel. And to get to the sequel, I had to read the author's note introducing the sequel. Reading the author's note introducing the sequel, I started to tear up. <laughs> I'm tearing up right now just telling you about the author's note for the sequel. I'm just telling you. Beautiful. I swear to God, you're such a girl. Best thing about this story, like, Harry's barely in it. It's like I a little it. vacation. I love it. I sent a rant to um to Jen the second over here and then took my rant back four seconds later. Yeah, what Ryan doesn't realize is that I don't have one of those extended text plans. So every time he sends me, like, these recantations, it's just like... Am I charging you, like, a quarter every time I tell you that this fic is crack? Yes. Would you like me to write you a check? Now I feel bad. Hey, <laughs> hang on. How come if you're getting a text, do you have to pay for it? You have to pay for it if you get a text. Wait, do you what? mean, like, if I didn't like you, Ryan, I could send you, like, 500 texts? No, and no, make this is rubbish. My plan, I get 50 free texts. And uh -huh. I don't have to pay for them, and neither does anyone else. I'm After confused. The person who sends the text is the one who pays for it. No, but also in my the world. person who receives it. Do you send 50 text messages, then I send you one? In America, you would pay for that 50 first. No, see, in Australia, I would pay for the texts I send. If I receive a text, I don't have to pay for it. Let me ask you a question. You're having issues with your own internet right now. You're stuck with little training wheels on your internet No, 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 right it's now. back. It is back. My internet is back. Why was your internet down? Because Mr. Keza discovered this thing. It's called justintv.com.au. 
And what it does is it plays football games over the internet. So Mr. Keza says, oh, this is very exciting because we live in South Australia and we play Australian rules in South Australia. So most of the coverage is about Australian rules. He was born in Sydney in New South Wales, which is rugby league country. So in order to watch the rugby league, he has to look for sources other than free-to-air television. And we don't have pay TV because we like to eat. So he gets... He gets this adjusted TV and he's very excited and he spends his whole weekend watching rugby on the internet and going, this is fantastic. It is the best website ever. So he pulled a gin too. Yes. He's been very excited about the rugby league. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, you know what? I can't seem to download any YouTubes and I'm trying to send Ryan files and it's going at like two kilobytes per set. What is going on? So we look it up and apparently we've used 110% of our 12 gig limit. Now, Paul's <laughs> cut that out. Mr. Kez's work pays for our internet plan. Hold on. You think someone's going to wander around Australia now looking for a guy named Paul? <laughs> he likes to be called Mr. Kezza. That's his thing. He'll be very upset today that I called him his name. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so the work pays for it. So we've never had any reason to look at how much it is. Well, apparently we have a 12 gig plan and over the month we can use 12 gigs. After we've used 12 gigs, they slow it down to just above dial-up speed so that we don't have to pay extra. So 10 days before the end of the month, Mr. Keza has watched so much rugby via the internet that we are 110% of our allowance and they have slowed it down and I can't do a thing. Let me ask, just to recap very quickly. So what you're saying is that it is an abomination that Gen 2 be forced to pay a quarter for my... Year of Darkness is crack text message. <laughs> that is that is not the way to run a cell phone company. That, that is, is right. That is against that is right. the spirit of the world. <laughs> but you right now are spending three days downloading a Puffwa episode because Mr. <laughs> Keza went over your rugby minutes. This <laughs> <laughs> what he said. He's like, he looks at me and he goes, hmm, what have you been doing? <laughs> it wasn't me. I didn't do anything. So he he looks at the times when it's the usage, and he's like, oh, Friday and Sunday are the best usage. I'm like, that's when you've been watching rugby. And he's like, but that's not a download. That's the TV. <laughs> I'm like, this is still a download. And he's like, well, this is supposed to be your fault. <laughs> I'm just picturing right now hundreds of Australian Puffwa listeners downloading the season finale of season two and not being able to use the internet for the rest of the year. <laughs> I don't pay utilities, internet, cable TV, or any of that. But we don't have cockroaches, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I bet you do, for that matter. I don't have cinder block walls, either. How do you have cinder block walls? Took a guess, Mike. How many times did the picture fall off walls? Mike, look to the left and smile. (laughs) (laughs) Are you looking to the left and smiling? I am, but the left is on the wall. (laughs) 
how many times do you think I should enter the Half Blood Prince competition to win preview tickets? There's 200 tickets on offer in my state for a preview for July 13th. Well, how often can you actually register on dial-up? I have to send actual physical letters in from snail mail. It's so archaic. Snail mail? Yeah, yeah. snail mail. I had to get a stamp and lick it and put it on the thing. How many stamps do you have? That's awesome. <laughs> I haven't bought any yet. You I have just, to lick your stamps? No, they yeah. peel off, actually. I only have to lick them if I buy them from over the counter and I buy, like, one at a time and they put them off the sheet. If I buy a book, they peel and stick. I lick my I stamp. I remember the last time I bought a stamp. <laughs> but you don't lick your stamps, Jen? Mike, no? what world are you living in? Every stamp I ever bought to He's buy. He's surrounded by cinder blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing a nuke going off over Mike's building, and he's like, what was that? that <laughs> well, at least the cockroach is Is Rochester on this planet? Do you, do you have peel and stick stamps in the United States? Or? Yes. It's like we don't yeah. have cows or peel and stick stamps. We have unlimited internet and crappy text <laughs> message plans. Yeah. to a mailing you a check for $4.75. I can't mail you a check because I have any stamps. <laughs> I'll PayPal you for a second. <laughs> don't worry about it. Ryan, what if I don't like you and I send you like five text oh, messages <laughs> to piss you off and make you pay like a huge bill? I have the unlimited plan. I'm grandfathered in. Go for it. <laughs> Every time I send Jen to a message saying I love your darkness, I'll PayPal or a quarter. <laughs> don't worry about it, man. Well, now you tell me you didn't have the plan. I've never sent a text message. Well, I shouldn't. No, I do send text messages. I, only, I send like one a month on average, maybe. I tried to use my phone the other day in the cinema because I was finally sitting in Star Trek. And I wanted to text Puffa and let them know. And I cannot make the internet work on my phone. It's like, in order to write Potterfic Weekly, I'm like pressing all the buttons. And then I put in my username and I put in my password. And it's like, you've got the wrong password. And you know how annoying it is to try and put Zs on? It's like four times I have to press the nine button. So I gave up. I was trying to use my cell phone at work the other day to, to log on to Pofoy at lunch. And I have like the little phone with like the really tiny screen because I'm not getting any yeah. phone next month. So it took me five times to log in with my password. And then I decide I'm going to send Keza a PM. And like <laughs> it took me so long to find on the screen the area with the messages and then send her the message. And, and then by then I was exhausted and I haven't sent anything yet. So then, like, what did I even send you? I'm like, hi. Like, yeah, I was like, by the sentence. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, I didn't, and the worst thing was I'd just gone to bed, so I didn't get it till the next morning. I'm like, oh, does he need me to answer that now? <laughs> and I didn't know that you'd gone to such lengths to send me I the I send a message saying, like, thinking of you, and she's like, oh, crap, I think Ryan's hitting on me. Like, it's oh. <laughs> Yeah. Because I can't respond it's over a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I am so special. Not that you're not, but why today? Mike just gave me his digits. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> well, we're talking about phone numbers, I thought I should share it with you and Keza. Yeah, but I can't actually call you Mike. 
<laughs> well, I can call. I, I can, can call, call Keza, Keza for free. I can call Keza. Oh, hell. Well, I can't call her for free, but I can call Keza from Skype. She did the um, Cleo interview with Rinna. It was like a three-hour yeah. podcast. <laughs> and I thought I was going to have to pay 25 cents a minute to call her on <laughs> Skype. I'm like, I cannot afford this. Because that's when I was on my dodgy internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you like Keza. I can call you for free. How can you call me for free? One of the perks of the job. I get unlimited long-distance phone. It's not long-distance. It's international, man. Same thing. I've called plenty of people in Sweden over the years. Who I are did. you calling in Sweden? Yes. <laughs> this, there's a large Song of Ice and Fire community in Sweden, so I, I've chatted with a lot of them. Was I the only one who thought you I... was going to say something? There's a large man who lives on that hill. <laughs> what? If you want to call cell phones in America, I have to do like some special thing because Wolfie and I tested it once because I got my new phone and so he like tried to call me and he's like, your phone does not like my phone. Let's try it. (laughs) Give Mike your number and let's see if we hear your phone ringing over the air. Well, there's a Um, code. Hang on a second. Hang on a second because I'd have to plug it in because it's not charged. (laughs) You'd also have to give me the code or I'd have to Google the code to call Australia. Hold on, I'll find the code. It's a um, it's I a love cell phone. story, and that's all I need to say tonight. I, I even had a story I was going to tell you guys that I was all excited. Like, not cool, but weird and creepy story. All right, the number for Australia. Oh, that's Austria. My apologies. There you go. I sent my cell phone number. It's my mobile phone. I'm Australian. I don't have a cell phone. I have a mobile. I think it was World of Warcraft. There was some video game where I charged it to my phone because... I don't pay for it. I bought Tetris on my phone. I have Harry Potter on my phone. Movies? <gasps> really? I do. See, I'm I'm completely stupid, and I don't know like how to download ringtones or anything. So country codes, Australia. No, I have the Harry Potter game. International uh-huh. city codes for calling Australia. So we have to know which region of Australia we're calling, right? Oh, uh, you'd have to call my landline for that. I don't know. Have how you seen you the digit up? It's the weirdest digit combination I ever saw. But that's my mobile number. I mean, it's it's the four Australia three. Country code is sixty one. So how does this work? I, I dial that's 61. my landline. That's my landline there. Wouldn't you use it if you called your cell phone as well? I don't know. No one ever calls my mobile. So wait, I want to <laughs> dial. What, what do I want to dial? I want to dial something. The top on one is my mobile number. I don't know if you can dial that Hold from on, there. Let's the bottom. Google us. How to make an international phone? <laughs> 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 <I'll> make it. <laughs> I love Google. Step by step instructions. Mike, are you listening? I'm listening. Well, yeah, you should Skype this to me because I'm not going to memorize it. In order to make an international phone call, there are several bits of information you need to begin. You must know the international call prefix. This code allows you to dial outside of the country you're calling from and is unique for each country. Step six one, one. Dial international call prefix. Six one. Six one. No, it no. says the international call prefix is zero zero one one. Zero zero one one. All right. Then oh, the yeah. Right. In the country. Zero zero one one six one. Then the city six. code and the local number. So, so zero zero one one six one. And then the number Kezi gave me. I didn't see. The yeah. Gave I'm not reading it out loud because I'm being polite. <laughs> That's the weirdest digit. I've never seen anything crazy before. Which one do you want me to call, Kezi? Um, I don't know which one's gonna work. You can try either of them. Hold your breath, everyone. <laughs> See if my phone rings. No, I can't actually get up and get a landline from here. It's in the other room. Can we hear it Hang from on where we are? Should be able, yeah. All right, we I can put a man it. on the moon. We've sent <laughs> robots to Mars. We're going to see if Mike of Rochester... Can ring Australia. Fearing cockroaches, not getting number 10, can call Australia. <laughs> 
Which one are you calling? Your cell phone. It's not ringing. Oh, maybe it's on silent. Hang on. Oh, for the love of God. Making an international phone call here. <laughs> it didn't let me go through. No, it's it not doing go- anything. It was ringing, but nothing happened. And then I got like the like the, the Verizon like bad noise. It did not respond to your call. Oh, that's lame. You'll probably be able to ring the landline. That will work. Like I said, you can't call my mobile. Because American mobiles don't talk to Australian mobiles. You have to have special ones. No, that, that is actually true. And I don't have a special one. So you just did that to Mike because you wanted to trick him? Yeah, well, I, I was trying to figure I out... I keep what telling you you can't. That's why I gave him my landline. No, I'm talking to Ryan. <laughs> Ryan tricked me? Again? No, that was the right thing. Hey, we can call the Congo. <laughs> Do we know anyone oh in the Congo? Speaking, the speaking of which, Neville took Anna oh, wait, to the Congo. No, they didn't. They went to the room of requirement, which they're treating like a holodeck, which I think is the stupidest thing ever in fan fiction. <laughs> because in this fic, you have Snape boasting to the Great Hall that Lord Voldemort personally picked out your curriculum. And I'm like, because <laughs> ah, we thought he was dead. Because then if Lord Voldemort's running things, then why do we have this thick-head guy running the ministry or whatever the hell <laughs> So, <laughs> anyone out there who actually um, has the ability Definitely pick up the DVD of The Lost Room. It's just, it's a really cool concept for a show, and I, and I wish it got picked up for a series because it's right up my alley. And please go rent the DVD. I swear to God, I have no royalties from it, but I think you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm mailing you the DVD with a check for four twenty five as soon as I buy stamps. <laughs> Can I just say, as a guy who has gone to a prom before, I have never tried to get dressed with 14 other guys in the room. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is what I said. Neville pulls rank at the mirror on Valentine's Day. Does this not seem like the hokiest thing ever, or is it just me, or is this just how boys really act? What do you mean? For one thing, Colin almost rips his throat out trying to shave. I mean, like, <laughs> like if fan fiction wasn't a dude, I would be wondering if this was what a girl thought guys did. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And then I have to do my second thought, my second okay. note. I have O N F G. Colin is Don Juan. <laughs> I know I had that hey, too. This is very scary because you know what my note says? My first notes for chapter 14. Gentu and I have like a mind meld going on because I've got Neville's rank and creepy as a player. That's <laughs> my note. And it's like we've brought out the same thing. I have I the have, same thing too. I, I hate I, I hate to do this to you all. Now, what I have contained within my notes here is I'm like, okay, Colin Creevy is a ladies' man. <laughs> with with the muggles when he goes home. With his parents, you know, the milk people. <laughs> Colin's got that camera he brings everywhere. Uh oh. Do you think he has, like, the camera set up on the bookcase and the ladies come in and they start kissing and the little red lights on and all of a sudden turn around? Like, I'm starting to think of Colin in, like, the kind of skeevy internet predator kind of way. I, I respect the makers of, of the Order of the Phoenix video game for wanting to make it very canon asking very true to the chronology of the canon. After you fight Voldemort and save the world, I'm spending the next three days in the castle looking for Luna's shoes. I've never been able to beat Voldemort. I just sit there forever trying to beat the guy and I'm like, could he just kill me and get it over with and put me out of my torture? A really good joke is in this chapter. It made me laugh. I mean, it made me, like, laugh out loud. They're in the bathroom, and little Jeff Hooper's in there, and he's trying to be, you know, like, all manly man, and he says, I'm not a kid. As the youngest one in fourth year, oh. Jeff Hooper looks... <laughs> I didn't get that joke. Oh, my <laughs> God. 
Just let me finish. Planting both hands on his hip as he faced Neville sternly. I'm in the DA, aren't I? Using one of those seriously yet, Neville gestured toward the boy with his razor. Not exactly. Do you honestly know how Andy was going to finish that sentence? Jeff looked down, his hands falling to his sides. No, he admitted. Neville nodded as he finished touching up the last bit on his chin and rinsed his face in the basin. Then you're a kid. <laughs> Not to be a kid here, but I didn't quite get how the line was supposed to finish All either. Right. I have to say this for last week's episode. <laughs> Mike was asked last week what his thoughts were on <laughs> Dumbledore's cadets. And his exact response was, they remind me of Hitler youths. So you know what? <laughs> okay, okay, Mike. Yes. <laughs> I get the hand part. I don't get the Demel- Demelza part. There is no Demelza part. It, it goes, we've got a proper Gildery Law card here. Just call me if you need no, help. No, 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 no. That's not the joke. The joke the, is what I just said. Right, he's but the sha- joke is that he can't finish the line, right? No. He's shaving. And Neville gestures to him and he says, are you using one of those seriously yet? He gestures toward him. And Jeff says, not exactly. And then he says, and he says, no, we'll never know. Gen 2? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew has said, you've got the one really good hand, and Demos is, and Neville cuts him off. And so Jeff's saying, I'm not a kid, because Neville's like, don't talk about it, because there's kids in here. And he says to Jeff, who's saying, I'm not a kid, he's like, well, do you know how he was going to finish the sentence? And Jeff's like, no. And he's like, then you're a kid, because you have to be a grown-up to know how he was going to finish. Yes, and my question is, I don't know how he's going to finish the sentence. Yeah, then you're a kid. Oh my god, my cord was pulled. Out. <laughs> you were <laughs> I finished it. I, I finished it, but Mike. No, it's innuendo. Do you? Do you? Gentu, I'll take care of this. Now, Mike, do you remember when Draco wanted to grab Harry and fondle him during Naked Quidditch match? Correct. Yes. Are uh, you using that seriously? Do you remember any- what he actually wanted to fondle? Right. I, I get that part. I don't get what Demelza has to do with it. Right. I mean, if he thought I mean, that he was, was actually girl, talking about the razor, then he was still a kid. Wait, no, this is the line we've got a proper Gildery Lockhart here. Just call no, me. Oh, that's you know. not the that's not the joke. Ah, it's the I just razor. got one really good hand, and Demelza's. How is the line? The, what do you it's, do when you've got hands and a young lady under the mic? Okay. Hey, there it is. Oh, wait, right, what, I, so, I, I get Gen the joke, two. but I don't get how the line finishes. All right, Keza, you work oh. with Mike. I'm working with Gen 2. Gen 2. <laughs> now, my question for you is, we got through Paradigm of Uncertainty, the significant glancing, 14 different stages of turnaround, Justin and George, and the memory charming when they go off into the village to go on <laughs> dates. But I completely skeeved you with Colin Creevy and his magic camera. <laughs> And by Maybe, the way so that I'm the not- sentence is going to finish isn't really important, just so you know. It's just that Jeff doesn't know how it's going to finish because he's still a kid. And he doesn't and because know he's a kid, because he's hands. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't, his mind is not automatically going straight to the gutter. He's actually thinking it might end innocently. 14, it doesn't seem very realistic. It's a fourth to me. year. Just you didn't get it either. You're 23, 24. She's got you there, big guy. But I want to just read this one moment. And I'm not doing the voice. Don't even ask. Six counties. His voice was a low monotone as he recited the litany, the words still slightly slurred and the accent thicker than Neville was accustomed to. Eight fights. Two just plain muggle-style brawls without spawn the magic. Kicked out of eleven pubs. 
Don't know how many pubs went to. Don't know how many drinks. <laughs> don't know how many witches. My back's killing me, and I don't know who Shannon is. Except her name is tattooed on me right hip. <laughs> he looked up into Neville's shock. He was grinning broadly. Don't remember much at all, really. But though, fearless leader, did I have a lovely time of it. Because right before that, you have the scene with Susan where they escape, capture at the ministry. They literally fly out on Victor Crumb's brew. What did I say? Susan? Hannah. Okay. Susan. Just, okay, can I tell you? As a result of Susan Gate, and as a result of Melinda <laughs> Leo, the communist hater, I keep getting Hannah and Susan confused. Because the only exposure I have had to <laughs> Hannah was episode 58, The Breasts of Hannah Abbott. That was all... <laughs> Like, usually when you read fix, Seamus and Dean are like the extras to fill out the room. Let's look at the room. You have Harry, who's a stubborn ass half the time. Then you have Ron. He's the one that taught Harry how to be a stubborn ass. Then you've got Neville, who's tripping over himself. And then there's Dean and Seamus. Dean is not here to defend himself right now, but Seamus is. Because Seamus shows in these chapters his method of dealing with really thick people. He looks to <laughs> Neville, and he says what we've all been thinking this entire fic. Neville, he suggests by tilting his head, can you grow leaves? <laughs> what? <laughs> and when Neville said what, I too said what. I said, can you grow leaves? Or thorns, or flowers for that matter. No. <laughs> then how do you do it? You're so good with plants, but you can't do the growing for them. So what do you do? Now, at this point, I think Neville thinks they're actually talking about plants. Because <laughs> yeah. so, he answers the question. He doesn't go, hey, you're not going to get me with that one, you Irishman. He actually answers the question. <laughs> and he goes, you make sure they're in the right light. Either them, weed them, prune them. And if you don't, Seamus pressed, pressed. Pressing. They die or they run wild if they're strong enough, but usually they just die. Now, Neville is a bit of a downer, but this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> but then, this is the point where Seamus lets us all know he's not talking about plants. Hannah's not half bad with plants either. Maybe you should let yourself be watered. You don't <laughs> think she can grow the leaves for you. And you know, my mind went to a really bad place. Yeah, but Colin's camera is <laughs> off limits. <laughs> and then he closes after saying that he needs to be watered. He closes with, because, mate, you're dying. <laughs> Neville is dehydrated and needs Hannah to water him right away. And he's a Hufflepuff in this chapter, I thought. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Neville? I, I thought he... So the way he handles that whole thing seemed very Hufflepuffish to me. I'm not saying that in a derogatory manner. The whole thing seemed to me very much sort of um, in a Hufflepuff vein, the way he takes their criticism. What, just, what is a Hufflepuff vein? You, you put the group ahead of yourself. And so he accepts the decision where a more self-centered Gryffindor or, say, a Slytherin wouldn't because for them they want to be the leader. He doesn't what, accept the decision. Decision. He just doesn't have a choice. Would a Gryffindor response to that be, <laughs> So you have all these things happening at once, so Neville is stressed. So Neville decides to take pills. Yes. Now, the way it read from the scene was, like, he's not taking the hardcore stuff. He's taking, like, Percy's back pills. This is a Neville that you can tell has not gotten out much and cannot hold his own. He takes the pills. And then five minutes later, Colin, who is clinging to life, he looks like Tiny Tim at this point. Like, he's got the crutch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to do a number. 
<laughs> like to cheer everybody up. Neville walks in, kicks his crutch out from under him, stomps on his good hand, and says, Colin, you suck. Oh. <laughs> at this point, Arthur is frisking him and trying to shove him through the metal detector. <laughs> so he does that. And they literally, like, stab him, and they do a cavity search, and they zap him, and they hit him with the family car to make sure he's racist. And then he has a heart-to-heart with Arthur, and then Arthur gives him back the back pills and says, I trust you with these back pills. See, to me, that's your clue that Snape's on the side, because none of them, apart from a couple, they're not dead. I was happy if we saw something where, like, the Carrows go to kill them, and Snape goes... No, there's things much worse than death. Let's tort you know, like no, if but I that's suspect- almost oh, that's too- a bit melodramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that's plagiarism. Ernie McMillan takes over from that little little Ravenclaw kid. Snape lets it happen. Um, is it Ernie, not Ernie? Terry. Snape lets Terry release the Ravenclaw and get him no, off. No, it was Michael. He lets Michael, Michael? release I him. I am so confused. So many buff young men. Neville is relieved of command, and it's Malfoy that comes and tells him about it. And I was sitting there thinking, what is Malfoy's motivation here? Does he just hate Ginny and the Weasleys that much? No. Or is, is think, it because Ginny was a I haven't finished. Or Sorry. is it because... <laughs> <laughs> so Neville has all of the power that Draco justly deserves. So he gets an opportunity to rub it in Neville's face that all of his friends, all the people who are supposedly good and so great and brave and strong, they're going to fire you. How I read it, I think that he's trying to help Neville because he's trying to get in with that side a little bit. I think we see signs. Oh, that what a load of rubbish. Hold on, hold on. Can you just finish? Hold on, no, hold on, hold on. I just need to do something. I just need to do something. Hold on. Sufficiently head dust, please continue with your point. Okay. What you're saying is that Draco Malfoy has no social graces whatsoever, and he's trying to get in with Neville because he's trying to be nice. For selfish reasons, I think he means well. I don't think there's any, like, duplicity or meanness in him telling Neville. I think he's just... He's mean to Neville! That's just how Draco talks. Mike... I was really happy with how the author handled Draco, because that's how I read it. You really did, didn't you? Because he doesn't get anything from telling Neville that. Like, what is in it for Draco? Absolutely nothing. So I didn't understand... Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. (laughs) The news hit him like a physical blow, and he actually staggered a step back. They can't, said Neville. Oh, they certainly can. It was unanimous, actually. Malfoy was reveling in every syllable. So this is Draco delivering the unhappy news, reveling in every syllable because he's socially awkward and wants Neville to be happy. He's <laughs> your little friend, Abbott. <laughs> Apparently they've finally seen that you're a head case, that he means it with love. Though I could have told them that years ago. You're being dumped tomorrow at the next one of your little meetings, and that ginger-headed blood trader means it with love, <laughs> thinks she's taking over, just because she was snogging the great one, I suppose. Neville swore, pushing past Malfoy to the door. The sarcastic drawl followed him. Don't I get a thank you? 
So in your mind, this is Draco being helpful. I, I think Draco's doing it for selfish reasons, that he wants to sort of, you know, like if he's ever put on trial, well, you know, I tried to pass information on to Dumbledore's army. So it's you're saying that- he already knows that they're going to lose? No, I think he's uh, covering his bases, which I guess for the non-baseball Australians means he's, uh, he's, he's like, you know, I he know wants... I what covering your bases is, I'm not that stupid! <laughs> Why would Draco Malfoy give Neville Longbottom an opportunity to retain power that rightly belongs to Draco Malfoy? Mike, I love you dearly. There's some days I don't understand how your brain works. See, this is why I'm still confused about Malfoy's motivation. I I think I'm going to go with theory. This is why the author is so brilliant. I think it is. I need a break. I think he's brilliant for other reasons. I need a I'll be back in a moment when I've composed myself. My brain hurts. Neville is Richard Nixon. He has hours left before he is removed from office. If Draco wants power, and Draco wants to suck up to those with power, wouldn't Draco want to suck up to Ginny, considering that she will be in charge of Dumbledore's army in a few hours? Why would he suck up to the person who is about to be dethroned? Two reasons. First of all, I compare Neville more to Bill Clinton before his impeachment. Oh my god. So Neville is sleeping with a cadet. So who wore the blue dress? I don't want to go there. I I, I have a feeling Colin's camera is going to come into this. Draco is a jackass. And he has pattern baldness. And he probably has a small penis, too. Things wrong with pattern baldness. Did you notice how in chapter 14 it made me crack myself up when they were getting it on with Latin plant names for each other? Is that like a (laughs) turn-on for you? Devil had had a flirt by talking cabology. Anyone watch The West Wing? There's an episode where their president is, after his election, is, is having a quiet evening with his wife, and he's going over all of the states he won. I don't want to intimidate you, but it turns out I'm the first Democrat in 20 years to make a clean sweep of the plain states. And I'm not just talking about Iowa and Nebraska. Are you trying to turn me on now? Yeah. All right. I won the Dakotas, the Badlands, the Black Hills. But let's go down, way down to the deep south and the humid bayou of Louisiana and its nine electoral votes. And she walks out wearing just his shirt. What manner of man it must take to win the state. Which, by the way, is the only one operating under the Napoleonic Code of France. And I still don't know what that's all about, but back to me. And she's like, Hun, this is like nerd hot talk. Who's your commander-in-chief? You are. Yes, and do the ladies like him? Oh, yes. To the tune of 58%. <laughs> Ron was supposedly at home with the Spadagroit. And I what? suspect that a lot of them believed that. Like, the fact that the Death Eaters, at their morning staff meeting over the Dunkin' Donuts coffee and scones and full continental breakfast, the fact that no one said, why don't we just blow up the borough? It's just a pain in the ass. Bill Weasley has warded it to within an inch of its life. Don't you know that by now? Exactly. He's the best curse breaker in the land. Let me just finish my thought, please. Let me just finish. I, How I, many I, thoughts do you have? They go into the pub, and they're afraid that Anna will get drunk, and they find the drunk guy, <laughs> and unfortunately the car is right there, so they get shot, and they're sentenced to death, and Neville is made of awesome, and he's basically like, kill me, it will not hurt. 
And, and, and Thickhead is like, we need to kill you now. And he's like, fine, would you like me to drive? And, and Percy's driving this all down. And, I love this and, next bit. I love the next bit. Yeah, I have a question for you, Ryan. Well, hold on. I, I have to get my thought out because I'm talking too much. So then Percy's there and he's writing it all down. And Umbridge is there and I want to kill her. Because Umbridge is, is basically, she is making excuses for alcoholism. <laughs> They're going to be shot at dawn or hung at noon, or they're gonna, they're basically gonna kill them all. And Neville's like taunting them. You wanna make sure you know none of my kind are around when you kill me, cause it'll be hard to control my last words. And then he's like, well, what my last words will be? He's like, I think I'll give them a significant glance. So then Neville is walking down with the head and the other guy, and they meet Hannah, and Hannah is like, Neville, please don't make jokes. And Neville's like, it won't hurt, I promise. And she's like, how the hell do you not want to hurt? He's going, it's gonna be okay, it doesn't hurt. And and she's like, okay, they're going to cut off my heads. We need those. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, Percy is Victor Crumb. Huh? And he flies them out on his broom. Yeah. So so that whole thing happens. And I don't know why I was telling that story. You totally cut me off. You cut me off. While we're on that topic, though, I did have... Uh, on what Ryan just said, though, I did have a couple of comments in my notes that I wanted to touch on. Two things. I was first. Go, Gen 2. I can't. I'm crying. Was it my retelling of the wonderful scene that got you for Clint? No. When they go transfiguring each other all the time, they go for intel and, and they switch each other's books and they polyjuice. Why is it that they always have to be the sister? Why can't they just be like some Death Eater camp following slut? Because wouldn't that be more? <laughs> This is my mom. <laughs> I take her everywhere. I love that the knowledge was that readily available, that they could go up to the, like, the drunk guy in the sewer and be like, where are the reasons? Well, no, we couldn't find them. <laughs> like, it's that easy. <laughs> He's like, oops, oops, they got away. We trashed their house. I'd just be like, oops, sis, gotta go. I'm having gastrointestinal distress. The minute they're captured, there's this tense scene where they're all aiming their wands at each other, and all of a sudden Neville just lets one rip. <laughs> Gran gets the memo that Neville's going to be killed. So when Neville, of course, flies to see Gran, Gran beats the shit out of him. I know. Oh, Gran is awesome. She chucks him out. And Auntie's sitting there going, It's all right. You have a home with us, Neville. How could you do this? And she's like, You're stupid. That's a tactical error, you idiot. So Hannah collapses in on herself as a result of that. She can't believe that Neville just won't leave her alone. She begins referring to everything of her mummies, and she reverts back to being a child. And then she gets smeared in placenta goo, and everything is fine. Because there's nothing more romantic than baby cheese. You people are just not understanding this moment. You're terrible it's people. It's a beautiful the moment of, of how baby life fixes everything. Didn't you know that? There's nothing as heartwarming as the spit of Jenny Weasley. <laughs> Drive oh, into the floor <laughs> of a prison cell for months. We had the scene earlier when we were in the cells. Luna's got her spoon, which she's using to, you know, as a wand. She can break out at any time because she has a spoon. And she's painting with mustard. And Ginny's in her cell, and she just spits. I thought to myself at the time, that spit is going to be very important. And I also love when Lavender, she's like, Ugh, I hate spicy things. Ginny is spicy. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, speaking of Ginny's underwear, when they're looking for the stuff to polyduce her and they turn around to Michael, they go, Ginny's all over the castle. Didn't you keep a pair of her knickers when you were dating? Come on. We're going to find something of Ginny Weasley somewhere. (laughs) Who thinks that Michael and Terry make the best gay couple ever? I do. I do. I do. I do. Justin. No, they're not gay. But aren't they like like all clinging to each other, like weeping with each other? They're tight. Okay. I'm an honest enough person to say that if I was in that situation, I'd be Zachary Smith. I'd, I'd walk out. Like Kara Slytherin. The Slytherins left Hogwarts at the end of Deathly Hallows rather than stay and fight. Right, but I'm, I'm talking like I'm not really a Slytherin. Just, you know, in real life. Oh, yes, thinking- you are. He takes Susan's place as the person who needs to be banned from Hufflepuff. Yes, I will sign off on that. Okay. I still don't know why the hell Melinda Leo thinks she's able That's, to do that. You Hufflepuffs are so mean. So you're saying and that you've got to take part in a suicide mission? He's not loyal. You're loyal to that? You got you Hufflepuffs are so mean sometimes. Hey, hey, excuse me. I'm a Ravenclaw, not a Hufflepuff. I'm the one who chucked Zachariah Smith out because... I can. I don't know how, but Melinda will back me up. I have absolutely no problem with how the author wrote it, but they stayed. <laughs> okay. Are you saying okay? Did you say again? Ryan. Jen- that Mike losing you? <laughs> you know what the best thing is about that line where they're looking for Ginny's spit, right? Going back to Ginny's spit. We've chucked Zacharias out. That's you know when um they're mocking Michael about having a pair of Ginny's knickers saved, and this earned him an unspeakably filthy glare. He can't remember where they are. <laughs> I just had to say that because I'm just like every filthy glances, glares, significant looks. <laughs> they're all just like memory charm. The special guest lecturer that Snape hires. Yeah. I pictured this alien from Star Trek Voyager season five, Bliss. He's the guy in the little ship who's like. Captain Ahab. What's wrong? Can't figure out why I'm still not running, huh? No, oh, no. Guy, he was guy. totally the guy from the Princess Bride. He's the marriage guy? Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. No, See, the pit, Sydney. Pit, the pit of despair. See, I know. Yeah. The pit of despair. I just want to point out the fact that Elliot Milton stabs Snape. Yes. Because back in episode one, I was saying there's three Death Eaters of the entire school. Why not during dinner, just for something new to do, on the count of three, everybody shoot him. <laughs> and it takes the first year to do it. Finally, the guy just stabs him and Snape is like, he got past all my defenses. Never start <laughs> With the butter knife. Oh, oh, oh. Nev goes nuts and starts talking to soccer balls. You skipped the part where Terry Avada Kedavra's Michael to put him out of his misery. I wanted the good joke. Do I keep going? No. Did I kill your joke? Kind of. He, like, cuts a hole open in your belly. It's like the size of an eraser on a pencil, but he, like, yanks out your entire intestine. Yeah. Yeah. creepy! Know who he is. He's shacked up with Grandma from Coven of Echoes. Remember her? (laughs) Yes! Yes! And they do it all the time. Stop it! Next you're going to be telling me they have evil love children. (laughs) Grandma wears a dominatrix mask. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! You're making me very disturbed. (laughs) You love me. Yeah, sometimes. You know what? When Terry, like, AK'd Michael, I was just like... (gasps) Every time you keep saying that, I keep jumping like, oh my god, who AK'd me?
And Michael goes to DA meeting and everybody, there was much, much happiness because he was only mostly dead. (laughs) (laughs) Your parents knew a great many people who are useful at times like these. I'm like, could she give him the list? I think he needs the help. (laughs) Well, then here's the thing, too. Aren't all of his parents' friends dead? Or in the order. James and Lily Potter are dead. (laughs) Everyone in the order is dead. It's the Weasleys, who everyone's looking for. The drunk guy knows where they are. How many people are in the order, though? They're Moody's dead, and, and Sirius is dead. Otherwise... Well, there's only 300 Death Eaters, and that's like the huge, huge, huge expanded Death Eaters. I mean, NYPD could take these guys. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's still like a couple of dozen <laughs> order members like floating. Maybe they're not like organized, but they're probably still floating out around there. They're floating in orbit, maybe. They're dead. I thought it would be more interesting if you said she had friends. I- like at the senior center, they're hiding Grand. <laughs> come for and they trick them into like you know a rousing game of cribbage so the people were alice and frank's order that most of them are dead so what oh. friends do they have left to protect gran see mungo's people coma people are gonna hide <laughs> gran gildor <laughs> lockhart last line of defense <laughs> neville the wall of ravenclaw's pardon and neville wells and he takes his hand you know it's like they're taking his last will and testament i don't know and he says i think snake Maybe reconsidering your friendship. <laughs> I'm like, he exerted himself to say that. Hmm. <laughs> Big Neville already knows. Snape is not your friend. He meets uh, Dumbledore's sister, whose name starts with an A. Abilene? Nope. Ariana? Ariana. Abilene. <laughs> so the guys are hiding in the broom closet, and they're leaving the women... Some of whom are pregnant. To themselves. <laughs> With only Zachariah Smith to provide testosterone. <laughs> you can picture Neville as a four-year-old asking Gran for a little sister. No one else really thought about Neville as Tom Hanks from the movie with talking to the soccer ball. He seemed so desperate for food. It's been like 24 hours and I'm starving. <laughs> I didn't have dinner, so you're all making me hungry. Right, <laughs> Why didn't well, you have dinner? Well, because I, I worked from international to eight, calls and then we podcast at 8.30, so what am I supposed to have dinner? I had to walk yes. from the work to here. So, no well, time. get something on the way. Take a sandwich with you and eat it on the way home. You really need to plan your life better, Mike. Yeah, what can I say? I need a wife. (laughs) To kill your cockroaches or to make your sandwiches. And I like how it's, what's the word? Um, The characters make them bigger. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. It's very late as we record this. It's not late. I've got no excuse. Mike, tell us what you thought of the story and then you can go eat. Okay. Well, too late now. Uh, Are you eating? No, I I meant too late to eat it. It's like 12.10. You're going to starve yourself? Mike keeps no food in his apartment. I have the tracks of the cockroaches. I have a thing of water and a thing of ginger ale at the moment, and that's about it. Do cockroaches drink? Uh, can you can you imagine a man with an apartment with no food? It no goes chips. against the natural order of things. No chips. Mike is a freak of nature. <laughs> I just no have problem. a healthy fear of cockroaches is all I have. No, it's you have a pathetic, sniveling little bad fear of cockroaches. <laughs> Grow a pair. You're a little girl. <laughs> hey, I'm sure I've done plenty of things you'd be scared to do. No what? chocolate. What? No Pop-Tarts. Have you had a baby without pain relief? Uh, I would like to congratulate Gen 2 for making it through her first consecutive fic in three weeks without leaving to have sex in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> you totally made me sound like a whore. Jane's a stately um, and refined lady. <laughs> I thought up. he was going to say stately and refined whore. 
Thank you for calling Potterwick Weekly. Headmaster Ryan is currently unavailable as he is making wedding plans. Deputy Headmistress Kesebear is currently visiting 2087. Assistant Deputy Headmistress Scarlet was last seen entering the Quibbler offices one and a half weeks ago. Please leave your concern after the tone, or if you would prefer to stay on the line, Mistress of Magic Plus Slytherin will be available to take your call in three hours. Thank you. I got a message from Jen last night, which I turned my phone on this afternoon and saw. It says, am in tornado, taking cover in textiles. (laughs) Because with Molly Weasley, she can be 95 years old, and she will still be, you know, 70-year-old. Oh, hang on one second. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we are going live to Jen 1 at the moment for an update. Hello. Hi, Jen. Jen. How are you? Hi, Jen. Hi, everyone. Last evening at 8.01 p.m., I received the following message from Classic Gen. Message begins, am in tornado, taking cover in textiles. I received the message about an hour ago, which is about 24 hours after Jen sent it. So at this point, I'm picturing, oh, God, I was the only person she could get the help me, help me, help me message out to, and I waited 24 hours. Jen has died. So I'm very glad to hear from you. I was waiting to hear from you, and I was like, wow, he must not have a phone on, because I know he cares if I die. <laughs> of course I do, Jen. You're in my wedding party. I know. So I was like, well, I would learn from him. No, this whole week has been so weird. We were supposed to go to San Antonio, uh-huh. and my grandma got sick, and so we could. she didn't travel too well. Whenever she goes somewhere, she has to wait a day or two and feel better, and then we move on. And so by the time they came down to Texas, they didn't feel like driving that other, you know, the extra yeah. four hours to San Antonio. So we ended up staying just here in Fort Worth for vacation. And for our family, vacation includes going to Ikea because we don't do that normally. And I love Ikea, by the way. But anyway, there's this big storm. Like nothing happened. There was no clouds in the sky. And then all of a sudden, one of my family members has an iPhone, which I think is really cool. Can I just say the fact that Jen is referring to it like it's alien technology found 80 miles underground? It's called an iPhone. (laughs) This iPhone. And he discovers, because we're in the middle of Ikea, that there's a storm going on. Because we saw, you know, they have those big glass window ceiling things. And so you could look up at the sky and we saw that it was raining and like it was leaking through whatever. And so he looks it up, and suddenly all the tornado sirens go off. And this is right after my parent, my dad, and my sister stayed in Azel. And he called about 20 minutes earlier and said, we've taken cover. There's a tornado here. The sirens are going off. We're just letting you know. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, she left their dogs outside. So my dad and my sister run down to our house and get the dogs in, and it was big and dramatic. And so then, so we're stuck in Ikea, and, and they say, oh, the tornado sirens, and Apparently in Ikea, they call it a code 1000 yellow or something, yellow 1000, and so they start putting it on the speakerphone, code yellow 1000. Now, did they tell you Everyone what that meant? Oh. Or, did they te- or is that the code for them so they would know? Yeah, they never once told anyone. Well, they did by the time we all got to TikTok. So anyway, that's all we hear, and we're looking at this iPhone, and like you can see all the little tornadoes catching down everywhere. So they, they come in and they say, oh, everybody, we have to go to textiles. And so they start ushering everyone because we were at the end of the store. We were at the checkout place and 
we had already put my grandma's wheelchair in the car because we'd come up, you know, where you can come and load, like you come and bring the car to load. So you're fireman lifting it's, grandma and you're running to textiles to take cover from the young I know. Well, we had already put her wheelchair <laughs> in the car. So, like, they start ushering us to textiles and I go, we need a wheelchair because in my envision, I'm looking up and I'm going, oh my gosh, if a tornado hit this building, we're going to all die because the ceiling's so heavy, it's just going to fall on us. And then my mom's like helpful. She goes, if it's an F5, it'll just pull the building out of its concrete slab. There won't be anything left. So I'm like, mom, shut up. That's so helpful. Here I am freaking out. Just, I have to share with you, um, Jen's mom was on the podcast once for about three minutes. Jen has told me frequently, Jen will have like a really bad pimple. And she'll be like, Ma, look at this really bad pimple. What do you think I should do? And her mother will look at it. No, Jen. Could be cancer. Ma, it's a pimple. <laughs> and she'll be like, and I hurt my leg. I bumped my leg. Oh, you know, could be cancer. Yeah, my mom Excuse is an ever-practical oh. one. Yeah. And so, Thank you, Captain anyway, Obvious. So we get to take towels, and they make this big announcement and whatever. And the guy gets his megaphone. We're in the rug section, which I don't even know what take towels means, because I don't know what that word is. But we're in the rug, and this takes time being rugged. Anyway, I was sitting on a, a rug, and they were all rolled up. <laughs> and I'm holding my baby, and my mom is like, the, put him in the car seat. If the ceiling falls, that'll be the safest place for him. Hold on, I'm what? freaking out. Yeah. If the ceiling falls on your kid, he'll be protected in his car seat? <laughs> he'll be more protected in his car seat than if I was just, like, laying on top of him smothering or something. I don't know. Well, Jen, just to ask the question oh. I know that we that we forgot to ask you and that everyone's wondering, did you buy anything? At Ikea? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I did buy stuff at the mall. We went to the Cheesecake Factory, which uh-huh. I just love. And, oh, my gosh, the macadamia caramel, white chocolate, whatever. Oh, it's to die for. Anyway, at the mall, that mall, I bought stuff. And I discovered Pottery Barn Kids, which uh-huh. I've never seen before. And, oh, my gosh, I'm in love with Dr. Seuss bathroom set. Oh, so cool. Um, and I bought that. But, no, I didn't buy anything at Ikea. But I did see, like, a desk and stuff I wanted for Lee eventually. But he's uh-huh. not there yet. Well, no, he's very small. Now, um, <laughs> did you did you find any rugs that you liked in the rug department? or did you no. just- <laughs> I sat, okay, the rugs are held up by eggshell crate things, uh-huh. and when we sat down on them, the eggshell crate broke, and all the rolls rolled off, and the power <laughs> went out, and like, so we, so we, <laughs> we're sitting on this thing, and I've got my baby in the car seat, and we're all just going, oh, the ceiling's going to fall on us, and then the bottom, what we're sitting on, rolls out from under us, and we all fall on our butts, and, and it's a big chaos, and everybody screamed, and... So, so you're saying that the Ikea carpeting just brought back too many bad memories and you just couldn't go there? No, that's right. Okay. So, well, it was nice of them to let you take cover under their substandard carpet. So I, Ikea is just nice. They're just nice people there running those. I know. And they were also nice. You know, nobody ever helps you anywhere. But until you're in a tornado and you're screaming, my grandma needs a wheelchair now. And then everybody's like, get down, get down. And it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Anyway, I am so nervous to have you at my wedding. I'm gonna just say the truth. (laughs) I am so afraid that whatever whatever curse was put on you at a young age is gonna follow you in New Hampshire. But Ryan, you get to be nervous about the actual ceremony. See, it'll work well. Jen will distract you from like you know like wedding wedding jitter nerves. No, I'm sure when she gets attacked by the grizzly bear on the lawn, (laughs) it's going to impact. Well, I've got to fit into this dress, so I have been like drinking water and taking diet pills and like walking a hundred miles to Nike every day. 
And but you know you get to pick the size of the dress, though, right? Well, I'm going I did. to the cheesecake factory. That doesn't make sense. Okay, well, I, yeah, that was the. I admit, I am take a whole and and that was not a shining moment. But that was just a small lapse. After I won't return there until after the wedding. So I'm trying to get down so that this dress won't be like you know I'll have to like push myself into it. It's not gonna work out. So I've just been walking, 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 walking. And today I walked and walked into a fire ant hole and my food is swollen. I had to put nicotine and ammonia and everything else on it today. It's awful. Can I point out, I have known her so long, when she says she put nicotine and ammonia on it, it doesn't even make me blink. I discovered a new thorn, though. Damn moon. What do they sell? Does anybody know what that is? It's like purses and luggage and hair stuff and jewelry. No. And it's teeth. And so I got a toenail, I got a toe ring, and it's one of those, like, plastic toenail, toe, I keep saying toenail ring, that's gross, toe ring, and I, like, squeezed it on my toe, and it was so pretty, I went around, and I started noticing that I couldn't, like, move my foot anymore, and I was like, what's going on? It cut off the circulation in my middle toe, and so I took it off, and I had a ring invention in my toe for, like, 36 hours. You almost lost your middle toe. I did, because it was this little green flower, and it was so cute. Oh, my gosh. And it was one of those things, like, beauty is pain, and I was just like, oh, I can still walk around, because what, you know, more worth it, a toe or your middle toe looking really awesome with the ring. And so, ah, not so much. So I took pictures, I'll put it on Facebook, of the cute flower, not of... Oh, no, of your green toe. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all can all appreciate it, because I got my toes toes done, and there's a little green flower on my big toe, and it matched the little jewelry toe, and it was so cute. Oh, my gosh. Everyone knows I'll get the cane out for you, so when you walk down the aisle at the wedding, you can, you know, have some support. That'll be good. Yay. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm so sorry to bug y'all's podcast. I called mine, and I totally forgot it was Thursday. Oh, no problem. I thought you were you know what the thing is, though? In the beginning, I would be very worried if anyone else had sent me that message. But because it's Jen, she's kind of like Captain Kirk. You just figure she's going to die. <laughs> I like that analogy. Except <laughs> the one time that he did. She could be like we Captain talk Xavier. About that. You mean when he was fat and died? Yeah. Well, yeah, but they brought him back. The new one is so That's much a, hotter. It's a new timeline. The old one is old. William Shatner, yes, he is, he is old. He got too old, man. Remember that one William Shatner? Man doesn't shut up in monologues 24-7. You know what people <laughs> sound familiar? Jen. No, not at all. I like the monologues. <laughs> I would love to see Jen cast as the Professor Xavier character. All right, Mike, write it down. Picard. But I'm not bald. Card. We can shave your head for the. Hold on, you want to shave her head into a Patrick Stewart impression? <laughs> It'll be very funny. This I want to see. I'm not British. I'm Texan. Although Picard's French. Jen, no, we he's have British. Haven't you heard him talk? He doesn't say we. His character is British. British. His character is actually French, and he has a British accent. Whatever. He is British. They are just stupid. And I got a free shoulder massage from a real masseuse today. I was, I was just like. Ugh. Afterwards, it was lovely. I decided I need one of those every hour of every day. I just need to hire a person on my face to walk around with me. When things happen, he just give me a shoulder rub for a minute, and I'll be good as gold. There you go. Y'all probably have things to do. I don't talk to me and stuff, and I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye, Jen. Bye, Jen. Bye. Okay. Bye, everybody. I'm so glad she's not dead.
Oh, when Joe said that 50 people died in the battle, I don't think she was taking into account the 80 Death Eaters who were killed by plants. <laughs> you know, you have to give Neville credit for that one. That was a great idea. He took out, like, an entire battalion. By the way, am I the only one who loved that, like, ten times in these chapters? Neville keeps going, but of course Harry would know about that because Luna would have told them. It's like, Luna told Harry absolutely nothing. Before we get to Andrew's thrilling interview, some scraps from the cutting room floor. First, Mike's surprising view on spiders. It's a giant spider on my ceiling. Oh, God. No, spiders are good luck. You're not supposed to. You know that? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have an insect above your head. And you're um, oh, technic- good luck. Technically, it's an arachnid. It's an arachnid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Spiders are supposed to bring you money if you let them live in your house. Hold on. So you will let you will let the spider move in to your house. And if that were a cockroach, you would move in with me. Yes. In my other apartment, I have like five or six spiders that just live there year round. Okay. Yeah. So if they're in a an arachnid, they can move in and bring their shit with them. Next, Mike on the dangers of drinking. I, I'm pretty sure I've Beer. told them on a podcast now about beers taking my shoe. Tell her the game. If you took your shoe, I have not heard this. Well, okay. Basically, uh, I think I had like most of a bottle of vodka or something. Like if you picture the university, it's like different little villages of apartments. So like we're in this apartment all together, and one of our friends was supposed to come in and show up. So we get the bright idea, and this is like February, that we're going to go walk to him and get him and bring him back. And we go outside, and then we get the, the bright idea again that we're going to uh, not take the road but we're going to take the shortcut through the forest. All right, so you're drunk in the woods. This does not vote, though. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's night, and there's about, like, two feet of snow on the ground. Cause- oh, the two feet of snow was helpful. Okay, so yeah. you're in the middle of a leftover blizzard. Yeah, this is about two feet in the snow. It's about, like, midnight, and we get the idea we're going to cut through this forest instead of taking the road. I'm one of those people I never tie my shoes regularly, my sneakers. I just slide my feet in and out of them. Partway through this walk, I lose my shoe in the snow. It comes off. So I'm like slogging through. And I come off with my shoe, which is white. And it's like really dark out. And I can't find my shoe then as I'm standing there in my sock. And for some reason, I get into the idea that deer stole my shoe. And so we're having like phone conversations with the people back in the apartment. And I'm going on about deer stealing my shoe. And meanwhile, I can't find my shoe. And then I lose my other shoe. And I'm just like walking around through the forest in the snow with no shoes on. I'm disappointed the deer did not actually steal your shoe. Oh, the, the deer didn't actually steal my shoe, but I was yeah. apparently what I I was kept raving about how a deer was stealing my shoes, and so everyone else thought a deer stole my shoes because that's what I was yelling about. Well, as long as they hey. thought so, I guess that's all right then. But uh, that's my only that's the only time I ever got drunk. Wow, well, I wish I were drunk right now. Then <laughs> I like the part about how you know you lost your other shoe somehow. Though I'm not going to ask anybody. Just by walking, because they didn't look small hopping, probably at that point. Yeah. It was pretty bad, actually. <laughs> I did ask. Next, Mike, on the importance of Swedes. Just say if I had to pick a chain store to take refuge in in a tornado, I would pick IKEA, I think. I trust the Swedes to keep me safe. You trust the Swedes to keep you safe. In these sorts of situations, not like in like a war or anything. Now, do you think they're importing Swedes to run the store in question, or do you think they're hiring local people to do it? I imagine it's local people, but the materials, and the, you know, everything in the store is either of Swedish manufacture or Swedish design. I, you know, I don't even know how to touch that one. Well, if Jen was taking refuge like under like an object, it would be a Swedish built object. They might use local materials, Mike, but they're not importing the roof. 
I know, I'm thinking of the building and that they've used locals to do the building. They're tearing down, sweetie, and they're just importing everything over the building. They're just sending it. Put it this way, what country would you trust your lives to in a natural disaster ahead of Sweden? Why would I start with Sweden? Who would you put ahead? Give me a single country on this planet you put ahead of Sweden. Why are we starting with Are they renowned for their tornado infrastructure? No, they're, they're just a very cooperative and friendly nation who works very well for humanitarian. Let me back up here. They're nice people, so they are best suited to protect you from a large, heavy falling off. I would trust them to do right by me. The American didn't have any particular, you know, like, he didn't, I, I didn't owe him money or anything like that. I don't know how much I'd trust a random, strange American I met on the street, but I, I would feel safer in Sweden in a natural disaster. You know, plenty of nice American people, but I, I would want to assume and trust my life on a complete stranger I met on the streets of, like, the Bronx. You'd rather have the Swedes. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Whom you have no chance of ever meeting at all. I've met plenty. I know plenty of Swedes. One of my best friends is a Swede. He lives in uh, some northern town up there now. Here they know how to make a roof. I'm not even joking. Those two. Not only are they going to be a couple, it, the, the only screwy part is I wish I was like the godfather for one of them or like better yet I could, I could be like the godfather for both of them and then I could bring them together like I'd invite them both to like New York on their 18th birthday or something and like they don't know the other one's gonna be there and they come to my house and then I take like me and the wife and we just like leave so they're like in the empty house with no one but each other and then I like lock the doors and they're stuck together and they wind up married and Jen and two and kids are like what the hell did you do my I better get Jen two and kids have fallen out of touch with each other but I still know each of them even though they don't know each other and so they've like totally forgotten each other because this is 20 years from now and then all of a sudden they're like you know Jen E-Baby goes to Jen and she's like I'm getting married mommy and Keza's son whose name I don't actually know does the same thing to Keza and she's like and they realize when they meet each other when the families meet that it's Keza and Jen too from 20 years ago on PFW and then they have kids and make me the godfather of those kids too sorry but let me let me get down to business now (laughs) greetings PFW and PFW listeners. This is your fearless leader, Mike, here. We've been doing this really awesome podcast on this really awesome fic by uh, Fan Fiction, and um, apparently, despite it being a really cool fic, our interview session at the end of this final segment of the podcast hit a few hiccups, and apparently there was this whole, like, teapot tempest thing going, which I think is kind of interesting because it was all about me, even though I had no idea what was going on until, like, suddenly all these people were popping up and Skyping me, like, oh my god, Michael, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, Michael, do you believe what happened? And I'm like, what happened? Um, but anyway, so because of that, and we were worried about, you know, if you listen to this episode and you listen to this interview, you're going to be panicking about all the chaos that goes on and all, like, you know, the punches and the, you know, Keza goes crazy and uh, puts on, on makeup and Gen 2's doing a dance and uh, the author of the fic, he's, like, backflipping people. I, I don't know. It gets crazy. So anyway, Ryan was like, let's explain to people how this all started and what happened and where it stems from so they have some background, they understand what's going on. And also, before before I do that, actually, let me start that over, Ryan. I do want to say it all worked out well and there's no problems now. No, that sounded bad too. Hmm, whatever. I'm just going to dive into this. So anyway, so this is the background of what happened and sort of the history of the whole crisis we had in this interview. So, it starts off that there are fans of these best-selling novels about kids who discover that love and friendship conquer all, and they gather together to create fandom where everyone yells at each other and uses words like, quote, wank in ordinary conversation. And then years later, out of nowhere, this Irish guy 
who doesn't like fanny packs, writes this wicked good story about Neville getting decked over the head with a potted plant by a girl with big breasts whose best friend has dark hair. Not red hair like Chris Columbus from Home Alone, whatever that means, um, who marries him after they save the world with the head that they need. And now all of a sudden, all of these lunatics from a land called Puthwa wander onto the scene, and they say, we read your stuff, and we're all chatty. And then they record these podcasts where, the, where there's this really good-looking, really smart, really intelligent, really cool, and witty big guy in the corner. And this really super cool, uh, good-looking supermodel, he says, Snape's a good guy because Dumbledore was good on paper, and Harry was good like Dumbledore. And since Snape wants Voldemort to die, and Harry wants Voldemort to die, and so Snape and Harry are on the same side. And Harry is good, so Snape is good, and killing good people is bad, so then Seamus wants to kill Snape. So Seamus is bad, so that everyone who hangs out with the Irish guy, who doesn't like fanny packs, goes, Dude, what's up with this big guy? He's good-looking, and he's brilliant, but who likes Snape? Do you think the good-looking big guy is really a communist? And so they all agree they should keep an eye on him. And then people tell, and then these people tell other people about the communist's good-looking big guy. And they all tell other people, and they tell other people, and everyone's going, keep an eye on him. Keep him in the corner of your eye. Um, and then keep him in the corner of your eye sort of changes to shoot him at dawn, and then jab him with a sharp stick. Uh, and so all the people in Pufwa think that the people who hang out with the Irish guy who doesn't like fanny packs are cranky and mean to super good-looking smart communists. So the Irish guy goes to be interviewed by the king of Pufwa, who wants to wear a fanny pack to sort things out. And everyone who hangs out with the Irish guy who hates fanny packs tells him to swear at the good-looking big communist who loves Snape, because people on Puffwa love that. Except not so much, apparently. So when the king of Puffwa, who wants to wear the fanny packs, writes a letter to the Irish guy who doesn't like fanny packs, saying that wasn't very nice. And the Irish guy feels bad about that, but misreads the letter and thinks that everyone who hangs out with him went out and painted the communist guy's house girly colors, which is a no-no, because he likes Snape, and Snape's not girl. So the Irish guy, who doesn't like fanny pants, yells at all the people who hang out with him. Except they didn't do anything. And then everyone kisses and makes up, and we all go out for dinner. But what do you think of my idea with Jen and Kiss's kid? Don't you think that has promise? Like, don't you think it's, like, made to happen? I, I, was th I was thinking it could be, like, Gen 2 and Jen's kid. But that doesn't work as well as Gen 2 and Keza, because they're kind of like sisters. During the recording of this author interview, it was announced that Patrick Swayze had died at age 57 on Monday, the 14th of September, 2009. Patrick Swayze didn't take crap from anybody, and neither do we. Hey, Mike, it's P.S., so where are you? I thought you were supposed to be on this episode. Give me a call if you're okay. Talk to you later. Turn around. Mike's voicemail is a lady saying that you've been redirected to the automated voice messaging system of, and then he says, Michael, <laughs> the same tone that he uses to introduce himself, on the, introduce himself on the podcast. Mike, Mike, Mike. Patrick Swayze is dead. Oh, we can't start a podcast with people dying. <gasps> Patrick Swayze died? Yes. Apparently just now. It was on Twitter. Well, we don't know if he's dead because someone that else died yesterday morning and then they found him driving down the street. Wiki says he's dead. He is. <laughs> this is a tragedy. I am trying to confirm it from a legitimate news outlet. All right, we've had a death in the last minute. Don't ever put baby in the corner. He can't be 
gone. He's not dead in the harrow. Oh, he actually has died. He is <laughs> I have to feel as though this is a bad omen for the evening. You'll recall Andrew, he wrote the, you know, the damn thing, the, the whole story, the Mulder's <laughs> Army, Year of Darkness, the whole thing. Now, we have to just say, it's Puffwa, and he's been nervous about doing a Puffwa podcast. Our, our terrible, terrible track record. Look at Jen. Jen was a very healthy young woman when I asked her to join the podcast, and now she, like, walks down the street, and she'll, like, collapse, and I'll run back and pick her up. Jen, are you all right? I think I just got diabetes. Like, it's just like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. So, we sat down. I sat down and i'm like let's start the podcast it will be fine within seconds of starting the podcast patrick swayze died hey you forgot about my toilet andrew i know you're right now ready for your big debut but just real fast buddy real fast p.s explain to me what happened to your toilet because i'm actually (laughs) so i have a toilet yeah we hope and it overflowed that's always nasty Trying to fix it, and it it, it fixed itself. It did you siphon it. the toilet water with your mouth? Because Jen did that back in episode. <laughs> you no, know, it fixed itself. It fixed itself. It flushed on its own, but it got all over me. So I had to take a shower in between Ryan saying, "Are you ready?" And then there's like ten minutes of silence because I was taking a shower. I usually don't ask that when PS is hopping into the shower. I want you to all understand me. Sure. Relationship here, but no, I say PS is like. I'm having a toilet emergency. I'm like, all right, back on PS for a couple minutes. So I'm like, PS, are you are you ready? And she's like, I just got out of the shower. I'm like, are you showering in the toilet? I was in a band, and uh, the guy I was in the band with decided he wanted to do some wizard rock. I had been writing lyrics for the band, and he asked me, you know, would you read the, the series? Would you write some lyrics? For, and I said, sure, you know. And so I read through it. I had been kind of meaning to and kind of avoiding it because I actually... I'm about 5'8", kind of skinny, okay, really skinny, with messy black hair, glasses, and a honest-to-God lightning-shaped scar in the center of my forehead. I've been getting shit, okay? I've been getting shit for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm like, this sounds very familiar. I wonder if I should comment. I'm going to Ireland. We have to talk about fanny packs before you leave. I'm going to Ireland. No, you don't. Well, I have to carry all my touristy... Listen to me, lad. Listen to me. All right. In a wallet. Get a you're getting a bum bag because uh, a fanny pack is at best a personal act you would do with your wife. (laughs) You run around (laughs) talking about your fanny pack, and they're gonna be looking at you real funny. Start to- hey, check out my fanny pack. Why don't you just get a good backpack? You know, I like a day bag. I'm trying to make conversations. <laughs> so I can think of a- oh my lord! What's interesting to me is because one, I have already had an issue. Ooh, Ryan. Ryan is Darth Vader. Ryan, you sound like a Dalek. <laughs> Exterminate. 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 Now, what were you screaming at us, or what would you like to address on air now? A lot of creative expletives directed at he who is not here. Mike will be joining us hopefully at some point this evening. And I shall withhold my commentary on that. Hello and welcome to the editing room. This is Kaza. I'd just like to step in here and say that at this point there was a dead silence from the hosting team because nobody knew quite what to say to that. I'm like, Keza, I think you blew up Andrew's community. She's like, what did I do? I'm like, you said something horrible, horrible on the podcast. She's like, Ryan, I edited the podcast. I listened to it 50 times. What did I, what did I do? What did I say? I'm like, you called Michael Terry. 
<laughs> Maybe we can give you a good dose of Mike philosophy. And it really takes somebody that has podcasted and lived with Mike in a medium like this for quite a while to start to understand and appreciate his level of crazy. No, not crazy. No, no, crazy. No, he, his analytical sense is different and it, you almost have to appreciate it for, for what it is because I would never think of some of the stuff that he does. He frequently gets to the same place that you do, but he like drives through the woods to get there. You just have to listen to, to what he comes up with. <laughs> now, I challenge Mike to figure out who's the killer in Apricotus. He'll, he'll guess you, but he'll have a very good reason why you did that. Do I have to mention Elisa again? Alita could have been a death eater. We don't know. She could, but I, I guess that Pansy, come on, I guess that Pansy Parkinson was a garden gnome. Yeah, I mean, I don't even make guesses because I know I'll be wrong. Mike has the courage to make guesses and I love him for it. And he's 80% of the way there and then he veers into a lake. This is Pufwa, so it, it happens like this. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I'm married for 15 years, right? And my husband did this not wanting, you know, to waste money at a hotel room because a few weeks before our wedding, I was cleaning our apartment and kind of flipped out and had to go to the hospital and the doctor said hey you're stressed go home and not be stressed well but that doctor was stupid because what we found out about a week and a half before my wedding was that my gallbladder was failing and so four days before my wedding I had gallbladder surgery when we got married they had to wrap me up in gauze before they put me in my gown and float me up on Percodan so that I could walk down the aisle <laughs> So I remember very little of that day. So my husband did not think that I was going to make it to Chicago where we were driving for that night, thinking that he was going to stop somewhere because I was not going to be able to ride that far. So he canceled our hotel reservations for our wedding night. Well, what happened was I fell asleep in the car and he drove by every single hotel that he could have until somehow he made it into Southtown Chicago into the hood at midnight. I really have never been more terrified, I don't think. I said, just find a hotel. I, I don't care what kind of hotel it is. It just has to have a name that I recognize. At this point, I, I wasn't even discerning. I just, I wanted to be somewhere. I was hurting. I was in a bad mood. I had bird seeds stuck in my hair. I just wanted to be out of the car. So he stops at like some handy Andy place at the corner of some badly lit corner and goes in. And at which point I am turning my wedding band around on my finger because there are people like going around our car looking in the window. And he's going in and he's talking to this guy like behind the glass inside the gas station thing. The guy directs us to an hourly hotel down the road where the, there's a communal bathroom for prostitutes. Because he thinks that because he thinks I'm a whore. We also found out a day and a half later that on that very same night, his twin brother totaled our car, driving it home from the church. I guess the worse the wedding goes, the happier the marriage. Apparently, if you're still making popcorn. Since you, I thought of you because I went to see my, my new friends just got married, they bought a house, and we're looking over their backyard and their backyards on an incline it goes up from the back porch so they're in like a little valley some stuff must have washed down in a rainstorm so i'm looking yeah and everyone's like what's that on the ground everyone looks down i'm like i think it's a dildo why, why would you think of me for the fact i wasn't thinking of you i was thinking of jen too <laughs> oh, boy there i'm irish mate boy 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 <laughs> Is that Popeye? <laughs> Let's add some steak and potatoes, mate. Oi. 
That's Australian. You sound more Australian then than when you were trying to do Australian. Uh, for crying oh. out loud, Mike, I can do it better than you can. Well, you're Irish, so of course you can. Oh, that was Tim. Tim, Tim is Irish. Oh, that was Tim. There's Andrew. Luckily for yourself, you weren't here to hear what just happened. <laughs> what happened? Last thing I heard. Oh, they were me what happened. Last I heard, Gen 2 was a whore. <laughs> That's not true. That really is, Mike. You missed a bit. Two questions. What kind of lube do you prefer, and how do you see that Snake is a sweetheart when it is bitten that far up on the inside of your own colon? Mike, do you require a translator? I do, actually. Your opinion of Snake is found with your head up your posterior orifice. Yes, Andrew did just tell Mike that his head was shoved up his own backside. I must say I'm impressed with the fact that Mike completely ignores the insult. So Snape's actions to try to behead the rebellion were perfectly in keeping with Dumbledore's own history. Well, no offence, but it's not the reading I got from Year of Darkness at all. And you are welcome to take from it any reading you want, and I am welcome to think that you are reading it from a cranial-rectal inversion. I thought it was tragic because he cursed Snape. Oh my god, he doesn't realize what's going on. He cursed the good guy and the hero of the story. Oh okay, my! And how, is, and how is Seamus being willing to condemn Snape? If unforgivable, if Snape being willing to condemn James and Harry, Harry, by the way, being a one-year-old child, is not. I think you misunderstand Snape's central plot. Answer the freaking <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I'm not going to edit anymore. Debate is one thing, but there was no call for invective, imprecation, and insult. And for that, I wish to apologize not only to Mike, but to Ryan, the other hosts, and the Pooper listeners. I'm incredibly honored that you not only chose to cover, but so greatly enjoyed my story. Hopefully, there will be no hard feelings, and we can all continue to coexist peacefully, not only in our communities and sub-fandoms, but in the larger fandom we all enjoy. Fan fiction, over and eight. So, we gotta record a thingy. Yeah, yeah, apparently we were really bad in this episode, and I'm not sure that I remember being bad in this episode, because I liked reading The Psychic Serpent. I don't remember the episode. Was I there? Apparently, you were there, because Ryan says you were there. He's editing it. He says we were both there. Well, but you know, Mike says Ryan lies about everything. (laughs) Well, that's true. Maybe we weren't there, maybe. Well, he did lie to him about calling Australia. Yeah, Ryan could just be lying. It might not be us at all. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe he was just trying to get my goat. I don't know. But he told me we needed to record a thingy. We need to record a thingy. He was afraid to release the episode unless we recorded a thingy. Ryan's never done that before. Well, we better record a thingy then. I I can't believe that it's us that have caused this to happen, that we need to do this groundbreaking announcement. Do you think we need that, that news music? Absolutely. Cue the music. Breaking in news music. Yeah, okay, cue the music. music. I still have a cold. I sound terrible. Why do you have a cold? Is it cold there? It's winter. It's been winter. That's probably what it was. You get grumpy when you're cold. I get very grumpy. I can read the best thing since sliced bread, and I'd be able to find something because I get cold grumpy and snarky. Yeah. You know, because I don't, you know, if the heat, oh, the heater wouldn't have been broken because the gas man came and he fixed it. No, but I think it was broken then. it was then. still cold. It might have been broken, broken then. I don't know. I don't remember. Not, uh, definitely. If I was snarky, it was broken. <laughs> Must have been. I don't There's know. No be- other explanation. I don't remember because I don't even remember being in this episode. 
So maybe you were so cold remember. that the heater was broken and you don't remember being in this episode. I had a brain freeze. Maybe your brain was frozen. I had a brain freeze. Well, I remember. No, I don't remember. At some point along this line, when you were so frozen, I decided that I needed to learn how to knit because you needed a scarf ah. for Christmas. Um, when Christmas gets here, it's going to be like 110 Fahrenheit. Like, I'm not going to need a scarf, man. Well, you'll need it later. I thought I'd make Yeah, it. so that I don't... Next winter, when I'm podcasting, I'm not mean and nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you could awesome. wear it. Now, how are we going to fix... How are we going to fix you? I'm going to the doctor today. <laughs> oh, really? How come? Apparently, I'm menopausal. Well, that would explain it. That would explain what is wrong with episode 88. Yeah. You're menopausal. <laughs> and I was frozen. Yeah. Apparently, I'm just a bitch, and you were cold. Yeah. So, apparently... Because we really love... Hermione, yeah, I think by the end we were all in love with the fic. I think I really did like it because it turned into Harry Ginny at the end, right? It did. Although, um, <laughs> what did you say? You had a problem with the end, Gen 2. <laughs> well, you. Don't be, don't be make a promise. <laughs> well, you know. Well, yeah. Whatever. I think I just had a problem. I can't with love the, it all. Did I have a problem with the black bikini? I may have had a problem with the black bikini. I, I, well, we both had a, yeah, we had a problem with that bikini. Yeah. I think I had a problem with the hair. Yeah. It's coming back to me. In, in episode 90, I'm pretty sure I say Hormione. Hormione. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was after I said Hormione. I think we just had a problem with Hermione. Oh God, the thing he's getting along. The thing he's getting along. But I think, I think this Hermione. is, th- this is it. We, I was freezing, you were menopausal, and we had a problem with Hermione. Not Barb the writer, just Hermione. And I think it clouded our judgment. I think it did, and then Ryan was really, really concerned because it's not in our character for us to act Well, I way. think it was the combined colliding forces of Frozen, Keza, menopausal Gen 2, and Hermione. They just don't mix, obviously. No, no, and he was very concerned for the outcome of the Psychic Serpent trilogy and the well-being of the podcast because we must have had a very off night. I don't, Do you think that I was don't it? remember it. I have to take your word for it. <laughs> you better hurry up and send me the scarf. So maybe we should just conclude the thingy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should just stop the thingy by saying that whatever we said in the we episode... We didn't mean it. We really don't remember. <laughs> No, we, we didn't, didn't mean it at all. Because at some point, we really remember liking the story. So you should just chalk up anything that we said to... Insanity. Being in a bad mood. Yeah. Momentary. Because we we're, because we're both, you know, married women and we have kids and husbands and things make us pissy. Maybe it was just a dry spell. Yeah. Oh, no, hang on. That's episode 95. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> I don't go through dry spells, so... <laughs> Um, Would you like some popcorn? No. (laughs) No. I don't want any popcorn. I think, well, let's just, I think that thingy is over. I think let's just. Thingy is over. Yeah. Enjoy the podcast. Okay. Gen 2, signing out. Bye from Kessa. Just finishing my crumpet as I have to finish before you start the podcast because you can't chew on the podcast because that's bad. <laughs> it's not cold. It like is cold. I have a fan going on in the bathroom nonstop. So don't turn the light off. For fear no. Of Why don't you turn the light off? Because I'm afraid of cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but we can't hear you with the light on. I can turn the light off for the podcast if you like. All right. It's a bad sign that the future Mrs. Huggles is standing right next to me here. Do you know a plane tried to take off from Logan Airport this morning and on the runway almost hit the car? Oh, no. So is Jen okay? <laughs> It's crumpets and what? The, the little nursery rhyme? I don't know. Chewing her <laughs> well, crumpet. The, curds and No, whey. that's curds. Little Miss Muffet. <laughs> it's there we go. curds and whey. Mike's it's starting already, apparently. There we go. <laughs> what happened to your voice, Steph? It all changed. What do you mean, what happened to my voice? <laughs> your voice used to be different. Okay, let's take a survey on that. <laughs> is, is he pulling this out of anywhere? Is this for real? Probably. He thinks it's for real. It's Mike. Well, you, I don't know. You used to have a crazy voice. Now your voice sounds normal. A crazy you know, Not a bad crazy, but like, you know, like an interesting crazy. <laughs> Mike, unpleasant things are going to happen to your character in my story, okay? Why would Victor Crumb, the international Quidditch star, seeker of Bulgaria, who just took his team to the World Cup, quit his job, become the backup seeker for the Chudley Cannons? Plot purpose. <laughs> explain somewhere in this? It's plot a plot purpose. device. It's a plot device. Because it will bring him to England and bring him closer to Hot Hermione. To irritate Ron, that's the whole point. Well, well couldn't they have made him at least like the lead seeker of the Chili Kit? Why does he have to be the backup? Ex- 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 excuse, ex- excuse me, Kessa, did you say Hormione? Hot Hermione. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Hormione. Person who's a whore in the big is Harry, much like Lavender Brown's fig. It's like everything that looks at him. She loves making Harry like flex his muscles and take his shirt off every, <laughs> every paragraph. Exactly. This is a very old. Old fic. 2002, 2001, 2002. 2001, 2001. It's post-Goblet of Fire. Every girl Harry looks at has enormous eyes and clear Was that the only person picturing Dan Radcliffe when they cut Harry's hair? <laughs> Who doesn't picture Dan Radcliffe? I gotta ask that. I don't know. I think of the people from the book covers, actually. You actually have to... Well, why don't we just start the podcast and we'll get into it. You guys ready? Sure. Yeah. I'm going to try not to monologue tonight. <laughs> Let's just see, you know, how it goes. Am I recording? Am I... Stop laughing at me. My heater's broken, and I had to call the gas company to come fix it. Well, maybe I'm the able. gas guy has read Psychic Serpent. Last we heard from the gas guys on Pirate Freak Weekly. I was on the phone to the gas guy, like, trying to get an extension, because I've got wickedly high bills. And I asked for the extension, and he goes, oh, hmm, 21 days overdue. Hmm, that's so very overdue. I, I've put up on that bill. I am behind on the next bill. <laughs> I should really call them and let them know. I'm going to be a while. And welcome back to Pirate Freak Weekly. This is Ryan. I'm I'm Jen too. I'm Keza. Mike. And this is Death Roll. Mike sounds sad. Not sad. It's because he's worried about the cockroaches because we made him turn his light off. That is true. Mike likes to sit with a light over his head all the time because, you know, <laughs> what is the purpose? Does the light scare off the cockroaches, Mike? Someone told me that if you never turn the light off in your bathroom, they won't crawl up the pipes. <laughs> because... <laughs> You live in New York, home of the bravest cockroaches in the world. Now, let's see if we can guess where Mike made his first mistake. Now, let me even tell the story a different way. Now, Mike, we're starting the Psychic Serpent tonight, as you know. We're doing it for the next nine weeks or... 12 weeks or 8 weeks or 3 weeks. It depends how the hell we edit this thing. But we're covering Psychic Serpent for a while. Now, Mike, if you've ever heard him on the podcast before, will, you know, right as we're about to end for the night, we're, we're done, we're tired, we just want to go to bed, he'll raise his little hand and say, I just have seven questions. Is that all right? Now, the first one's only in eight parts. So Mike has lots of questions. So tonight, Mike has lots of questions. And he sent all of his comments and notes to Gen 2. Now, Gen 2 sent me some of her issues. And one of them was, why is Dumbledore the head of Gryffindor. 
And I'm like, that's fascinating, because Mike just asked me that, too. I must have missed it. So I said, this is exactly the, the, the verbatim comment I have of Gen 2 here. I said, where does it say Dumbledore is head of house? She said, Mike said it. I trusted him. <laughs> I respond, Mike tried to buy LSD at Best Buy. <laughs> Understandable mistake. Very logical mistake. Well, I told you I was going to make him notate it. All the rest of my stuff that I told you that I copied over, those were real things. Those were mine. I trusted Mike for one little thing, and I'm going to have to live it down for the rest of my life. It was just the response. Well, Mike told me. I obviously believed him. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable mistake. The letter goes, Hogwarts School, Witchcraft and Wizardry. Headmaster Albus Dumbledore, Order of Merlin, blah, blah, blah. Dear Mr. Potter, as your head of house, what am I supposed to think? It's the from the letterhead. It's not it's oh. McGonagall's letter. Right, but I, I looked at the letterhead first, and I was thinking it was from him, because it's his letterhead. So. so let me get this straight. If if you get, like, snail mail from the Obama campaign, and you look at the letterhead, you're going to be like, oh my god, Barack Obama wrote me this letter. Like, well, that's what they want you to think. Well, that is true. You know what I love? When he sends me emails in his name, and it's like, Gen 2... As a P.S. President Barack Obama. Hmm, which one would you open first? He might need me. So. <laughs> now, I just have to note something. Mike is on a different connection, it sounds like, and I know his laptop exploded earlier in the week, so we have some new equipment here. I don't know what it is about Mike's connection, but he sounds drunk. I'm in a different apartment. I think maybe there's an echo or something. Now, why did you move from the old apartment? I have two apartments. I still have the old one. You're in your summer home right now. Exactly. What happened to the old one? I think it's still... I, I slipped there some nights. It's just, uh, that's the apartment that comes with the job during the year. Okay. This is the one that comes with the job for the summer. I just have one quick question. If if, if the light is supposed to keep the cockroaches from climbing up the pipes... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How is the light supposed to get in the walls? <laughs> no, no, we, we don't have wall cockroaches here. We, they're not taking. They're what do they call them? Water. <laughs> oh, this is like a brand of cockroach. A wall cockroach. A a wall cockroach. We don't, we don't have wall cockroaches. We have the the sub basement water bug cockroaches that they climb oh, okay. above the pipes and then oh, dive. So, and, yeah. Oh, so they so they don't they don't climb on the walls. They. <laughs> Well, but they, they don't come from the walls. They don't live in the walls. They live in the pipes only. But well, the, the pipes, pipes are, are in the walls. the walls, Mike. Yeah, where it's dark. But they live in the sub sub basement pipes, which and is they dark. Are they elitist? They won't go in the pipes upstairs. <laughs> But the thing is, they can't last more than three days out of the sub-basement, is what I was told. You're trying so to like, root them out. So, giving you cockroach information? This is, this is environmental health. Are you thing. talking to Richard again? I have to ask. Well, Richard decides to tell him that cockroaches lay eggs under your skin. So there I am, googling for evidence to the contrary and yelling at Richard on Skype. What did you tell him that for? And Richard is just laughing his head off. Environmental health and safety for the University of Rochester. These professors are students. Neither. These are exterminators, I guess they are. <laughs> the exterminator told you they can only live for three days if you shine lights on them. Is that what Mike in like, the Terminex commercial like, doing like the police interrogation with a lamp? See? These little insects could survive nuclear warfare. I, I don't think three days of flight is going to kill them. Well, seriously, think about this. What exterminator is going to get a job by telling you the things will be dead in three days. The exterminator wants you to think they can be killed. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Does anybody have this visual in their head of Mike 
it is like just say since it's subterranean water pipes in his bathroom with like a big fluorescent light <laughs> and shining it down and going snipe, snipe, snipe. Just picturing Mike going on a date, possibly with PS. I will get them together for the season finale and we will end with a puffle wedding. I've been shipping Mike and PS for at least a year and a half now. <laughs> I used to say that about Harry Ginny too and look how that worked out. So, I'm picturing Mike on a date and he wants to take PS back to the bachelor pad. And he, he, he walks through <laughs> and he holds the door and they go inside, he walks to the elevator. He won't be having a nightcap because he doesn't keep any food. Now he leans across her and he hits the down button. Now, the elevator drops like a rock down like 40 <laughs> flights and then it becomes like a Star Trek turbo lift and like goes hard to ding. Point. And it's like, it's <laughs> dropping through the building. And then it's like an Independence Day. Remember when they were under Area 51 and they were in yeah. that like, underground yeah. facility? That's yeah. where Mike lives because the cockroaches can't find him that far down. <laughs> the deeper you go, the more there are though. It's that's the reverse. Oh, you know what? I wonder how the cockroaches get through those concrete blocks. They're concrete-chewing cockroaches. Not to be confused with wall cockroaches, because when the non-wall cockroaches enter a wall, it's like having a sex change operation. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I... It's alright. I know I am right. I had, I had an extensive conversation with <laughs> the fact that Dumbledore was the head of Gryffindor, you could be wrong twice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do the prophecy. Hold on. You read the prophecy. Yes. <laughs> Did you read the prophecy in the canon? No. Why? It's not that prophecy that I don't read. It's, it's stupid italic stuff that separate from the rest of the, the book. Let me ask you that. If that was in italics, would you have read it? No. So I could write, Mike sucks in the middle of every one of my emails, but if I italicize it, you're not going to read it. In fact, that's probably why I never read Minerva's name on the bottom of the letter. It was italicized. <laughs> it's like Superman and lead. She read Psychic Serpent. I'm so excited. And she turned around for Psychic Serpent. I don't know what it is about this story, and, there, and I, I, I'm hoping to find it, like, live on air. It has a similar feel to Paradigm of Uncertainty. It's different enough, and it's, at some points, just weird enough that has a totally different flavor, and I just find it very refreshing. I believe these two authors know each other. <laughs> that could be it. Good night, everybody. I'm also going to guess that they know Lavender Brown. All right, Gents 2 <laughs> has a few comments about the bikini scene. <laughs> And quite a few others. <laughs> Running through here, I have read the entire trilogy, and I've reread to chapter 10 for tonight. Where is everyone else standing? Gen 2? Um, I'm up to the middle of chapter 9. Gen I 2? Didn't, I had a really hard time. I was snarking too much. Gen 2. <laughs> Trouble. I am saddened, because you could have lied to me, Gen 2. I never would have known. But, but no! Truthfulness. Keza, how about you? I don't I, I even want to hear what you have to say. Keza, how far do you get? <laughs> chapter 10. <laughs> no, you lied! You, you totally just lied because he what? just he, no. he just chewed me out so you just lied
Am I the only one that will do that? I want to know where a story's going, but I don't want to spoil myself, so I'll, like, flip to an upcoming chapter, and literally, I squint, and I hope as I'm squinting, I see a keyword or a name or something that clues me into the quality of the story. I look at the chapter mm-hmm. titles. That doesn't tell me anything. I tried that once, and the chapter title was The White Tomb. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> you know what, Ryan? What's that? I noticed that you didn't ask me if I had ever read this before. I got as far as you telling the <laughs> truth, and I'm like, this sounds boring. Harry wanted to pick up a rock. Harry took off his shirt. <laughs> Harry Harry put on black jeans and a black grungy sleeveless t-shirt. Black shirt, black pants, black sneakers, black boxers, and a black hat. I'm like, why is Harry goth? Because <laughs> Dudley gave him a tape of goth music. <laughs> he applied his black lipstick, his black eyeshadow. No, I totally thought he was being Danny from Greece. You know, he's got the big muscles because goth people, you know, are usually pretty white and wiry, but Harry's been laying out in the sun and getting all tan, you know. I could see Harry, you know, running down the beach with Sandy. The name of his snake! <laughs> she's named after Cassandra. She is the uh, daughter of Priam, the king of Troy, and she's and she's giving uh, psychic powers by snakes uh, who will go into her ears and lick out her ears, which actually I thought the significance of the snake licking Harry's arm. I don't know if I'm wrong. And she, But she's cursed by um, Apollo that she'll foresee all the future, but she'll never be able to convince anyone that what she's saying. So, like, for instance, when they bring the Trojan horse in, she's the one that recognizes the Trojan horse as, you know, having the Greeks in, but she can't convince anyone else to look inside. Or, like, things like that throughout the entire story of the Iliad. Because I thought it was Cassandra Clare. If that's the truth and there's something that obscure behind Sandy's name... How but, does Harry know? You know it's not obscure. Up. She says right in there, named after Cassandra. No, I know that, but how does everything you, know, but, you just said but, there... But, everyone but, knows quote by Harry. But, well, but, you know, she, Sandy, she, but she, she used Greek mythology to name the snake, but Hermione's tits are falling out of her bikini... <laughs> Harry's throwing rocks in the garden. Sandy after Cassandra, who was the and then like Mike's little definition over here from Wiki. I'm like, how does Harry know this? He won't even read a book about his parents. Oh, there was another part, too, where uh, they're all gathered around. They're in the common room at their staff table, and they're discussing Hagrid getting golden egg. Yeah. They're discussing that maybe it was a gift from the Giants, and Ginny chimes in, you mean like an ambassador receiving a gift? I'm like, really? Do you watch C-SPAN? Was anyone else like, why is Hermione, of all people, Hermione sending, like, bikini pictures to Harry? Is that a little forward for her? Brilliant! Assume for the moment that Victor has such a weak personality that anything could get him to work for Voldemort. If you piss him off, he will work for Voldemort. If you sell him a bad used car, you will work <laughs> If Market Basket is out of 2% and Voldemort has it, man, he is there. Really weak, skeevy guy. Then you're looking around the Great Hall. Maybe we can set him up with Cho. She'll <laughs> yeah. love him. To give my prediction for where this fic is going. I've got a theory. Hermione and Harry... I, I need to know where the fic is going, Mike. I think we lost Mike. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. hello? Quick, Mike, where's the fic going? Hermione's going to, to hook up with Harry, dumping Crumb. Jeannie's going to hook up with Draco. Meanwhile, Draco and Harry are going to become best friends and, like, brothers, quote. I'm doing little quotes with my fingers. Uh-huh. And um, what's going to end up happening then, though, is Harry's going to realize he doesn't like Hermione. He's going to dump Hermione. He's going to steal Draco. Oh! <laughs> I like it! It's a slash pick. I didn't get that out of the prophecy. (laughs) Heal Jimmy from Draco, right? Draco's going to flip that and become his enemy, and he's going to send Harry back in time, where Harry is going to meet... Oh, and and meanwhile, Harry... Hold on, does he have a DeLorean? How is this happening? Magic. Ah. Magic. 
legit. The woman Harry used to love, who was older, is Petunia. And he no longer loves what? Petunia. He's been up in love with her. Not in a <laughs> sexual way. Hold on. Stop. 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 I want you to repeat that, but slowly. Aunt Petunia is the older woman. How did he fall in love with his aunt? What chapter is the prophecy? I'm going to walk you through this step by step. There are three women in your life. One is an older woman, but there is much guilt there. You once desired her, but you are no longer interested. That is Aunt Petunia, who he loves her not in a sexual way, but he used to, <laughs> but he wanted to love her as though she was his mother. He once desired her. She's, he's no longer interested because he's given up on making her love him. There's two others. Okay? <laughs> he's given up on the love in the Petunia. When your brother, which is Draco, and Ginny. So it's Ginny who's torn between him and Draco. And, he, and then who will turn on you for t- taking her over him, which means he's going to end up choosing Ginny, not Hermione, who's the third woman. And not Draco either. Not Draco either. And by choosing Ginny, he isolates Draco, who's his brother, who makes Draco turn on him. And she's your true love, your warrior woman, your soulmate, blah, blah, blah. Although you must wait for her shield, there will be another for a while. We'll remain pure waiting. Um, and he goes, and, and, there's a, and then there's another woman. There's a fourth woman who I think is Lily. And that's when Harry gets sent back in time. And the fourth woman he loves above all others is his mother. Ah. And then it also says... He's talking himself into this. I like and then he also <laughs> says that your arch enemy doesn't really want to hurt you. And so what does that mean? That means, again, Harry's going back in time and he's going to make friends with Tom Riddle. And because Tom Riddle's Tom Riddle, not Voldemort yet, he's not able what to the- not... Wait a minute. I thought he was going back in time to see Lily. First he's going to meet Lily and the Marauders. Then he's going to meet Tom Riddle. Before Tom Riddle's Voldemort, as a result, he's going to be able to make peace with his enemy who doesn't... Re- his mortal enemy no longer wants to kill him. And only together can you defeat your mortal enemy. Maybe means him and Lily. Which way, first he goes to Lily's time, then him and Lily go back and befriend Tom Riddle. So your prediction for the Psychic Serpent trilogy by Barb is that Harry desires the love of Petunia. Won't get it, but will travel back... <laughs> Back in time in Draco's DeLorean and signed a non-aggression pact with Voldemort. Yeah, it clearly <laughs> says that him and Voldemort won't hate each other, won't fight each other anymore. It clearly <laughs> says that. Yeah, you had a mortal enemy. He no longer wishes to be your enemy. How much clearer than that can you get? Read the part again about Petunia being the object of Harry's desires. There are three women in your life. Yeah. One is an older woman, but there's much guilt in that. You once desired her, but you were no longer interested. He would feel guilty about that, yes. Yeah. It's really... <laughs> Yeah, and, and guilt is. I'm still, I'm still looking at. It's I'm, stressing I'm, me out. This is why I need you to know that it's stressing me out. We're talking about desire, and I believe further on it mentions the word lust. These are not words that I associate with familial connections, such as one's aunt and one's mother. No, no, it's it's not, well, that's not a word I associate with Petunia. The older lust is for uh, Ginny. I thought Petunia was the older one. Oh, but the, right, the, yeah. the Petunia's older one, whom. He desired to like him. I, but that he, was before. Wa- that was before he went back in time and met Tom Riddle. And but if Ginny's but he, the other older one, then who's the younger one? Ginny's not older. What are you talking about? Ginny's younger. There's three women: yes. one older, two not older. Uh-huh. Older one is his aunt, whom he's given up on making her love him. Is what the prophecy says. Uh-huh. And there's two others. There's one who's just out there, and that's Hermione. And there's the one who's his true love, who's going to steal from his brother, who is Malfoy. Who's his second woman. brother? Who's his second brother, the traitor then? Where's the second brother? I don't see second brother. Trelawney says another brother. 
And Harry yes. wonders how it was during your blah 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 blah. <laughs> and, and for but him, at the hand of the traitor, which would be Wormtail, and it's death. So the second brother gets to die. Yeah. More, so who is the second brother? Neville. Ding. Oh, good. I, I can see that Neville's the one that dies, and ah, Malfoy's okay. the one that becomes his enemy because he stole his girl. Well, no, it's it. Ron. No, it's Malfoy. So no, because it's, it's Ron. A mortal enemy who becomes a brother is what it says. Don't, don't Ron's ruin his. Ron doesn't start off as a mortal enemy, so it has to be Malfoy. Am I the only one who looks at this and sees Nightmare Futures Past merged with They Shook Hands, merged with Back <laughs> to the Future Part 2? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Mike, this would make a great fic. You ought to write it. Impress it with your level of deduction. Thank you. You know what I'm waiting for now? What's that? I'm waiting for something to break out in some jazzy blues riff. Oh, Genuary Genius, by the way. That was the coolest movie in the world. <laughs> Mike watched the Blues Brothers today. <laughs> Jen, Jen knows everything. Like she never steers you wrong with like anything in the world. Right. Fact that we read Dumbledore's Army in the Year of Darkness. No one says anything about the author, but we're all like Jen too is a genius. <laughs> no, she proves it yet again. Well, he's just like, well, I could pick the Blues Brothers or the Blues Brothers 2000. I'm like, oh my god, no, get the Belushi one. Seriously. He's like, and there's he's like, there's some other guy in it. Um, yeah, Dan Aykroyd. I've never seen it, and, and, and even I, I know he's in it. <laughs> and I wish that I could remember the word that he used when he told me Belushi's last name. He's it's like, yeah, yeah. He's a Belushi. It's confusing with <laughs> And you know, there were some famous people. Like I actually recognized uh, <laughs> Ray Charles. So what gave it away? The glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Someone told me that the bakery woman was uh, Aretha Franklin. Got Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin in the movie. I was impressed. <laughs> good job, Jeff. Good job, Jeff. I was very impressed when managed to get Dan Radcliffe for his Harry Potter movie. <laughs> <laughs> Buff Harry landscaping demanding payment of Aunt Petunia. Could someone please spun me now? We have the demanding payment of Aunt Petunia right after Mike's prediction. Because because he has to demand payment so he can go buy his goth clothes. Not that sort of love. What does desire mean to you, Mike? Seriously, the word desire. Desired her to be his mother his whole life. No, it doesn't oh, say no, that. No, no, not, not like that. Completely platonic. Completely platonic. I just think it means more of like the Jack and Jill part. You know what I mean? I'm having apoplexy. Jack and Jill party is where yeah, the family and friends of the engaged couple get together, throw them a party to raise money. Just so you know, Death Roll, outside the New England, the Jack and Jill party is the party where, where the happy couple gets together and masturbates on their friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm happy. Yeah. so colorfully describes it, a circle yes, gym. I have to get to Saturday without Danielle knowing about her bridal show. <gasps> and literally, she's making for. <laughs> it is not going well. We made it to within one week of the bridal shower. And at a family party, one of my cousin's daughters says, Oh, I hear your shower's coming up. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, um, oh. I meant the other Danielle. And then bolts like hell. <laughs> <laughs> I become a pathological liar. I'm like, no, I haven't heard anything about the party of you, were there? 
anything about that party. No one's told me anything about that party. It must be a party for both of us. I bet it's at your house on Sunday. Well, I don't want a party on Father's Day. Of course you do, because no one would suspect that. That's why it's planned for Sunday. Well, that sucks. I have to cook for that party. Yes, that does suck. That's why your father called you and told you not to come over in the morning. He said he had to golf. He lied to you, honey. I hate liars. And I'm even saying, well, you know, it could be on Saturday and the the Father's Day party for my uncle could be a ruse. Don't be ridiculous. They are way too classy to ask me to bake dessert for your (laughs) uncle and have it actually be my shower. Little does she know we are just that white trash. It's six o'clock. I'm sitting at the dinner table by the slider and, you know, my mother stops by, so I get up, I go in another room, she sits down at the table. All of a sudden, you hear her open the shades, leading out to the deck. My mother screams bloody murder, and then the, the, the phrase, which I will never hear again for the rest of my life, echoes throughout the house. Oh my god! There's a UPS driver on the porch! She opens the shades really fast, and there's a UPS guy standing right there. She screams like Macaulay Culkin. He screams because there's a batshit crazy woman screaming at him that there's a UPS guy in Someone shipped a shower gift to our house, thinking they were shipping it to their own house. Shower gifts start arriving at the house. <laughs> so we hid the shower gifts. Then tonight, my mother... Now, we're, we have to make it to Saturday. Today is Thursday. I have one day to go. I'm looking out at my mother's car in the driveway. Now, she parks directly next to my car, which Danielle drives tonight. She goes to work. In the trunk of my mother's car... Now, my mother has a RAV4, so there's, you can see the trunk area. There's a giant box with a bow on it. <laughs> <laughs> because someone gave it to her for the shower and she didn't have time to take it out of the car so I'm like Danielle's making dinner and she's got her back to the window and I'm like I'm listening to what you're saying honey as I'm running outside throwing a sheet over it. Hermione's bathing suit is this the same one that Ginny wore in Curse of the Damned I think you know how they have to recycle <laughs> costumes and sets and all these fan fictions see when girls buy bikinis or bathing suits in general they all have this like thing in the crotch it's called a hygienic strip Tell so me when more. you <laughs> so I guess you know when you're in the in the dressing room at the store you try it on just in case someone is really skanky and they actually take their panties off and try it on that way that this pathetic little strip of paper is going to keep it hygienic for the person that actually buys it hello so you know your first thing you come home and you've you've made the purchase of your seasonal bathing suit and you peel that little layer out of the crotch of your bathing suit i would just wear it I'm seeing the black bikini that they're all wearing, and I'm thinking that it just keeps getting rotated between them. And I'm in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, they really need that hygienic strip. <laughs> Can you please put some on my back? Because I can't reach it. Well, so he puts it on her back, and then she's like, oh, but I need you to put it on the back of my legs, too, because I can't reach them. And then I'm thinking that she's like this little shriveled up dwarf T-Rex thing. <laughs> I'm like... How do you shave? Could she just you... be lying and make Harry feel her up? No. That's not feeling no. up. That's what I'm saying. She's just lying because she wants Harry to, like, you know, touch her up a bit. Touch well, her up? Why are we talking like we're 12-year-old boys? What is happening? <laughs> That's what this is about. It's like a 12-year-old boy being like, oh, well, then he, And then ass. she's like, oh, the back of my knees are very sensitive. And then he touches them. She's, like, making groaning sounds. And I'm thinking, the backs <laughs> of my knees never did anything <laughs> like that. It was Melinda Leo writing this his pants would get tighter (laughs) (laughs) i've officially given her a reputation you notice after all this stuff is happening you know there's really no mention of harry backing away bent slowly (laughs) toward a door 
He grabs a little pad he was kneeling on to prevent his knees from getting halted. He grabs a rock to hide himself. <laughs> grabs a boulder. <laughs> She's flirting with Dudley so Dudley will turn good. She's like sending Harry bikini pictures and making him rub. <laughs> I have in my notes she sends Harry self-made porn. Oh, what's that picture doing by your bed, Harry? Oh, you mean Hermione? I think Hermione's on medication. What's everyone else think? No, I think she's horny. Okay. I don't like her. Because <laughs> it sounds very sad about it. I have a question. In the middle of chapter one, in mm. caps, does it randomly say stop here? Yes, it For does. For no apparent reason. Like, no. it's, a, it's a note to the end there, stop here. I'm what? Like, I have no idea what's behind that. that. My text reader read it out loud. And I'm like, Although his brain then converted the hissing sounds into words. He could only actually speak parcel tongue when he was confronted with a snake. Stop here. He's not Boxer Dudley yet. Dudley is still the fat ass with service for eight in his bedroom. <laughs> Sounds so wrong. <laughs> and Hermione, wow. Hermione is chatting him up. Are you saying that people don't like to chat up fat people? No. <laughs> what are I'm you trying to say? Did you just pick up an accent? He sat at the dinner table and said to his parents, what did you get Harry for his birthday? And they say nothing. And Harry's like, that's not true. Once I got a coat hanger. Maybe it's Dudley then who's the enemy that turns into a brother. Oh, you could be right, Mike. So let me get this straight. Dudley uh, is Harry's brother. And Petunia yeah. is the object of Harry's lust. <laughs> not lust. Love. It says lust. Trelawney says lust when she's flipping over she the car. Does. She says lust. No, no, lust oh, is for the oh. other two. Oh. What about desire, Mike? He desires Aunt Petunia. No, he doesn't desire her. He desires her love. It doesn't yeah. say he desires her love. It says the prophecy thing says he desires her. You're putting extra words in there. You can't do that to a prophecy. It doesn't Can we hear work. Can turn around music, please? Thank you. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely. You did that totally note. wrong, though. There was one <laughs> note in the very middle where it sounded like a cat died. Yeah. And Harry gets the, the the note that he's a prefect, and and he's like has to restrain himself from running around going, "I'm a prefect, I'm a prefect." And I'm like, I cannot imagine Harry trying to restrain himself. From <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I'm a prefect, but Cedric is still dead. <laughs> and the but other what? thing that bothered me greatly i'm sitting there reading and like there's so much bacon in chapter one i'm sitting in the, in the library at uni i'm reading and i'm sitting there and like every time an owl flies by every two two sentences like harry gives it bacon and like everyone's eating bacon and i'm sitting there and i like, really want some <laughs> bacon <pigs> everywhere. <laughs> and then i find it's like flying pigs in the house and and then i find <laughs> get to the part where uncle vernon has the toilet paper stuck on his face room and i'm like just like vomiting <laughs> And then I'm like, he falls on his bacon bacon and he's eating the toilet paper blood-covered bacon. I'm like, I don't want bacon anymore. (laughs) Harry leans over the hand, Harry 
three more bacon he chucks around. <laughs> uh, doesn't Fred throw bacon in Jimmy's mouth when she tries to talk at one point? No, haircut Harry comes yeah, in. Yeah, she's got her jaw. She's just jaw dropped. Haircut Harry. <laughs> yeah, because real Harry really wants everyone to see prominently his big scar there. Scar on his head. He's wearing a bandana. Although, I did like it when Harry looks in the mirror and he's like, hmm, I need a haircut. I look back, I'm like, yeah, this is a post-goblet of fire figure. I'm like, oh yeah, the movie people read this. <laughs> well, then Harry, he becomes the prefect and the first thing is, maybe I should write Ron and tell him. Yeah. <laughs> I sure Ron will love that. Oh, what a wonderful idea. I just have to say the Quidditch scenes for me are like prophecy scenes for Mike. Whenever they get into batting, like batting box, whenever they get into like the rotations of the Quidditch teams and who's playing what positions, I totally zone out because it's like, Harry was on his broom. He saw the glitch. Southern Malfoy, they dove. She makes certain to put in there that Harry notes we have a new sorting hat song. This is wonderful. It's a new song, but she never actually tells us the song. <laughs> well, thank God for that. No, no, but, really, but, really hard. But she, really but she hard. noticed that she did remember to tell us that Hermione sung her version of the school song to Candle in the Wind. And Fred and George sang Waltzing Matilda spelt wrong. This is very <laughs> angry this <laughs> I find it so amusing that they call the landscape a dick. Like, every time you need someone, they call the character Richard because then they can call them Tom, Dick, and Harry. Well, I need a character. What shall I call him? I will call him Dick. Richard! I order you! Oh, look, now I have Toppy Harry. Woo-hoo. I can't talk. I just called the defense dance a dark arts teacher, Richard. And then the stones <laughs> fall on Dick, and he is trapped under the stones. And Harry's like, thank God, I have recently become a bodybuilder. And Charles is <laughs> Petunia and Vernon in general, in the whole beginning of this fic, every time magic happens, the Grangers came, and Sirius came, and Snape came, and, and every time a little anything happened, they're just screaming all the time. You know, yes. like, oh, no. yes, all the time. <laughs> Sirius changes into a dog and Petunia screams and two seconds later he changes back into a man and she screams again and he says sorry about that and changes into a dog again and she screams again Sirius showed up wasn't it one of those hello I'm Sirius Black I'm like didn't you just meet each other like a week and a half ago you threatened them on the train platform yeah Yeah, just like Petunia's diving for cover Sirius was so civil to them I didn't expect that well you know he had Snape and he had a machete (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Snape in the safari outfit completely helmet. With a giant net. Mosquito netting. Machete. And you can see his knees. And oh. Doesn't Harry scream at Snape when he turns up? Yes, he does. And I would too. It's like the UPS guy in the porch. Ah. I have a landscaping question. Yeah. Does it seem like the backyard renovation project takes way longer than necessary? Dick's there with a bunch of guys. And they're there for weeks. And then it's only Dick. And then Dick is injured. Then Harry's like, I'll do it. And Vernon's like, well, there are no other landscapers left in the world. We may have to take them up on that, Toonie. No, this is Harry, whose only friend in the summer is Hedwig, right? And he meets this fantastic psychic snake. And if Hermione found out, she's like those people that want to experiment on the aliens. And Harry is like the person who's made friends with the aliens and sees them as people, (laughs) damn it. Hermione wants to dissect Sandy for information. (laughs) He has a magical snake that can tell one minute into the future because that is so helpful. (laughs) Then... Someone is going to take that her like away. That's a pickup The fish is wet. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> I have 40 seconds to figure out if we're all going to die. 
He goes, here, Snake. Here, Snake. <laughs> here, Snakey Poo. Here's Snake. Here, Snake. Sandy to be his pet and then get into an interesting philosophical debate <laughs> over slavery and human rights. And they decide instead of being pet and owner, they'll just be life partners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I was Tedwig right there, I'd be pretty offended. Like, I would, like, bite his fingertips and, like, fly off in a pissy fit because... I don't he- think that in this speak that Hedwig and Harry can actually speak to each other in their brains. That's another thing. Hedwig cannot predict the future. You know how in canon, like, if Harry says something, like, rude about Hedwig, she'll go into a huff about it? Hedwig. So that's what I said. You keep saying Hedwig. Hedwig. Hagwig. Anyway, you know in canon, if he says something to the yeah. bird about the bird, so I'm saying it's an owl. It's, it's owl. <laughs> anyway, my, my point being, uh, when he introduced that, that His sounds a little very threatening. There, I'll shut up. Wait, big. Huh? Sorry, Mike. Come on. Your voice got very threatening. So it did. Up. It was very mafia. The point being, again with the mafia. Again, you're calling the mafia. The point being, what's point, the point? Can Sal's fly? I don't think so. Adam, is it can Sal's what? fly? She can't fly. Sal. I, can't. Sal. I mean, that's the uh, like no that's other some other thing. Yeah, sorry, uh, Cassandra. Sandy. Can you call her Sandy, please. I keep pushing Cassandra Claire trying to fly. <laughs> And the night bus comes, and Dudley is standing in a car. He's standing. Where is he standing? And he screams too. Dumbledore basically stole a baby from a crime scene and dumped him on a doorstep a day's drive away. The Ministry doesn't know where Harry Potter is because Dumbledore and McGurkman, McGonagall, whatever the hell her name, keep keep it a secret. <laughs> they keep it a secret and they never once check on him to make sure that he's not being beaten up and locked in a cupboard and yet the Ministry has put around three miles worth of wards and protective charms. I don't think so! And you wonder why Keza has anger management problems. I'm very cold! It makes me cranky! This is a novel with no pictures and small words, but he's such a big, huge Harry Potter fan that he's going to read it. So he reads it, and I'm listening to him. He doesn't know what a briefcase is, so I have to tell him what briefcase is. And he gets to the end of the page, and what's happened is that Vernon Dursley's gone off to work, and he's looked at the cat on the corner and going, don't be an idiot, cats can't read maps, right? This is what's happened. He's gone off to Grunnings. So I say to Michael, my son, um, to see to test his comprehension of all these big words that he just read. What do you think has just happened? And he's like, well, he got his briefcase because this is word he's learnt it, and he got in the car and ran over the cat. And <laughs> 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 I'm like, where do you think he was going? And he's like thinking really hard, and he's like, he went to get a drill. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Awesome. And I'm like about to explain to him that he's gone to work, and he goes because. He needs a drill to tape up the letterbox. Because in the movie, he has the drill. And she drives so, over McGonagall on the way there and back. So my son thinks that Vernon Dursley gets up in the morning, kisses Petunia on the cheek, takes a sort of briefcase, drives over the cat to buy a drill. Listening to all these ships, I would find it so cool if like 20 years from now, Kez's son and Jen's daughter wound up together. <laughs> How what? fitting would that be? When they meet at the local fair? <laughs> 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 
Go to Harry Potter convention. They meet through PFW and they fall in love and they you know, they become best friends throughout their their early years. Everything it's going to be an internet love connection. It is not so far from the truth. See, my son has two older sisters and he's very sensitive to women. He is all about the girls and he chats them up. He really does. So you never know, Mike. Your prediction could come true because you know he'll just chat up anything in a skirt. So apparently. then Gen Two would be the in-law. <laughs> and wait, and then at the wedding, I'm going to make a toast where I'm going to say when they were five years old, gonna be- I predicted this. Mike's assuming that we're going to invite him. <laughs> that's the part that's up in arms right now. Well, you're going to invite P.S. and he's going to be with her, so. Oh, that's right, because I ship yeah, my P.S. Yes. <laughs> because stranger things. Where are we going to have the wedding, Jen? Where, where should we plan it for? Germany. England. Halfway between. England, Harry Potter. How is that halfway between? <laughs> between Australia and Indiana. I have to fly 20 hours to get to England. Come on. You won't lose any time. It'll be a whole Why? Off the coast of Somalia, is that closer <laughs> it'd be even cooler if like oh my god if like this will be like mike has impressed himself hold Wait, on mike Jen, Jen, <laughs> stay good friends in this 20 year period you've never actually get together and meet and the first time you two see each other face to face as best friends is when your two children are also getting married okay so Who they have getting a relationship married? and they get they, they get engaged and everything without either of us ever having met well, well without like they, they've met each other but like you and jen haven't traveled and met each other you see what i'm saying Kids have the money and the means to travel before we do. What kind of sick and twisted universe is this? No, no, not that you don't travel, but just like you know, like just for whatever reason, you You're and Jen never happen to both travel to the same place. You don't together. like to leave the house. <laughs> that is true. You're, you have a very vivid imagination. All right, but if this happens, I need to be you, like, even if we fall out of touch. If it winds up those two get married, you have to like look me up and somehow I'll invite. I'll track you down, Mike, and I'll so let I you know. Like I suspect you won't be hard to find. No, New York Mancy's cockroach. Dark- <laughs> <laughs> Note, note, note to self. If this happens, look up Mike. <laughs> I'll keep that pinned to my shirt. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Jen and Keza are going to be sitting next to each other at the wedding. Keza will lean over. You're never going to believe what we forgot to do. <laughs> Quick, I'll let pop. I'll never forgive you if you don't invite me to that wedding. <laughs> The mythical fictional wedding <laughs> 20 years okay, in the future. <laughs> exactly. It's all right. We'll borrow a DeLorean. <laughs> we'll just oh, going forward. We'll check out whether or not it happens and get back to you. <laughs> that's my new ship. Are those two? <sighs> Michael <Yeah>. Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you were calling him by his first and middle name. <laughs> 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 It was a sucky middle name, but Elizabeth, it's not. What's your middle name? I'm not sharing. It's sucky. Type to me your middle name. No, I, I said I'm not sharing. No, I'm not saying. Mike, type just to me your middle name. Please, you have no sense. Yeah, I know that is. Oh, Ryan. oh, I just Mike. thought of something. Oh, I just thought of something. Mike, and she's telling us what she thought of typing your middle Mike, name. I can't. I don't know if we're allowed to say this. I don't know if we're going to need the editor, but what is P.S.'s real name? Er, uh, Elizabeth? Oh, oh. <laughs> Subliminally, Mike is setting up himself. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> Mike's a shipper. <laughs> oh no, you're reading. Oh no. no. Hello, I'm Hermione's tits. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and Harry is jealous and angry, and he tries to steer the, the conversation back to him, and he's like, I'm thinking of getting a haircut. If you each had to pick one character in this fic of the same gender that you had to be, which would you pick? Like, you're going to be sucked in, and you're going to become Hermione, Ginny, Cassandra, so on. Sandy is a snake. snake. I'm not going to be a snake. Come on. (laughs) But you get my point. So, like, Death Row and Ryan, you guys pick a male character, and then, like, Keza and Janet pick the female character most similar to you or that you'd most enjoy being. I don't want to be any of them because they're all sitting around the Great Hall drooling over Dan Radcliffe, and I'm too old to do that. I would like to be Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I think I might like to be Aunt Petunia after all. Harry does desire her. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm starting to think that we're going to have to call Aunt Petunia a bagel in this fic. I think we're going to have to start calling Mike a bagel in this fic. <laughs> <laughs> what? I wanted to be Jenny because we have the same name. What? You do not. We do too because my nickname, my dad calls me Jenny. Sounds Doesn't the same. Doesn't he call you Jenny? Doesn't he call you Jenny? Your name is Jennifer. The nickname yeah. for Jennifer is Jenny. Her name is Ginevra and it's Ginny. They're two different names. Jenny and Ginny are not the same nickname. Oh. We call you Keza. Yeah, Wait. that's because that's my Aussie but, nickname. But, but Jennifer. That's not your real name? But Jennifer's is- name was Keza? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of crushed right now. You thought her name was Keza? What's her real name? Oh no. <laughs> My real name is Karen. Karen. Yeah. Keza's a lot Karen. cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Mike hates your name. I don't hate your name, but if, but if I had a choice between Karen and Keza, I'd take Keza. Not Karen. Not Karen. Not Karen. I'd still take Keza. Karen. Mike still is unimpressed with your name. Keza's like the coolest name I ever heard. Like, you know, it's like a Karen is ancient Hebrew, dude. Thank you very much. Keza's like one of the five coolest names I've ever heard in my life. got pregnant on the bike. Your name is Mike. It's the most common name in the world after Muhammad. That's why I appreciate Keza. Well, I appreciate her too. Whatever the hell we call her. Well, the thing with Joe too is usually chose a bitch, and Harry wants nothing to do with her. That's usually the take. It would go. And this one, Cho just sucks. She's boring as hell. She doesn't talk. And Harry, literally, he's around her for five minutes. I want to die. (laughs) (laughs) He kisses Hermione, and he gets really into this. Is great kissing is the best thing ever. He kisses Cho, and he gets bored. (laughs) Kissing her was boring. <laughs> so he opens his eyes. Let's have a look around. What's going on? Ginny's storming off. Just back to Madonna's room. Dennis, have you seen Ginny? It was the strangest thing. She just barreled in here, grabbed a bot. I was scared for my life. I died in the last fic. <laughs> He's like, oh no, Ginny saw me and she's upset. I must push Cho away now because that's not going to arouse her suspicion at all. Harry looked at Ginny on her broom and instantly deduced why Ginny was upset. She was over me, but maybe. Maybe she was just fooling herself. Very perceptive. Yeah, he knocks Joe off the bleachers and Usually the most fix. Why is Jenny so upset? Oh, I wonder if it's that time of the month. Ooh, maybe she had a hard <laughs> test today. Why is she glaring at every girl I talk to? I bet she needs glasses. Okay, I just point out, is Roger Davies the head boy? Yes. He's in charge of the group of the prefects. He's the host guy. He's the number one guy there. And all he does is monologue. <laughs> Where's Jen? Oh, is Jen not here? Maybe she went to get popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just kill this just conversation. Kill. I did not go to get popcorn. <laughs> 
There you are. Then he felt Malfoy's eyes on his arms. Harry was wearing yet another black sleeveless t-shirt. Andy curled around his left upper arm. What? Sorry, I've got Malfoy's eyeballs sitting on his arm. You can feel them. They're all slimy. You know. What have you been doing? Lifting weights or something? Because Malfoy would know what those are. Right, of course he would. Because <laughs> he's got a whole Nautilus room. Because this is one of the fics where it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You see Harry and everyone chasing after him as he runs around the lake in the morning. And he and Hermione have, are doing thousands of push-ups. And Draco wanders by with like 27 Slytherins armed to the teeth. And Harry's like, well, you know, I'm going on a date with Cho Chang. And, and Malfoy is speechless and he's paler than he's ever been. And his lips were a straight line like McGonagall. <laughs> and he's like, and he's just like, but She's a sixth year. Like, he's never heard of <laughs> But then there's the whole Harry Malfoy thing. You know, they go into the prefect's bathroom after Harry goes running. <laughs> Sharing the tub. <laughs> he's in the tub, and Harry takes a shower, and then he goes and he gets into that crate or tub or wardrobe or whatever the hell it is, and he gets himself out a nice fluffy bathrobe and some shower shoes. He just, just walked it. naked across from the shower to. <laughs> yeah, but then he just walks out into the hallway and tromps up a couple stories <laughs> in, in his bathroom because you can see that happening, right? The standard well, we shower shoes. Well, Draco's in the tub reading Cosmo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're turning this into a slash fic. <laughs> there, You're not there, doing there, anything. Oh, and there's that whole thing about Harry thinking, oh, it's a nice choice that we have to get this book because there's a lot of great muggle literature in there and it'll be nice reading for later. Wait, you're telling me you think Draco has a thing for Hermione but not for Ginny in this fic? You're telling us that Harry has a thing for Petunia and you're telling us like, totally no, a platonic thing. I've worked it out. Now I understand. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Way to hell. Huh? Back to Glad, hell. Way to hell. I think he's a back to hell. <laughs> Back to hell. But Ginny loves Draco. <laughs> well, I would go with, you know, Petunia more, but whatever. <laughs> so, I totally, totally made dirty. Draco loves Petunia now. Interesting. <laughs> I thought I wrote so, AU. Is there anyone ugly at Hogwarts? Oh, crap. Mellis, yeah. Crab and Goyle and little Wilhelmina Crab, who is the fattest 11 year old <laughs> Harry's ever seen, which I found interesting considering that Dudley. <laughs> With his cousin. Good point. How fat must Wilhelmina Crab be? <laughs> <laughs> he promises to write to Dudley. He sends a picture. Yeah. <laughs> this is your perfect match. The younger <laughs> woman. It's okay because she's not a witch with a B in front of it like some people. Hold on, Mike. Did you think that Wilhelmina Crab was the younger woman reference in the prophecy? No, there's no younger woman. Oh, thank God, because it would have been her. <laughs> Ginny is a younger woman, I suppose, but yeah. And the older woman is Petunia. But not in a romantic... You see, you totally missed my point. I, my point was... <laughs> what that did it you was think a, of Slayer Mike? <laughs> it's not a romantic sense. It, it's, it's a play. Yes, Harry it is! Automatic, All right, Mike, uh -oh. let me ask you this. The next time I'm short a podcaster, do you want me to send you a message on Skype? Mike, I desire you. <laughs> That's not what it said, though. Yes, it does. 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 It
love. It's not talking about respect. It's when you look down at your crotch and go, what is happening to me? That is desire. <laughs> it's not what it was referring to is my point. Yes, my it point- is. When you desire her, you want to touch her boobies. He doesn't but desire pro- Aunt Junior. When, when, tr- when the, the prophecy woman, whatever her name is, Trelawney. 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 Do you need name tags? <laughs> prophecy woman. That newspaper woman. Maura, her name is Maura. Hey, at least I saw the movie, so. Yeah, well, I haven't seen Blues Brothers. <laughs> oh, Jen, Jen, go tell Ketsu to see it. Near the end of the chapters tonight, he was doing his Animagus training, and he was practicing making his feet bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller. I'm like, big hands, big feet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he could make that bit longer. Hermione was petrified by the basilisk, right? So she feels bad about basilisk. She doesn't want anything to do with basilisk because they're bad memories for Hermione. But for Ginny and Harry, it's a soul-bonding experience because Ginny isn't at all traumatised by the idea that she set the basilisk on Hermione. Hmm. I know, let's buy a basilisk. Ron looked as though he had thought this was some kind of double entendre, which maybe it was, thought Harry. I don't think Ron even knows what a double entendre is, let alone Harry. (laughs) They would just get lost in the first entendre. He was, like, leaning back in the chair and, you know, acting all Danny from Greece. He's, like, being all suave, <laughs> leaning back on the two legs of the chair. And he, like, totally bails. I've done that. That happened to me, I've too. I've done that in class. Yeah. It's happened to me. I've tried to act so cool, and I've fallen back. My little legs are up in the air, and I actually will yell out, I'm okay! <laughs> I have a question. When did McGonagall start drinking heavily? Because she writes in Harry's letter, this is a responsibility that I know you will not take lightly as your record speaks for itself. <laughs> you will be responsible for other students' conduct. Professors are not present, and you will be expected to uphold all school rules and regulations to the letter. She's clearly been at the medicinal potions again. Unlike in the canon where they give it to Ron. Right. What about if Neville had been the prefect in Order That's of the Phoenix? Sh- I read the fic once where Neville was a prefect and he was a hard ass. Like he was a jacket. <laughs> he made everyone go to bed at like seven. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's very cool that this whole idea of Harry speaking parcel tongue and speaking to snakes and having a snake as a pet. Life partner. You know, he's in the garden and he's puttering around. He's doing the landscaping and he finds this little snake. And we all think it's a little snake, right? Right. In your head, when you think, you know, he found the little snake, how little do you think the little snake is? Well, she can wrap around his arm several times. Yeah, she wraps around, what, three times in total, I think. That's not a little snake. That's quite long, really. That's not a little snake. I'm picturing a foot-long snake here, you know, a $5 foot-long snake. Maybe that's why everyone screams. Entirely possible. A a 12-inch snake is not going to go around his arm three times. <laughs> the longer it is, the fatter that snakes usually get. It's not going to be a little skinny one. It's going to no. actually be quite fat. Thin. It's like a rainforest in between your Dursley's backyard that's like three <laughs> Yeah, and then if you think about a snake that can go all the way around his arm three times, like one of those, you know, like like Egyptian arm band thingies. Yeah, yeah. And he's a bodybuilder, so his arm is... <laughs> yeah, this is like a three or four Voldemort foot... Snake. I, we used to have a ball python. You know, it's it's a nice sized snake. You leave Sandy by the fireplace in future chapters, and all I could picture was, you know, Harry comes downstairs in the morning and 
McGonagall has the guy from Terminex outside spraying. Because <laughs> there's a six-foot snake laying on the hearth. Yeah, because technically she's an illegal pet. She is. Read the Hogwarts Charter, you're only allowed toads, cats, and owls. So I want to know how Rod breeds scabbers. This bugs the heck out of me. <laughs> he's a snake from multiple generations of Weasley, so he's grandfathered in. It's a snake? Is he a snake? I mean, he did. a rat. He's Percy's rat. He's 12 years old. <laughs> he's not a multiple generation. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew, PP to some. If you go to a very large university here in the States, when you're a freshman, you're not taking your car. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to get a parking space, and usually freshmen aren't allowed a parking permit anyway. So it's just like that. So you're not going to be able to have a rat or a dog or a pigeon or, you know, a house elf or, you know, whatever it is that you want for your pet until you're... A house elf? Oh, I just threw that in. Um, <laughs> Dobby, you're my new life companion. Every time I get someone a gift, I get them gourmet coffee because I get $700 a month that I can only spend on, like, in Starbucks and in campus dining halls, neither of which I ever coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a coffee, I'll give it to you. I have like $670 to spend between now and August 10th, for instance, on, on coffee, basically. And I don't drink coffee. Like, I drink coffee every five minutes. Just saying. Yeah, like, My, literally, I if you want you. anything from Starbucks, like gourmet coffee grinders. Yeah, you could send him all those. Like, can't you buy, like, beans that you can grind in it? Oh, yeah. yeah. If you want Mike, I, I think you have a new friend. I grind my own <laughs> beans. Anybody ship Ryan Mike? I do now. What else can you buy at Starbucks? I don't drink coffee either. What can you buy? <laughs> Alright, Keza, because of the sound issues we're having with her tonight, sounds like she needs to lay off the coffee. <laughs> Why don't you drink coffee? Everyone always makes fun of me when they see my it's apartment. Because I have about $20, $25 in uh, nickels, dimes, quarters, and pennies just scattered across my floor. So everyone Why? sees that and laugh at me. What it is, it's, it's because every time when I walk in, I'll get coins, whatever surface I'm nearest to, and I'm, whether it's a chair, a table, a desk, it doesn't matter. I take the coins out of my pocket and I plop it down. And then when I use that surface, I just kick them off and they go scattering across the floor. Now, do you do the same thing with food? No, I don't keep food in my apartment. I was going to say, I think I found your cockroach problem. No, I know what the cockroach <laughs> problem is. It's because in the summer when no one else lives in the building, the pipes dry up and they come up the pipes. Was that why you keep... Mike sends me a message one day. If I leave my water running all the time, will that keep away the cockroaches? I'm like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing it, and it's been working really well. I turn every water faucet on for 10 minutes every day. Because that's good for water conservation. Yeah, your water bill must be huge. I don't pay water, pay bill. water bill. Of course he doesn't pay the water bill. <laughs> Why else would he do TV running, like I'll walk out of there, and I'll leave my TV running, and I'll come back like a week it's later. It's just me irresponsible. <laughs> what? I almost had it. We all quiet down and listen to try to hear you're irresponsible. Shush. I'm trying to tell you if you're being irresponsible to leave the tap running. Because, oh, now my phone's ringing. Fuck. <laughs> I, I can only water my garden twice a week on the odd-numbered sack. Why is the connection to Australia so, so bad? You have to remember, I'm I don't near, know. You know, I'm, I'm like what ten miles from the largest fresh body water, fresh water body in the world. Fresh body water. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I leave it running for like ten hours. Like I'll turn it on for ten minutes and then I'll turn it off. I mean, every day, but still, a lot of talking. Like you know, like I'll turn the dishwasher on and I'll turn the the faucets on and I'll turn the shower on for ten minutes. The problem, the most 
severe drought ever. Lake levels have fallen as much as 30 feet below normal. Losses are already at $3.6 billion. Snakes are on the move, looking for water, but running into humans. It's like a rainforest in Petunia Dursley's backyard. Snake bites are above normal. First off, Keza converted me. I'm with Keza now. You're, 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 uh, you're shipping with Keza? What? <laughs> what did I convert you on? It's probably Cho, and it's probably just unoriginal and uncreative, and it's Cho. I and not you were dating Keza. <laughs> Mr. Keza uh, would have a problem with that, I suspect. So, <laughs> Mr. Keza would kill me. Uh, he, you know what he said the other day, actually? I said something or other, and he's like, who are you talking to? And I said, oh, it's Ryan. He's saying something. He's like, ooh, you took it to your boyfriend. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm a player. Like, Mr. Keza, don't have a problem. He's like, <laughs> I don't what know what that? you just said, but it sounded funny. I could see Ryan 30 years from now as a taller version of Flitwick in this spec. What? <laughs> That occurred to me as you were having this conversation, and I'm done now. The size issue got me, because she picked up Harry on her index finger. Yeah. <laughs> She's only 20 feet tall, I'm like, she has giant hands. <laughs> giant hands, but I'm... <laughs> no oh, you know second, what they say. Second... <laughs> oh, God, this is his mom. It, it, it doesn't go the other way, my... Yeah, Vagrid's mom has giant hands. And unfortunately, Keza, um, we keep putting her back on the call, and Keza continuously drops. Keza told me to share with everyone that even though she convinced me that it wasn't Petunia, it was Cho, she's changed her mind, and now she thinks the prophecy was referring to, to uh, Petunia herself. She's been ranting this to me in Skype this whole time, like, I want to tell them on the podcast, it's Petunia, it's Petunia. And I'm like, well, come on. And she's like, Ryan keeps dropping me. I can't tell them this. <laughs> All right, end the podcast right now. You are so full of crap. Keza, <laughs> we managed to get you back. Mike yes. is just confessing that you changed your mind and you're thinking the Petunia is the older woman. What? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, a lie. Are you telling me that you are trying to convince these poor innocent people that I am messaging you privately to tell you that I believe your Petunia far-fetched piece of crap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What she said. That's exactly That's what he said. You are accusing me of bageling on Harry? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Keza, what are you saying? I came around. Why can't you, you realize? You little slitherant, you. <laughs> I am not giving you my Puffoir gold anymore. I'm keeping it for myself. Oh, oh, that hurts. You can't do that to my friend. You need to give my gold back. I am one of the world's... Literally, he's the only HD shipper bigger than me. Like, I would want him with Aunt Petunia. <laughs> That's evil and wrong and bad. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. The scene I'm thinking about is one where Sandy is transformed. To a cockroach? Into something else for like an hour. <laughs> Welcome to Peoncast. In this episode, Cody is played by Mike. Mike, can you guys believe the foot race that they had? I, I just like, totally couldn't believe what Lily said to James. I don't know. My boyfriend did that to me. He'd be sleeping on the couch. Another fan and one that people like is Tiberius. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've never heard that one. <laughs> Star Trek. Oh. James Tiberius Kirk. So they made him James oh. Tiberius Potter. When did Ryan come back into the room? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's to giggle. All you have to do is mention Yellowstone. <laughs> oh, shit. Ah! Oh, Sorry, my son just scared the crap out of me. 
Yeah, I, th- I think they've, they've determined which fix they're covering until the year 2012. But there's really no that... point covering them past that, because that's the apocalypse, so... I've missed something. Why is 2012 the apocalypse? That's the end of the mine calendar. It's the oh, end of the world. Yeah. That's the end of the Mayan calendar. Yeah, they're the authority on time. But they, they had very accurate calendars. Yeah, but why why didn't they go past 2012? Because it's the end of the world. They predicted it hmm. thousands of years ago. Scary stuff. Mm. I hope it's stuff. after the Olympics because I really want to take my kids to see it. Okay, so, oh, I have to absolutely <laughs> talk about this on the podcast. Um, go watch the 2012 trailer, by the way, they're, uh, because they're making a movie. Um, uh-huh. Same guys who did Independence Day and um, The Day After Tomorrow about the 2012 apocalypse. The, what the actual mechanism of this apocalypse is something out of Potterfic Weekly War. Yellowstone Super Volcano. I'm not joking. <laughs> and then it's going to melt all the ice caps in Canada and flood the world! The thing I invested oh. in Canadian shipping. Congratulations, Ryan and Danielle. May your wedding be uneventful. Oh, wait. Jen's coming. This is Aaron from the forums, and I just wanted to wish you both luck, and also to give Danielle a special message. Danielle, if you ever need Ryan to do something, and you want to make sure it gets done, just give him the following ultimatum. You have one hour. Mazel tov! Mazel tov! Yay! I will say Elohim on your behalf. Ryan and Danielle, this is Mike. I want to wish you guys a good wedding. Uh, I'm sure you guys are going to have a lot of fun, and I know you guys are going to be great together because uh, I've seen you together, and you already kind of have that married vibe going. So I expect nothing but success and enjoyment from your union. Have fun in Ireland! Congratulations on the new little Huggles! You're not pregnant. Happy birthday. It's not your birthday. Congratulations on the new job. You say Danielle got a new job. Oh, oh, okay, yes. Well, okay, right. But Ryan's still working. Oh, okay. Hey, Ryan and Danielle. It's Matt, or MD. Uh, have a fun time in Ireland. And Ryan, make sure to watch out for those cows. They can block your path. <laughs> Happy wedding! You're getting married! May their first child be a masculine child. Death Row, we have to warn you, Michael Jackson died. I heard. Okay, good, because Melinda hadn't, and there was I some warning. I have heard it. I'm devastated. I don't think I can do this. Only three months later. This is episode 89 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. I was reading this, actually. I think I'm probably the only person alive left in the fandom that was actually reading this when it was posting. <laughs> the rest died. So I know that she wrote it trying to show everyone how Harry Hermione didn't work. So I just got a big laugh out of the whole thing. Well, I laugh at everyone who refuses to read it because it's Harmonian fic. I'm like, it's not. It's really, it's really so not. not. How, how awful they are together. Yeah, and it does like, not work. And they're so bad together. There are fourth graders out there that weren't alive when this was written. <laughs> <laughs> well, I finally roll into the Goodyear parking lot on three tires, because I got a flat tire on my way to work today. What is it with you and the flat tires? Well, now I'm down two tires. And I even said to the guy, do I need to replace the last two? He said, no, they're fine. I'm like, well, I believe you, because you would try and sell me new ones, but wow. <laughs> so I get a flat tire. Then I get to work. I bite into something. I chip my tooth. 
So oh, now no. I'm thinking, oh my god, I need to get a crown, I need to do all this stuff. Trying to catch up on work because I was out yesterday and all this stuff. So if I get to the dentist, he's like, um, you chipped your wisdom too. I'm like, what? Then Michael Jackson died. I'm like, I can't do this. And Harry's just feeling guilty all the time. He just, guilty, guilty, guilty. Ooh, I'm doing his girl. And then he's feeling so guilty that he can't do her. It's like he's got Ryan's erectile dysfunction all the time. He's like, <laughs> you know, one, one moment he's like, oh, I, oh, oh, let's go. He's got the prophylaxis potion on the head. And then the next moment he's like, oh, God, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. Ron is a big looming boulder in between them, which is what he should be. It's like Porky's at Hogwarts. It's just a little over the top. <laughs> what it is, yeah. they're releasing all the built-up hormones all at once. <laughs> oh, Harry. Way. It's like, oh my god. It's like, they don't have to think about anything else. Just On my chapter the- 11 Gen 2 notes, it says, Someone please tell me this Harmony fic is not just suck writing because Harry is the most confused horny kid I've ever seen. <laughs> Ginny signs up for Jogging Club. Further details of how stunning Hermione has become. Comparison with Ginny just to drive home how conflicted Harry's penis is. (laughs) In regards to that, mine says, Hermione gets pissy, brings Ginny along to run. Harry can no longer think with his larger head. (laughs) (laughs) I got the biggest kick out of Snape and Sirius going to the Death Eater thing under apologies as Lucius and Narcissa. Somehow just Snape and Sirius being the married couple just cracked me up. Well, then they were arguing over who was going to go as who. Who's going to be the man. they leave Sirius to be the responsible adult in that scene and that kind of cracked me up in itself. He's like, he's like, hello, I'm a dog. I know what you were doing. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Ooh. The only people in older classes that are ever mentioned are people who are either prefects or members of a Quidditch team or integral to the plot. Well, that reminds me. This has got nothing to do with it. Rule number five on the Quidditch thing, how you can't have substitutions, is that somewhere real? Like, is that a real yes. one or is that a made up? Yeah. Quidditch through the ages. Quidditch through yeah. the ages. Oh, okay. Oh, Shows how much I've read footage through the ages. <laughs> <laughs> Ron picked up the kitten like two minutes after it was born, and I wanted to slap his head. I swear, she's stupid. All those kids were picking up those kittens. That poor cat. They should have been scratched from here to eternity for doing that. This is not realistic. Anyway. About this <laughs> of all the things, of all the things to be pissed at about being unrealistic in this magical yeah. castle. If you've ever seen a cat give birth, they go into the smallest, darkest hole that you could possibly find in your home, and then they yeah. give birth. They don't just do it in a bright room full of kids who are being loud. And- My parents went away. I was 14. We lived in a small country town at the time. And we were staying, like sleeping over at a, at a family that was a little bit outside of town and riding our bikes into school. And then we'd stop and we'd check on our two cats on the way. So I'm there and my parents have gone, bye mum, bye dad, you know, going off to school, get on my bike and I go to feed the cats one morning before school and I can only find one of them. And I'm like, huh, yeah, she's been missing for a day or so now. Oh, maybe I'll see you this afternoon, got to go to school, right off to school. Come back that afternoon and like my brother's with me and like he's a year older than me and so I'm like, look, um, I can't find this cat, Um, I can't find whiskey, so can you help me out? So we're searching, we're searching and we're searching and then the next day the other cat disappears as well, can't find both of our cats and so we like put food out for him. Anyway, about two days later, mum and dad ring, hi, how's everything going? Everything's going good. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we've got nine cats now, you know. <laughs> they left when we had two. 
Harry's not accepting it either. That's why Ginny's in his thoughts constantly so much. He's diddling Hermione, and he's thinking about Ginny. Bad, yeah, bad, boo. Doesn't it make you snigger every time he does it? <laughs> yes. Boo, Harry. Boo, boo. Bad, Harry. <laughs> I just don't know if I can read Harmony Sex. Hey, I read P.O.U., and they do it for three hours. <laughs> I think you can handle <laughs> I just keep thinking back to the tarot reading, you know, where Ginny's going to keep herself pure. <laughs> favorite reviewer who has to have Ginny pure and Harry may sow his wild oats wherever he pleases. <laughs> and Harry can use as much prophylaxis potion as he would like. Does Madame Pomfrey even ask? Does she just have a water cooler full of the stuff? No, because she's you know what I actually envisioned in my head? You know like those hamster bottles on cages? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of imagined just, that, it, that it was on the wall you. outside the infirmary and yeah. the girls, you know, can just come by with a cup and get themselves just like a <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a, a, a drink dispenser at McDonald's. Oh, last night was eventful. Oh, and uh, I get back. Oh, I see you're getting your potion this morning too. Oh, do you have fun? Oh, yeah. Magic. Couldn't somebody have changed it that it's the guys that have to take the damn potion? <laughs> <laughs> they can take five doses at once and it'll last for up to three years. <laughs> I'm thinking, boy, that's some wicked sperm. I have she was to, trying oh, to work back it during the dueling club when Harry used that pass this curse on show. I really, really got unnatural pleasure out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Only think that Kirk Shakes was a boy. Okay, so speaking of Ron and cats, that reminds me of Harry and Snape. Because <laughs> <laughs> Harry's a cat. Hermione goes and gets her little paper cup, and all the girls, her eyebrows are going up. Oh, wonder who she is. Yeah. (laughs) Then she goes and gets like four more drinks, and they're like, whoa, yeah. (laughs) That's how it tips off that she's doing Harry. Harry, yeah, that's how (laughs) it She obviously needs a super strong strength. (laughs) And can you imagine all the girls who've never been there, and like all the other girls are looking, I see you haven't been to the water cooler. Still, you know, pure. Like, I've read stories where, you know, Hagrid brings a unicorn to the care of magical creatures class and they're going along and it gets to, like, you know, like a pansy Parkinson or Lavender Brown or something and the unicorn goes, Aah! and, like, rears away from them and, like, that's how you know. And and it's like, why do you think Hagrid does this in third year or fourth year? <laughs> why did I just there? get this mental picture in my head of the unicorn, like, Bill the Cat? <laughs> Harry is very fascinated with George's bear chest. George couldn't sign oh. Fred up, so then Fred's like too far down the list and blah, blah, whatever. And they looked really sad, and Harry is contemplating how the twins always did everything together. So, Except Angelina, although she started out as a joint project. <laughs> he opens the one door, and he finds Justin Flinch Fletchley. <laughs> why is why is Justin always gay? Why is he always the gay one? Always. And why was George going down on Angelina instead of Justin? You know they've got a thing going on. <laughs> anyway, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like, well, it's it's the Ravenclaw prefect. And Hermione's like, well, the Ravenclaw prefect Joe. is Joe. And Harry's the like, other no, Ravenclaw <laughs> prefect. <laughs> and Hermione's like, oh, oh, oh. 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 oh.
We don't exactly know what he saw. It's only left to our imagination. It could have been anything. They could have been playing cards in a really, really homosexual way. Later on, we realized that Snape not only knows that it was Harry, but actually watched Hedwig fly in with the pensive and drop it in front of Harry in the same box that Harry gave it to him in. And- <laughs> I, I you, it can't slip anything by Snape. He's a very observant guy. <laughs> Harry is not a super spy in this. No, contrary <laughs> yeah. to the paradigm of uncertainty. Even Draco Malfoy, who doesn't know anything, knows who flame-headed people are. On the subject of prophecies, I don't pay attention to... To them in stories. I know they're going to be <laughs> built eventually, <laughs> so I don't really worry about figuring it out. I, I'm not one of those people who's breathless, like, who could it possibly be? It's like, come on, it's obvious. It's not Aunt Petunia? No, it's not Aunt Petunia. <laughs> no, no, Aunt Petunia <laughs> is Harry's it's deepest in- desire. Do you know that? <laughs> what I want to know about Snape is, when he was in love with Lily, he was hot, and when Lily dumped him, then he got greasy. My son is actually yeah. going to kill me if he ever finds out I repeat this story but uh, for those of you who have children you have little boys their little members uh, get involved <laughs> on occasion and I was flabbergasted when I first had my son not quite know all right what, what do I do about you know and I kept you know just especially during diaper changes and all that and I remember getting so flustered once and my father-in-law was laughing at me and I was like oh my god when does this stop and my father-in-law very calmly looks at me and says about Never. 10 seconds after we die <laughs> 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 oh my god. Somebody fell asleep. I can hear somebody snoring. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered what that noise was actually. <laughs> Aaron, are you there? <laughs> somebody make a note. <laughs> <laughs> Is Aaron really asleep? Before him now. He's snoring. <laughs> yeah, Harry from my Thought I could amuse. Hello? Are you back? Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> sleep for a little bit. I made the I made the newbie mistake of, of sitting too comfortably in my chair at my desk and putting my feet up. Yeah. My face is red right now, so. Well, we didn't notice it until you started snoring. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 it was unmistakable. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a blatant call to uh, end the podcast. <laughs> We've talked it's about the chat is too long. When? <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I don't think I could be any more use on this podcast. <laughs> I'm laughing. It hurts. Oh, I hurt. I, hurt. I left you in charge for one night. <laughs> it's not her fault at all. Aaron fell asleep and started snoring. <laughs> Did he wake uh, up? I hate the way that fanfic writers ignore the relationship and the bond that Ron and Harry have. As soon as they think, oh, it's time for, he's 15, it's time for him to, we'll activate his erections and um, make him think about 60,000 girls at once, right? <laughs> it's like Belinda Leo gives them a green light because, you know, to go ahead with the erections. <laughs> no, it's, it's not Melinda Leo writing erections. It's Melinda Leo writing a tightening in the jeans. 
Well, I'm just not sure that Neville is really Neville. You think Neville some of the other polyjuice or some other? I don't um, know. I think he's. Field? I think he's fake Neville. He's, he's not horny enough. Fake. Fake. Yeah. Linda <laughs> has nailed it. He could also be imperious. But would imperiousing him make him good at all that stuff? I don't think so. Maybe someone stole him and drilled him in all this stuff and then imperioused him. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Merlin came back with a time turner, stole Neville away, took him back <laughs> to the past, trained him up, and then altered his appearance because he's been away for 15 years training, altered his appearance back to a 15-year-old boy and brought him back to the present to defeat Voldemort. I, like I think we have a winner, folks. Right there, Keza has ding, discovered ding, it. Ding, and ding, ding, ding. it also means that Neville's like 30 years old. Right. So, so he's, a bagel. he's not allowed to look at any of the... That's right, he's a bagel. He's a bagel. <laughs> Neville is a bagel. <laughs> See, I did all that. There's no proof at all whatsoever in the fiction. Something's and got me hacked off about Neville. Neville's just not... In character. <laughs> You're more hacked off about Neville than Hermione? No, 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 no. Speaking of people <laughs> figuring things out, there's a, a line in chapter 17 where Harry is wondering if Hagrid suspects his Hannah Magus Tregain. So, uh, Hagrid, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything <laughs> out. <laughs> you know what my kids said to me the other day? They were watching, um, I don't know, Philosopher's Stone, I think. Um, <laughs> my nine-year-old turns around to me and says, Hagrid's not very smart, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he says the wrong thing all the time. She's telling me. <laughs> Poor Hagrid. Very crack sort of ship, and it's Dobby and Hagrid, and it's the SS shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. Ew, ew, ew. Okay, so Harry spends all this time having hormones, gets to Christmas, has the tower to himself with Hermione, and then spends the whole Christmas break finding ways to avoid being with her. What the hell? I skip over Draco bits. I skim them. <laughs> Don't put any deep thought into them. I'm too busy going, ah, Hermione's a whore. Oh, I have to talk about the musical, the Harry Potter musical. I, I haven't seen it yet. Coil is awesome. <laughs> Draco is played by a female, as is um, Crab. <laughs> Crab and, and Draco are both, a, and they're fairly short and sort of petite. Coil is played all over the place constantly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. But Coil yeah. is just massive, massive, really tall, like six foot seven bloke with a, and he speaks with a really deep voice. And he comes on, he does something at one point, and then he just goes, Yeah! I am Goyle! Oh, Goyle rules! I am Goyle, man of action! You know what it is me about the thing is Harry going around hissing to his shirt all the time. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine where, you, you know, the, the, the hissing sounds coming and going constantly? I mean, he talks to that snake a lot. <laughs> He goes in and he says to the snake, what is your name? And then he's annoyed because he said that to every snake for the past month and none of them know what a name is and he has to explain it again. I'm like, wouldn't you stop asking that question by now? <laughs> Harry, you are stupid. Stop asking snakes their name when you talk to them. They don't have one. They don't know what it is. Anyway, I, I think I'm starting to monologue. Maybe monologue just a little bit. <laughs> a tiny bit. You sound very sleepy, Aaron, actually. <laughs> At one point, Harry wakes Ron up by having Sandy lick him. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is wrong. This is all kinds of wrong. Just shake your shoulder and say, Ron, wake up! Slughorn thought that about Harry, that it must be in his blood. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Speaking of which, why isn't Horace in this fic? It's so wrong that Horace is not included in this fic. Slughorn should be all over this thing. Because it's post-Goblet of Fire, and we didn't find out about him until Half-Blood Prince. Wow. We had an Aaron moment. He didn't want Sirius to think he was totally out of control, kissing every (laughs) girl he sees. And I'm just sort of sitting there going, hmm, but you are! I think it's like a divining rod at this point. (laughs) (laughs) In rod we trust. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's just kind of leading him around the castle. It's it's like his own very short leash. (laughs) Well, you you know, (laughs) I'm going to try and steer that back to the fic. Uh, That is the pickle. That's the whole thing. When I was editing together the season finale, and I'm pulling out all the bits where we were giggling at Rod's hormones. There's me, Jen, Melinda, giggling at Rod's hormones, and I can't help but think Ryan's going to get this recording and go, oh, why did I get them on the podcast together? Harry has a very short leash. This problem. Draco himself is smitten with Jenny. During yeah. the Quidditch match, he throws himself in front of a bludger for her, in front of his father. I'm out of material. Yeah, I think I think we've. we've and Aaron's we've fallen asleep again. I have not fallen asleep again. Thank you very much, Keza. Good night, Aaron. Hermione figured it out by going to the library. Does she really go to the library in this fic, though, or she yeah. just fix her hair? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I am dying to sleep. Okay. The, the trick is to take short naps during the podcast, Jen. You should try it next <laughs> Well done, Eric. Well done. Uh, uh. Cody, you're like the love child of Lady Chi and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, think about it. I mean, Cody monologues really good, and then she has a thing for something called it. Scott, he he hung up. I'm going to call him back because he was not hearing us at all. Scott. Unfortunately, even after adding him back, this is all he could hear. So when I was reading it and Luna had mentioned how she liked Dean Sternum, I guess I never really paid attention in biology in high school because I was thinking it was something else. <laughs> I think Goblet of Fire, the director must be going, you have to shout at Harry! And Michael Gamba's like, okay! What the hell is happening with Daniel Radcliffe? Um, he's shrinking. No. I swear he's, he's shrinking! Yes. Do you remember when we all used to say that luckily these three kids are completely normal? Normal. <laughs> now, like, all I know from the last year knowing you people, and I would never know this if not for you people, is that Emma Watson doesn't wear underwear, Rupert Grint has swine flu, and Dan Radcliffe dresses like a... Like, I don't even know what he dresses like. like a transvestite. It's just like, what the hell is he wearing? Well, what the well, hair of Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> well, he's obsessed with trannies. Didn't you read that article? Yeah! <laughs> I told you, Harry wears knickers. Ethereal redeems. Let's not go there. Right. I refer to baseball as the one with the hoops. Was this going somewhere? Yes. And I bought them bribery food and magazines. And I got them these like little magazines. And of course, they've all got Harry Potter plastered all over them. So one of them comes with this little pen that's like a, a wand. It says Harry Potter mm-hmm. one, but it looks actually like Hermione's. Anyway, so my son <laughs> grabs that one. I get him this stuff to calm him down. And my son is running around going, I've got a Harry Potter wand. Stupefy, 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 stupefy. I'm like, yeah, that didn't calm them down and make them quiet at all. I almost punched an old lady this week. And we're playing the 
half blood prince game. Can you accurate this for me? I can't get out. You've got to play Quidditch. I can't catch the snitch. I'm like, I can't catch the stupid snitch either. I moved everything I own 27 feet to the south, which you would think would take 10 minutes. It took like 17 days and I dropped a TV. Ow. Yeah. It didn't break the TV though. I have a little dent in the top of it. The um, flat screen or like an old fashioned real TV? It's not a um, LCD. LSD. <laughs> LSD. Thank you. Thank you. That was nice. We never heard from Mike again. We don't know how that went. Well, I've been a little bit hyperactive this week. I have a question about dropping balls. I may have missed something in my sex ed. It's actually referring to something. Well, okay. Mike, had to deliver the baby in 78. You want to take the, the missing ball? Well, obviously, how, yeah. how do I know this? It has to do with animals. It doesn't have to do with humans. How am I the one that knows this and I've never seen a farm animal? Mike is about to give us his expertise with <laughs> testicles. I'm afraid. Me too, too. Should I be expecting for them to drop for my son as he goes into puberty? I am disturbed that, that there would be parents who are checking their son's testicles at puberty. Maybe he could stick his hand down there and check himself. <laughs> I feel very strongly that one should stop handling the testicles of one's child. <laughs> what are we supposed to have read for tonight? I used to have the cheapest phone in the world. They told me it does text messaging and will, like, call 911, and that's it. So I got a new phone. I got all the bells and whistles on it, and I've over-billed and whistled myself. I've turned on everything. I almost crashed my car on the highway because Melinda's mailing list sent out a new digest, and I had to read it. It a beep when it came in. Hold on, You just sent him an email. Hold on, I have mail. Please hold. I have a message from Melinda. It's it's Melinda's damn mailing list again. Okay, so Mike's true. not on tonight? Um, I'm not Apparently sure. Apparently not. Well, he thinks he's on. He's on the schedule. Oh. Is he on the schedule? He's on the schedule. Maybe Ryan's going to call him. Okay, Mike's in then. <laughs> Mike, are you actually hitting your microphone? Mike dropped his computer again. <laughs> he's <laughs> wrestling like again. Oh. Music, Mike? It's gonna be one of those nights, isn't it? There are no words for this. <laughs> rolling down the biggest hill ever, Mike. Those cockroaches are blue. Well, uh, oh, <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry, we didn't hear you, you come in. Don't worry. Mike, you're still alive. Good. <laughs> Hello? Can you hear me? No, we can't hear you. We hear, didn't even know you were hear us. Let <laughs> me restart this. I don't think I hear anyone. He's talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, he's got like 30 windows open. Mike wants back yes. in. Mike, you, Mike, can you hear me? Mike? Mike? There's his headset's not plugged in. Is there a chat window here or something we can open up? Can you hear me? He I probably has it on like mute. Someone could tell me. 
<laughs> he scans a lot of faith that we can actually hear him. So I'm talking to him. <laughs> You're talking to okay. The okay. sound's working. I love how he's yeah. monologuing. I hear the ARM sound. I send it You've taught him well. I see a little line. It says Windows default device, and there's a little green line going up and down. Yeah. Can you imagine hey, being... I, no, he's almost there, actually. Can you imagine being the tech support guy who is like 458, <laughs> and you're like, I'll take one more call before I go home, and it's Mike on the other end. You have to talk him through something. <laughs> You all know who work in offices. 458, the phone rings. You're like, ooh. Maybe it's someone yeah, asking what our fax number is. Start my whole computer, and I think that'll help. No. No, no, no. It, it, Mike, it's not going to There's a cockroach in it. That's the problem. <laughs> no, because... Right now it's on Windows default. The lowest AK5370. Like, type to me. They are talking. There's also one that's a loudspeaker, which is currently set to Sigma Tell Audio, and why set the window to default a second before that? you people. Friends, he's like, hey! my favorite person. Mike? Hi, Mike! Oh, it's good to know he likes you, Sue, because he could say that Sue's a bitch, not thinking you can hear her. Don't touch a computer. Don't ever touch a computer. I want those people who have to check things obsessively before I throw them out. Like, they might be broken, but I have to double-check. So I plug my headset in because I wanted to listen to my Michael Jackson CD because I was feeling a bit melancholy because, you know, he like he died. Yeah, and the kids were awake. <laughs> really? And, um, <laughs> Sorry. In case you didn't know, Michael Jackson dead. Anyway. Hell over dead. And I plugged it in. And, and like, it worked. And I got so excited, I sent an email to I'm Ryan at work. Stop it. It'll help. I'm going to start here. And you know what? It's a long weekend okay? in the United States. No one panic. <laughs> Don't worry, Mike. We're not. This is going to be the coolest podcast, too. I think we should just have Mike do the whole podcast like this. We'll just talk did, he just say, did he just say no one panic? <laughs> yes. Mike, daddy's leaving. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Oh my god, it's nice to know that while she is no longer here, she has passed off her ability to talk while other people are talking so that you can't hear. That's it. So, so I sent Ryan, send Ryan an email. My headset works. Everything's great. It's wonderful. And I got an answer straight away. I was so excited. And it was like an out-of-office auto-reply. Like, I am not here because we are having a fight. And I'm like, you bastard, you're not there. I hear you. I thought that I was witnessing the great civil war chasm between Gen 2 and Keza. <laughs> Earlier this week, I'm talking to Keza. And Keza's like, I'm very upset with Gen 2. I'm like, oh god, the world is in What is wrong with Gen 2? I'm typing to her and she's not typing back. Like, well, she may just not be there. Later this week, Gen 2, I am very upset with Keza. Keza. I'm like, oh god, the world is ending. Now I'm that guy who, like, the two people come to him to talk about the other one, but I can't tell them I know the other one is coming. What's wrong? She got tickets to the movie. She's going to see the movie before me. She was going to see the movie before you anyway. She's from the future. Future. You know that contest I was entering, and it spawned the whole thing, and Mike tried to call me on my mobile from America, and I nothing remember, happened. I and I was talking about snail mail. And I told her just to enter, 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 until she yeah. you know, ran out of stamps. And 
everyone's like, no one ever wins those things. I'm like, yeah, I'm not winning. So I put in like six or seven entries and it's just you put your name, address and phone number on a piece of paper and send yeah. it in. And everyone's mocking me, you know, I enter the, the competition. It's now blah, 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 blah. It's not even a I wasn't mocking you. I didn't mock well, you. I didn't mock you. I no, crossed my fingers for you. You can't Mr. Kessa, mocking. She's the head of Mr. Kessa mocked me from here to eternity. He thought it was the most ridiculous thing he'd ever seen. I went out and bought stamps because, you know, I never post anything anymore. Went out and bought stamps to enter this competition. Anyway, what I did was I booked tickets to the very first session that I could get because I didn't want to miss out because no one ever wins these things, right? And then these envelopes come in the mail and I thought it was from the tickets that I booked. And it's like 3.30 in the afternoon and no one is online and I open them up. competition I win this competition you're bringing Rosella right no well see I'm not taking Rosella on behalf of everyone I'd just like to say my hand you ruined my life it's 4 30 in the afternoon and no one is awake and I'm like scanning the list there was one random person on a way or not available yeah I find kismet and I'm like are you awake? Because I'm like staring at this past going, I don't believe it. Did you wake her up? And she's like, no, because my headset wasn't working at the time. See, this is the other thing. You know how my headset died and I was crying and I can't afford another one because I had to buy the kids' shoes, you know. I want to buy stamps to enter the contest. <laughs> I had to buy stamps. <laughs> so I couldn't call Kismet. So I'm like typing frantically. She's like, I'm here, I'm here. She's like, all calm. She's talking to Robert from Spellcast and someone from like Hogwarts Radio. And I'm like, like what's Hogwarts? Radio, and like then the person who runs Hogwarts Radio is like distressed because I've never heard of them. Hold on, are they still making spellcasts? No way! I'm going, Robert? Who's Robert? She's like, you know, spellcast Robert. I'm like, oh, Robert. And then she's like, Terrence, you know, Terrence from Hogwarts Radio. I'm like, no. <laughs> so she ditched them for like five minutes to run around the room with me, going, ah! Because we're very excited, but she had to take the full brunt of my squealing because she was the only one online because the rest of you were sleeping. See, you didn't tell them how you taunted me. Oh, yes, I did. I then taunted Jen too. That wasn't probably my finest hour. You're quasi-evil. She taunted me with the tickets. (laughs) I didn't. You did. You did. She sent me a little, like, sad face in the Skype, and she said, you know, if you were here, the ticket would be yours. Don't lie to me. I was talking to Rosella. She asked me who you're going with. And I said, oh, well, you know, Mr. Kez is coming. And she's like, I bet if Gen 2 and you lived in the same place that Gen 2 would be going. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she would drug him and hide the body to get that spare ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you are so dead on. She couldn't believe that my husband could get this above her. She's like, I can't believe you wouldn't give it to me. Why? 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 But no, I didn't mm. taunt Gen 2 because no. I'm actually really sad because, because I would love to see this movie with Jen too. But she lives in freaking India. <laughs> oh, I've got to tell you this story. Mr. Kessler and I met on the phone, right? I was living in Melbourne and he was in Sydney and he knew my flatmate and she left her number because she wanted him to call her, but he called up and she was at work and he got on the phone to me and decided that he liked me and, you know, now we're married. So it's all good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was when Titanic came out, right? And I hadn't been to see Titanic. And so we're on the phone and he's like, okay, well, you come up to Sydney and I'll pay for your bus ticket and we'll go and see Titanic because you have to see Titanic in the movie. And my flatmate's sitting there going, that's what I said. You have to see it. It's such a 
fantastic movie. And I'd been like, no, nah, I don't want to see it. See, it's hyped, you know, it's rubbish. And so he's like, we have to go see it. I'll take you to see it. I'm like, okay. So I'm getting on an overnight bus trip to go on a date to the movies, right? This is, <laughs> this I'm is glad you married him and had three wonderful children because <laughs> anyone who takes a bus ride to see Titanic. <laughs> well, here, see, here's the kicker. We planned it. Meanwhile, my flatmate, who's been to see Titanic twice already, is like, no, no, it's going to be off the screen by the time you get there. You have to come and see it on the big screen. It won't be the same. You'll have to watch a different movie on your date because it will not be in the cinemas anymore. And I will, you must come now to see Titanic with me right now. And I'm like, oh, well, but you know. And she's like, no. So we go and see Titanic. So then I have to ring him up and go, ah, oh, well, you know how I'm coming and you sent me the bus ticket money? And I'm like coming for like on a 12 hour trip to see you, you know, interstate to see this movie. And I kind of already have seen it, you know. <laughs> so we went to the zoo instead. And I come back and my flatmate's like, oh, so what did you do on your date? I'm like, oh, well, we went to the zoo. And said, she's like, oh, everybody I know who goes to the zoo on their first date gets married. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Trelawney. I don't believe Draco's story about Ginny. I don't trust him at all. I do not buy his story. Hold on, wait a minute. You don't Wait, trust what? Draco? What I don't understand is, okay, it's the age of consent. Was there some awful, terrible thing that would tidal wave or tornado or massive chasm in the earth that would open if they did it before 15? <laughs> yes. His gigantic <laughs> banana would rot and fall off. Oh, God, not the giant banana. I thought we buried Hey, it's in the thick. Yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today. It is in the thick. All right, now, I'm glad Death Roll is here. I have not felt this bad for Ron Weasley since Death Roll is the author. Harry gets Ron's girlfriend. Harry beats him at chess. Ron gets erectile dysfunction. Ron is getting audited. Why is Mike ahemming me? Like, I'm bridge. What, Mike? Seems a little slow, even for a snake, but I kind of like it. Like she's always like she's always asking these questions to Harry. She's like, I had to leave you behind when I went to Hermione. Why, Harry? <laughs> Sandy is exposition. Where are we going now, Harry? You see Sandy previously on Psychic Serpent. <laughs> I just went to a golden griffin and so did you. A golden griffin, Harry? Mike, yeah. how many snakes do you know that you know that she's being slow? <laughs> <laughs> you're like none other. You're thinking that you're like none other. Just, just His phone is ringing. It's my phone. I'm sorry. Well, oh. Answer it. <laughs> Could what? be important. Well, the one thing amusing about Sandy is she has better diction than Hagrid. <laughs> You'd think there'd be an accent or something. I don't know. Why are you a golden griffin? You mean I was part of a griffin, Harry? You make Sandy sound like she's got a learning disability. <laughs> Whatever the Harry Potter spoof was I watched a couple of years ago, I just realized now that Harry was played by the Vicar of Dibley. You were expecting a bloke, beard, Bible, bad breath, and instead you got a babe with a bobcat and a magnificent bosom. <laughs> Sue and I have the same audio reader. Let's give it up for Krabby and Goyle, shall we? Krabby and Goyle, yes. <laughs> I don't know how you guys... Why is this guy rushing? It's also Hedvig. This is like different strokes meets Harry Potter. What's happening to all of these poor child actors? They're growing pot, they're not wearing underwear, they're sleeping with hairdressers, they look like Victorian <laughs> versions of Rudy Giuliani hey, wearing women. Bonnie <laughs> Wright is looking okay. Thank you. Bob. I love Bonnie Wright, and she's the one everyone always mocks because, like Jen says, she looks 10. She was 10 at the time. 
Can I just tell you this? I bitched for 17 weeks about Snape and a year like none other, and I made Ward Cleaver comments, and I like this Snape. I think he's entertaining. I think it's different. I think he's not growling as much, and it's probably good for his overbite. Like, am I just losing it? You know what I don't like in this story, actually? The news reporter woman. <laughs> and uh, I have a question. And forgive me, anyone listening to this who may have gone through menopause. What the hell is up with Madame Rosemurtha and her hatred of herself? Seriously, she's got an estrogen problem. <laughs> They're literally, like, putting her building out with fire extinguishers. Just, I told you to go away. And yeah, she, I told you to get them out of here. Well, I don't know. I, I think she's so Suffering from vaginal dryness. <laughs> can we say that on the air? Yes, we can. I've decided. Weasley, comma, V. Victor? Who the hell is that? And then you're like, oh, Virginia. And it's like, what did you think my name was? Gingivitis? His thought process takes him so far away from what's actually happening in the scene. He actually thinks to himself, but we'll think about that later. I need to get back to what's happening. <laughs> and, like, he drives the bus I thought it was an actual scene change. No, you know why, you know why I like it so much? It's a fucking Pofwa episode. <laughs> we do. We start talking about the Psychic Serpent Trilogy by Barb, and then we're talking about vaginal dryness, and then we're talking about Kesla getting on the bus to see Titanic, and then we're like, where are we? Harry takes Hermione up to the third floor fluffy room to do the deed. Could that be well, any worse of a place to go? Yeah. The what? Yeah, the dark room, house? Sorry? What room? Say that again. The fluffy, fluffy room. The, the fluffy, fluffy room. What is the, okay, this is one of the things that I obviously missed in my Half-Blood Prince preview tickets excitement. The what room? What the hell? fluffy room. Remember fluffy the room where <laughs> Fluffy the dog was? In- oh, I, I was thinking that there was this room... Like full of fluffy pink pillows or something. No, no, I'm saying that the what? fluffy rooms. They go to the trap door, empty yes. stone, cobblestone yes. fluffy room to go do the deed and get down. And later on, you know, they get all themselves all worked up and they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't screw here on the floor. Well, oh, uh, I, I just under- have to I'm- weigh in here, Mike, because he's having audio distortions. Thought Jen was talking about the fucking room, <laughs> and um, <laughs> we're trying to set him straight. <laughs> what, Jen? <laughs> I'm actually blushing. <laughs> well, how? Just how Harry takes her mind you there after he's like, I think we should see other people. Yep, wow. Let's, let's wait while I go pop some popcorn. I'm one of those people that I picture somewhere in the world, there is a Hogwarts castle used for filming, right? And, you know, there's Hogsmeade, and there's Snape's Quarters, and there's all these swing sets they can use for Potter Manor and the POU house. And it's like a TV show. Like, they have to reuse the sets, and they need to strike them when they're done to rebuild them. I always picture, like, like fan fiction, like all the stories I read are the same actors playing the roles over and over again. So here's my question. In all the other fics that we've read, what do they use the opera house for? Awesome, they, right. they, they, awesome. they actually lent that to Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> they do. It's like Harry and another one. He and Susan Bones, right? They're going to look for a place to get away from the crowd in Hogsmeade, and they go in, and Baltar and Six have the baby over the thing in the back. It always cracks me up that there's this random opera house in the middle of Hogsmeade. Everyone has a kilt. Okay, how do you pronounce oh, 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 the name oh, oh. of the yeah. stupid dance? 
pronounced Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still it's Kaylee. I read it as Kalida. Every have- freaky wizard except for the Weasleys are damn <laughs> Scottish. Except McGonagall, <laughs> who is Scottish, who's actually Irish. Serious Polly juiced into his uncle and flashed Hermione's package. Uh, did she ever realize later on that was actually serious? Yes. Harry told me. Yes. And she yeah, got all embarrassed. If he was Polly oh, I love Madame Rosmurda. She's standing by the wreckage of her... Oh my god, Sirius Black! Like, oh, crap, I forgot him. He, he runs behind the shed, and then a dog runs out from the other side. Everyone's like, get the dog out of the way! We have to get Sirius Black! <laughs> Stop the, the dog in the kilt! Stop the dog in the kilt! Everyone has a kilt. Even Sirius Black, he's like the Osama bin Laden of the wizarding world. He's the guy who is number one on the list. Find him. He's even like, oh, I'll come out of hiding, Harry. I'll bring you your kilt. (laughs) (laughs) There was a line where Harry realized that Hermione was checking out everyone's legs. I would have loved it if Harry ended that paragraph with, well, I guess it's fine. I am a boob man myself. (laughs) (laughs) Harry's like, we can't do it in my dorm. Neville and Dean are up there or whoever. Seamus and Dean, whoever was up there, my exact response was Harry, that's never stopped giving four. <laughs> what you do is you put the charm around the little four poster, which is the size of my love seat, and everyone can look through it and see the shadows and the silhouettes, but apparently it works fine. <laughs> you know, they're all going out to this Kaylee wearing their kilts and their tartan and everything, even probably Pavati, she's Scottish as well. She's Indian Scottish. Wayne contacts me. You mocked my favorite fic. Again. Contacted me and said the same thing. What thing is it? No, it starts off with an interesting idea. It's sixth year. Sirius just died. They got rid of Umbridge. Dumbledore has to pick a new defense against the dark arts professor. And he's like, everyone I pick sucks. And the only time that anyone's actually learned anything in the last 10 years is when Harry did it. I'm making Harry the defense against dark arts teacher. Because we just feel you're the only one who knows what the fuck he's doing. So (laughs) that's the concept. Harry, I think, ended the war by chapter eight because he discovered the power of love cures all. He was able to defeat Voldemort by hugging people. Hermione becomes a professor. Everyone has a damn phoenix. At one point, Harry's talking to Ginny through his hand, and then he's the head of Gryffindor, and Harry is saving people from the Twin Towers. Four chapters on why wizards don't like gay people. Arthur Weasley is running for Minister of Magic against this prick, and they're using a love meter to to decide who wins, and because Harry loves people the most, he's able to boost the thing. And then Harry becomes a phoenix, and like, it went, like, it was like, oh my god, but I couldn't stop reading. And, but the concept Gigantic was really... Train. What the heck is that? What is that? Is Mike choking? <laughs> <laughs> what is that noise? My goodness. Is he dying? Mike, yes, are he... you okay? <laughs> we broke him. <laughs> this is we the sound him. of a broken... <laughs> Oh my god, right? That's just, you cracked me up. <laughs> know who there's nothing wrong with who I adore? Will Fulwick. Will. Yeah, Will's great. Literally, he is a cool virgin. Cool virgin. Oh god. <laughs> we was, should... Well, he is. He is a cool virgin. Let me just say that. He's I hope cool so, because he's only 11. Beyond his cool virginness. But... 
Will is a really where was I going with that? <laughs> what sounds like virgin? I was just trying to virgin. I see people do this a lot. They always assume that Cedric was going to be head boy if he lived. There's no particular reason to assume he'd be head boy at over any other prefect. Everyone else sucked. You don't even know them. Can you even name the other prefects? No, can you? Exactly my point. It could be a really cool one hiding in the bunch. Cedric Diggory had a great name. He had he good hair, just, too. Yeah, he, he was awesome. He had great hair, but seriously, Cedric Diggory, comma, head boy. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. it works. George Weasley, head boy. Oh, oh God, George save us all. Like, like, who else would you have? Like, Al Lipschitz, head boy? <laughs> What's your last name? <laughs> What's my last name? Chef. Something with an ass, right? Schindler. Yes. Brian Schindler? <laughs> I said Schindler. What kills me is Mike is my friend on Facebook. He <laughs> totally Perry, doesn't know Brian Perry. He has no idea what my name is. Am I married? Yes. What? You've mailed me things. You've mailed me Schindler. Things. Speaking of which, does someone here want coffee? I have literally $500 worth of coffee. I have to get rid of. You have sure, to give Mike credit. Send this coffee. He's trying to take over the Puffwa economy because he's trying to get all of our galleons. He'll send us crap. I have more money in the bank. Man? I'm Bill Gates. That's who I am. But even leaving that aside, though, I, honestly, if any of you want coffee, I literally have more coffee than I know what to do with. Why don't you just go to Starbucks in the morning, you know, and get like a, you know, a roll or something and a cup of tea for breakfast? Anyone here, if you pay for shipping, I'll give you $100 worth of coffee. <laughs> So you know Puffa's ratings are down while they're giving away free crap. Whenever he's having the staff meetings with uh, Snape and Sirius and everyone, he's like, crap, I, 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 I told... Who is thumping? It's not me. Sorry about that, Chief. What is your take on Voldemort in this fic, in particular in terms of like his level of scariness, intimidation-wise, planning-wise, that sort of thing? Well, he bombs the subway. Uh-huh. That's bad. And I did like when he sent Harry the form letter. Dear applicant, <laughs> we, we are very pleased to inform you. It's got like the starting salary and the dental plan bull portion. Voldemort's having a job fair by the end of it. <laughs> That's what I like about this Voldemort. He cares about recruiting the best and the brightest. Uh, apparently, from what we're led to believe, he's even considering recruiting Hermione. Well, no, he doesn't want to get sued. He, he, you know, he, Equal opportunity lawyer. I'm picturing the bottom of the leather from the Raven. You know, minorities and persons with a disability are strongly encouraged to apply. Like, <laughs> why the hell is Fleur teaching school in Hogsmeade next to the Opera House? Hunter Davies is a Ravenclaw. I couldn't I remember. And no, isn't he the one that shows goes out with after she dumps Harry? No, she goes out with Roger Davies. No, who she doesn't. She goes boy? out with Cedric is... Diggory. No, after she Claire dumps Harry. goes with oh, Roger Davies to the Yule Ball. He's head boy in Goblet of Fire. But if he's head boy in Goblet of Fire, how can he still be in the score? Yeah. Whoops. No, he's a sixth year. Is he a head boy in Order of the Phoenix then? I think he no, must he's be. Head boy in Okay. I'm wiki. I'm oh, already no. there. I've already wiki. Well, now I have to wiki him because I can't be left out. All right, everyone, wiki Roger Davies. Do I want Roger Davies, the right. manager of the Harry Potter character, or the footballer? No, Species. no, no. Davies, Roger He's a chaser. <laughs> he went with Fleur Delacour to the Yule Ball. When is he the head boy? It doesn't even say. Steve Van Ark has left Fanon. that out. That's what it's, he's head boy in Fanon. Well, he has to be the head boy in Fanon. He's the only extra who has a name. So whoever wanted to know, it was Roger Davies with Cho at Madame Puttyfoot's on Valentine's yes. Day. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Which is in Order of the Phoenix. Oh, so he must Sue, have well been. Done. He must have been right. head boy in Order of the Phoenix. Who was? Yeah. Right, who was making an apology, Mister Noah? He never went out with Cho. No, no. It says here he asked Cho out early February '96, but she turned him down. And oh. then Cho tells Harry during their date at Madame Puttyfoot's to try and make Harry jealous. She turned him down. She didn't go out with him. Oh. <laughs> so explicit about it. When did you have sex? Did you have sex with Hermione before then? Oh, no, it wasn't that day. It wasn't till weeks. Well, they're perverts. I told you. I know what the time was. When, Harry, did you penetrate Hermione? No, it wasn't. (laughs) Oh, no, our plan is going down. It's a thing. Father, I told you. I'm like, stop talking about <laughs> Isn't your husband obsessed with it? Oh, he is. He is. He is so, so ridiculous. I have no idea what. You know that picture of Daniel Radcliffe that's on you Google images and you get that one that's been photoshopped with someone else's? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I made this joke once. I'm like, oh, look, you can see that. And I've told him it's not his real one. And I've told him that you know, I barely didn't even look at the thumbnail, let alone like I haven't looked at it, you know. And he, he keeps bringing it up. Oh, you've seen Harry Potter's penis. And I'm like, oh, be quiet. Shush. And I don't know why, but he'll bring it up at inopportune moments. I was cooking that. I was cooking sausages and meatballs. It's really, oh, really no. stupid. I'm just trying to get the kids to eat. I didn't see the significance of it until you started playing with the food. Oh, you need to be careful because last night you don't want to know about it. And if you keep yeah. going, I'll, just, I'll spill. You know what scares me? Kez's <laughs> last night is my morning. So sometimes I'm at work. I'm like, I wonder what Kez is doing right now. What was that? Nothing. nothing. My last name is your what? Nope, not, nothing, nothing. Nothing at all. Wait for the episode. It'll be a surprise when this comes up. He did not just say that. I, I think he did. <laughs> You're talking about me and my popcorn. I know, but you have popcorn in the middle of the podcast. Like, you go on mute for popcorn. It's right. Wait, when you say the same popcorn, do you mean the same thing as when you were saying bagels before? I know. Slight uh, difference. I, no, Mike. I, no, not quite. Popcorn is legal bagels. Wait, bagels are illegal? I do not. Yes, not bagels are illegal. Excuse me. I do not go on mute. Something <laughs> wonderful came up. It got dropped in my lap like a gift, and it's my excuse to get out of the damn meeting. I have to have my wisdom teeth out. Brilliant! Lovely. Oh, no. What? <laughs> that is such a hey, cool thing. Emergency dental surgery. Yeah. Wisdom teeth are very passe. I go to the, the oral surgeon's office to have the meeting, and I walk in thinking I'm going to just have Novocaine. And he's like, okay, you have two options. I can either put you to sleep and take your wisdom teeth out, or if you're very, very, very brave... I can give you lots of shots of Novocaine, which will be painful, and I can take your teeth out while you're conscious. <laughs> Let me think about this first. Well, now I'm pissed Apple. because it's a push-pull, and I don't like to be manipulated, so I tell him I will take the painful Novocaine. Because I am very brave. Idiot! Well, now it's been two days since I said that. I'm having it out in eight days, and my thought is, I'm a coward. I need you to put me to sleep. <laughs> So now my mother's friend comes by tonight who used to work for the oral surgeon. I'm like, ooh, what do you think I should do? And her exact response is, ooh, I don't know, right? Ed's a little rough. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, he's rough. I was always told I was born without wisdom teeth, but recently. You're a higher state of human development, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but last time I went, they told me that one side on my top. Uh-huh. A grow in slightly later on. And I was like, oh my god, I've 
devolve. Because all during the story, Dudley's like, Harry, write to me, I'm lonely. And Harry's like, yeah, I'll get back to that in the next chapter because I'm staring at Hermione's boobs. And it's like, he's like, oh, look, an elephant. And he goes off on a tangent and completely... And Dudley's sitting at his desk like... Well, he's... Well, he's well. Uh-oh. 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 Death roll? Uh-oh. Can anyone hear us? I hear you! <laughs> in here! Think back to Naked Quidditch Match right now. Neville could put at the end of his M-mails, I beat Harry Potter, ask me how. <laughs> <laughs> if you take Bob's brain and put it in Fred's body, is the body with Fred Bob, or is it Fred? Because is it in your brain, or where, where do you exist? It's very deep. Well, I just got to point out now, it's a very deep question, and I think it was done well here. And I know, even for a very deep question, it can be done badly, because Star Trek Nemesis was an awful movie. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> and they tried that same question there. They got, they got a bald guy, and they said, this is young Picard. You, he could be a Nazi. The Half-Blood Prince video game. In the DS game, you wander around the castle, and you talk to people, right? And they have all these names. Like, I'm sure in Order of the Phoenix, a random Hufflepuff would just speak to you. This time... On the little DS screen, they've all got names. Ethan Bexley. Like, who is Ethan Bexley? And <laughs> Faye Dunbar. They randomly talk to you. You walk up to them, they walk up to you, they talk to you and going, Harry, I really like my new broom. Harry, I just got a great grade in Transfiguration. And you're like, I don't care. I'm trying Who are to you? Dean. You're an extra. Here is Dean. They're going, oh, did you see those Slytherins in the dungeon with the cold? <laughs> like, I'm going to find Dean. <laughs> Hey, Dunbar, be quiet. The rank one winners were actually all undefeated, so it wouldn't really matter what Neville was doing. Then if you look more closely into it, is he the person who gave the one loss to Harry Potter? Yes, he is. Yes, he's Harry. Harry. And so you have no way of knowing then what the correct rankings are, because, oh, this is just so horrible now. Are we going to be able to interview her about this? Yes, we will have Barbara on. We will have an entire section on <laughs> She can explain. Joker. Why there was no inquiry, why there was no tribunal, and why they weren't stripped of all Can you picture Neville, his his yellow eyes blankly staring ahead, his mouth in shock and awe, with Mike being the one sitting with him from, like, midnight to three, just saying, you know, Neville, I want you to know if you get through this, you destroyed the dueling club. (laughs) (laughs) Theoretically, Harry still wins the competition. Let's say I give you that. The only people who have a two-win margin are Hermione and Virginia in ranks two and three. Ranks seven through nine. You know what? Recently, Ravenclaw House decided the remaining Wissingamot seats based on who won the baseball. And I had to trust that Dave is rightful. I know. I have absolutely no idea what they mean. So you could talk this up, Mike, and I'd still be sitting here at the end going, ha, he's Harry Potter! Come on! I love that Harry goes after Draco, slams him up against the wall or whatever he does, and says, how come you didn't tell anybody that Neville was brewing these potions? Ginny's standing there the whole time, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What? I I wasn't paying attention to Neville. I was watching Ginny. Thanks very much. I, too, am a boob man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Why did they stop giving Hermione Viagra? I mean, or whatever the. What I think happens is it starts off, they're kind of, oh, we're going to grind Harry and Hermione's face in the ground by telling them that she was on Viagra and they were like, you know, screwed up. <laughs> and then, oh, God. <laughs> In the beginning, Harry jokes about dating Ginny, and Ron's like, the 
ultimate mood killer. You would have known it was a bloody good idea that you didn't do that because we would have killed you. Something like that, yeah. And then later on, there's the thing with the picture in the bikini and everything, and Ron's like standing at the door saying... I I must say, on the subject of the picture of Hermione in the bikini, Neville must be brain damaged, because what the hell was he thinking handing it to Draco? (laughs) I think it's the universal standard that cuts across all houses. If you're a boob man, you're a boob man, you don't care. It's a Slytherin, if it's all See, I'm sitting there, I'm reading that, and Hermione's making up all that was stuck to another photo, and I didn't mean to send it to Harry, but I... She was lying her ass off! What the hell? I'm like, just tell Ron that you're going out. (laughs) And her her justification later is it wasn't the right time. You know, uh, so strapped to a tree in the Forbidden Forest is the right time for Ron to find out that Hermione and Harry have been banging each other for six months. Hermione's pregnant. No. 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 You know, she says she's been on it for two months or something. But I kept reading prophylaxis potion. And you know how they're always called a contraceptive charm or a contraception potion? And this is a prophylaxis potion. And I'm thinking, what, does it, like, make a condom magically appear? You know, because I'm... (laughs) Yes, it does. Not used to prophylaxis being used in any other sense than for (laughs) a condom. Though it can refer to other methods of... Well, it, things. Technically, it's anything that interferes with yeah, exactly. tab A and slot B. Or well, it can eat, it's a, an antibiotic. It's a prophylaxis because it interferes with the biotics and it's antiing them. So all I have in mind, <laughs> Doctor Keza, we'll be back. Oh my goodness! But all I had in my mind is that you take the prophylaxis potion, and then when you're getting busy and you get it on this like condom, like magically appears. So that, yeah. Was that like condom? Dumb? What was that? <laughs> well, we should also point out for young listeners, condoms are not actually a foolproof. Um, They're 99.9% effective. I did this on before I researched the most effective methods. You did. Yes, you did. Please, the condoms are having sex. I'm just saying, be aware isn't there such thing as foolproof birth control? Abstinence is a foolproof method of birth control. Oh my god, Thank we just you, got... Bristol Palin. <laughs> uh, unless you're talking about the rogue sperm. Oh my god, we, 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 just got, we just got a public service announcement on sex for Mike. We just lost the South. <laughs> we apologize to all Southerners. And Bristol Palin. <laughs> I'm not pro abstinence. You know, I have no problem with candidates having sex with each other. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I was looking for a clip for the intro. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. That was awesome. I'm just saying, you know, in my junior high school, half my junior high school had had sex with each other, really. So I, I, I'm not... I'm, not a I'm just saying you should be aware that even when you're using a barrier method or a birth control, there is always a slight risk, and you should, you know, have that factored in and don't ignore it when you fool around. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. You remember before we were explicit? There's a family that we know. They had five children ranging from, you know, about 12 to something like 17. And then they had a bit of an incident. And they announced to the family that they were going to have a new brother or sister. And the children were like, oh, that's wonderful. Hang on. You've been doing it. And you've probably been doing it in the house. Mom, we were here. <laughs> Instead of promoting abstinence, why don't you just promote forms of sexual involvement that don't involve actual penetration? Wouldn't that make the most sense? Mike. Um. 
you would think there'd be more advertisements, you know, urging kids instead of having, you know, sex in the sort of like the cliche old fashioned way to to be more creative about it. Do it. <laughs> All right, so either you're encouraging advertisements that promote mutual masturbation or anal sex. I was thinking more oral, but okay. You can still get, okay. You can get pregnant. I'm talking pregnancy, not disease. You'd have to make clear that we're not dealing with disease. So we're pro-disease, anti-pregnancy. <laughs> Assuming you've both been tested, you should be tested before any relationship. But if you want the foolproof method to avoid information, there it is. Yeah, I love the fix where like they go to the transfiguration classroom and there's a line. Because everyone goes to the transfiguration classroom. Say something for after the podcast. Oh, because it's not suitable to be aired on the podcast. Next, I just, like I, I, I encourage young teenagers to have. Okay, there's nothing. Okay, <laughs> good. So um, we're going to take off now, so Mike can say something that's not suitable for all age groups. And with that, have a good night, everybody. Good, good night. night. All right, Mike. What do you have? have any of you actually seen Quicksand ever? And if so, how like you know, ignoring like sort of cartoons, how fast do you actually sink in Quicksand? Welcome back to Parfait Weekly. This is Ryan. <laughs> I was Mike, not a... Can you ask your question again, please? Uh, but I, I was curious if any of you had actually seen Quicksand, and if you have, if you had any idea of like outside of cartoons, like how fast do people really sink in it? Is it really true that if you just stay still, sink less fast than if you struggle and try to swim out of it? All right, well, everyone, until I hear this, these are the questions Mike has to hold until after the recording is complete. Let me let me tell you, Mike. I was down in South America at one time, and I did fall into some quicksand. But uh, she pulled me out. It was great. A sheep, she, she, <laughs> because she knows how to survive. I'm still being freaked out by the Harry Hermione snogging scenes, but well, I'm going to get past those. I hope it's okay. I'm falling right behind you. Oh God! I was I listening know. to it today. And I was at a craft store, and I'm just like, oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> Why is everyone hitting on him? Like, is he wearing, like, the Black Panther cologne or something from, like, Anchorman? Or, it's, it's, like, I don't understand. Actually, he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Save it for the podcast. Oh, wow. That was a Ryan flashback moment. Oh, I'm sorry. Welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Kayla. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And this is Death Roll. And this week we're going to be covering Psychic Serpent. No, no, no. In fact, what? we are going to be covering the second book in the Psychic Serpent series, which is called Time of Good Intentions. What are you guys talking about? I thought we were doing BS. <laughs> it is also called The Last Temptation of Harry Potter. So, yeah, it's no true. Psychic Serpent? <laughs> it's the Psychic Serpent trilogy, but not the Psychic Serpent story. The rest of the podcast people have already covered that one. Um, that was what they did the last two three. or three podcasts. Oh, may have a problem. Goodbye, Kayla. Bye. Bye. Have fun in Germany. Talk to you later. I would say goodbye in Germany if I knew how many times. That's what I mean. And he's seeing the vision of Voldemort and his hair. Voldemort and his hair? Air. Did Voldemort join Hair Club for Men? He did, didn't you know? <laughs> Sweet. He should. He totally needs to mm -hmm. lose the creepy serpent man look that he has. He'll be a lot more effective on the recruiting posters. New spokesperson. Yes, that one, you know, where he's pointing and he says, you have one hour. <laughs> that would be a fun commercial, though. You have one hour to buy our product. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you like killing and torturing? Wanted. <laughs> Do you like being tortured yourself? Well, then have I got the career for you. Well, that's how Bellatrix signed up. He's working with the lads, and he's getting teased about having his girl and... His bird. <laughs> and he almost starts talking about Hedwig. <laughs> Wasn't it in Goblet of Fire after the Yule Ball mm-hmm. fiasco? Oh, yes. yes. Ray, this is, Ray, can you tell us? Ray, can you fill us in on the canon, please? It's about Cho. They're talking about she's sad because... Oh, oh, hang on, guys. Hang on. Stop. Hey, Ray, you have to record yourself, dear. We don't actually have you because we're all recording <laughs> ourselves. Yes. <laughs> So does that mean Ron was supposed to be a girl? Yes, and Molly was actually disappointed at first that he wasn't. Although she would never <laughs> send him off to bed. I think we just lost Scott again. I heard the noise. And I'm dropping from the call again. Yay! When your enemy hands you an alarm clock, don't look at it and go, hmm, this is set to go off in five minutes. I wonder what'll happen. Oh, shit! <laughs> that to me was not Ron being oversensitive because Harry's like an admitted stalker. She was creeped out when he was originally sort of stalking her, and eventually he caught her talking to friends about how weird and horrible it was. That's basically when he stopped. But then after that, she sort of realized that now something was missing. But the moral of that story is, Stalkers never give up. (laughs) (laughs) So he finds a nearby slide in the form of Mariah Kirkner and says, Go show Harry a good time. I wish I had more friends like that. Seriously. (laughs) You know, if I was in Hufflepuff and I was from an altered dimension, and Hufflepuff was like, What's wrong, Michael? Why are you acting so strange? I'd be like, Give me a hug. And I'm Gryffindor, I'd be like, he called her on my blood. And they'd all attack him. And Ravenclaw was like, pop quiz tomorrow. So you're asking us if we think it's better or not that Voldemort has taken over. Partly I'm asking whether it's, it's, it's better. <laughs> Partly I'm asking if you guys actually think it's this. What's so funny? I'm Kayla. And I'm Kelly. And we have Dan. Hufflepuff Dan. Duct taped in the corner. Yay. Hi, Hi Dan. Dan. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, no, I'm Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't bad. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Today you're Australian. Harry is on his way to the borough to get the rest of his birthday present. <laughs> He's not quite sure what that means. Oh, we all know what it means. At this point, Daniel apparently had some wonderfully insightful comments about the Weasley family and their relationship to Harry. Unfortunately, because he is tied up in the corner... This entire section of the podcast makes absolutely no sense. They didn't spell the words very well. (laughs) Blood is spelled B-L-O-D. No, it's because they're all incestuous, all the Death Eaters, that's why. Okay. You know, they don't know how to spell. I want to apologize now to all the Slytherins that are listening to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Not the Slytherins, just Just the Death Death Eaters. Eaters. They're just the incestuous (laughs) Death Eaters. So even though Ryan is in Ireland, and even though I almost said Ryan was in Alaska for some reason, (laughs) when is he coming back? I don't even know. (laughs) Only says they sell ginger beer in our town. I don't believe her. I, um, obviously I read the one I wrote when I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't review your own pick for the podcast? I remember what I wrote. (laughs) I'm still hearing nothing. But we can hear you. 
Danielle and Ryan, Danielle and Ryan, all the time. I'm like, who are these people? And every time I put Puffwell on, they're like staring at me from the banner and I'm like, I wish I could remember how to change the banner. <laughs> like, I can't remember what the banner's <laughs> Like a couple of times I've felt that Danielle and Ryan are like, the, the one on the right, they're like staring into my soul. They're staring at you, aren't they? <laughs> I'm like, I like feel like if I'm doing something, like right now I'm just like stubbing my face with candy and I feel like I have to like cover them so they're not looking at me disprovingly. <laughs> I feel like I'm sorry, Ryan. I remember how to change the bed back of what it's called. <laughs> I feel like I'm being watched. <laughs> Okay, so let's see. Halloween. Halloween. What about Halloween? Kessa needs to be educated, perhaps, in the way of Halloween. Yes. Do they not celebrate Halloween in Australia, Kessa? No, Keza? we don't. <laughs> we don't celebrate Halloween in Australia. Really? Not at all? <laughs> no. Kessa, come oh, back. Because it's an American tradition. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not just American. The books are books are British. I am. I don't know why we I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and she's not even here to hear us. They didn't trick-or-treat at Hogwarts, but they trick-or-treated. There was trick-or-treating going on. I've been in- talking on mute. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they do have at Dairy Queen? They have a pumpkin pie blizzard, and it's good. It's pumpkin-flavored ice cream with bits of pumpkin pie crust in it. But who eats pumpkin-flavored ice cream? That's disgusting. <laughs> it's not a tea for the pumpkin pie. Well, I like pumpkin pie, but ice cream? I don't like pumpkin pie. Well, I live in Massachusetts, not Minnesota. What? I used to look for Dairy Queens to buy just Yeah, I'm selecting my state, and I'm looking for the nearest Dairy Queen. I don't think Dairy Queen delivers to OPS. But I can't find one. <laughs> Do they not have them? Where are they? Do you know where the nearest one is? <laughs> no, anyway. Never Welcome. Where is Chicopee? <laughs> they have the craziest town names up here. <laughs> I read a couple on there, and I have to say I was disturbed. I think I thought I was clicking on something else because it was um, Snape and Lupin Empreg. Excuse me, sir. Where's Professor Lupin? That's not really your concern, is it, Potter? Suffice it to say that your professor finds himself incapable of teaching at the present time. Rebus was carving a pumpkin and Snape was rubbing his belly. Ooh. As the horseman attempted to decapitate Nick, who cleverly let his head flop to one side, the horseman's blade swished through the suddenly empty space, only to catch on the remaining piece of sinew on Nick's neck, severing it with a twang. And then the baron manages to defeat him. But he isn't a piece of sinew, he's a piece of ectoplasm because he's a ghost. Yeah, well, so is the horseman, is the idea. Oh, see, I missed that part. I wonder if there's any kids out there who are afraid of Ronald McDonald. But, you know, yes, because, they are. Yeah? When you think about it. Or anybody in Costa. I remember when my little boys were little, went up to Storyland up in New Hampshire. They loved the pirates. They loved the bad guys. Anything that you would think would scare a little kid, they loved. But then what were they terrified of? We went up to Cinderella's castle, and there's like this little 17-year-old high school girl dressed in the long ball gown, blonde hair, pulled up, little Cinderella thing. They screamed and hit me behind my legs. They didn't want anything to do with Cinderella. She terrified him. It's just <laughs> Really? <laughs> it was hysterical. It's like, how can you be afraid of Cinderella? 
I worked for Warner Brothers for a little while as Bugs Bunny. Oh, fun. It's funny, the different reactions of kids. Like, some were, you know, all into it, and others wanted no part, wouldn't come anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. But, like, I had one kid came up and punched me in the stomach. <laughs> I don't think I was ever afraid of, like, Mickey Mouse or Santa Claus or things. Oh, I used to have screaming at Santa Claus when they were a bit younger. Oh, we'd go through a desensitization program the month before Christmas. <laughs> we will. Because I'm obsessive about Santa photos. So the month before we'd walk past Santa for a week, I'd go to the shops frequently just to go visit Santa. One year, when I had a one-year-old and a two-year-old, it took all month, all, or nearly two months, all of November, all of December, and I finally got the photos taken on the 23rd of December. Wow. <laughs> because it just took that long. And in the year before that, I'm actually in the photo because my 18-month-old still wouldn't do it. And I had been pregnant, so I couldn't take her as much. And the baby was a week old. So Santa refused to hold the baby because I was too little. And my 18-month-old wouldn't go near him. So I'm in there and I'm wearing this ugly purple T-shirt. And they're all dressed up in pretty Christmas dresses. But it's just ruined because I'm stuck in the thing. <laughs> Santa wouldn't even hold the baby, you know. Aww. There's one where we tricked my son. Like I sat next to Santa and sat him on my knee and we distracted him with a teddy bear and then I sort of swiveled him into the photo so he didn't know that he was near Santa. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they've all caught up to it now. Although I think my oldest has caught on to the fact that he's not real. <gasps> I remember the early days of Keza. (laughs) (laughs) What do you remember? Now I'm curious. I don't know. I just remember that someone from Australia appeared and I thought it was interesting. Oh, that's right. I was a novelty. (laughs) No one ever really thought about that. How did Nick get revived if he couldn't swallow the potion? I was going to say, I thought they could eat. They just couldn't taste anything. But then I realized I'm not. I'm thinking of the vampires in Twilight. So never mind. Harry has to hate Halloween because everything bad always happens on Halloween. I mean, there's a couple of things that are good. It doesn't. I'm back. Sorry. (laughs) I have no idea what you've been talking about because I have been trying to shoot my husband out of the kitchen where he is rattling every plastic bag, shuffling really, he shuffles like an old man and he can hear. So what are we talking about? We are talking (laughs) about Halloween. Yes. I know we're talking about Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) I put Ginny just because she eventually became a writer, but Lois Lane is kind of wimpy damsel in distress and I don't see Ginny that way. Mm-mm. No. Lois Lane annoys me. I think she's annoying. Like, for God's sake, save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rod would love to be Superman, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Superman He'd love to be the hero. <laughs> Running around in the tights and the little red underwear on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Batman. You never know. No, Snape is Batman. Do you see Snape with a utility belt? All <laughs> 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 different portions on it. <laughs> I think the Marauders would probably go with someone else as a werewolf just to throw people off unless oh, they avoided I... it entirely but I could see Sirius dressing up as a werewolf Remus dressing up as a dog <laughs> 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 he, would, he would dress up as a dog Scooby Doo Scooby Doo and Shaggy well, Remus could be Shaggy that'd be good yeah <laughs> So they wouldn't necessarily dress up as those things. They would be like dentists. 
that would be scary to them. <laughs> <laughs> so what are vampires dress up as for Halloween? <laughs> Twilight vampires. <laughs> they get sparkly. The theory that Ron and Dumbledore are the same person. Like Dumbledore is a giant squid, one of those kind of things. No, it's actually really good. If you think about it in like the um, context of when it was written, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, I believe you. Goes <laughs> 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 over my head. How could Ron be the heir of Gryffindor? Wouldn't that be Bill? Well, they explained that some way, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How it could be Ron. And not like one of his older brothers. <laughs> and I remember that's like this really convoluted explanation. I was well, wrong though. They were all adopted. He brings out all these cliches. It starts with Harry. He looked like a combination of Dan Radcliffe and the drawings done by whoever that Mary, how do you say that? Mary Grumpy. Grumpy. Okay. But in three dimensions, you know, not flat. <laughs> <laughs> with a messy shock of raven coloured hair, which most people call black. <laughs> his eyes were starting green. But not like freshly pickled toads, more like grass, and it's really healthy. <laughs> and I just really love <laughs> that. Taking sheets. And Harry and Ginny are lost in themselves, and Molly yells out her name. Get away from the poor boy, you scarlet woman. <laughs> <laughs> some of the ways that some people interpret fanfic is insane. I just, I'm, I'm looking at them. How did you get there? <laughs> like yeah. the Snape Lupin imprint that I stumbled over. I'm like, how did you get the idea? <laughs> Empreg aside, that Snape and Lupin would be interested in engaging in a relationship. <laughs> they don't like each other. They are civil because they worked that year in Prison of Azkaban. They're in the same job. They're civil in the Order of the Phoenix. I'm like, how did you come to the conclusion that they'd want to be in a romantic relationship? I just don't know how people get to these places that they're in. I like this part. Harry's talking the worst parts, and I know Joe did them on purpose, but when me and Hermione were on our own after Ron abandoned us, I never have done that, Ronald. We know, Ron. <laughs> Every time me and her, Hermie, I love it, Hermie, apparated, Joe had us holding hands and she had us with our arms around each other several times. Do you have any idea how disgusting that is? And then it turns out she's his cousin. Well, she's not a first cousin. <laughs> she's a second cousin through my mum's side. Yeah. And I love Joe fell out of her chair laughing her ass off. Can I say that here? Hermione's mom's name was Chrysanthemum. <laughs> we covered up our connection by saying Hermione was a muggle-born. Or as Malfoy teases her a mudblood. <laughs> we really wondered about those fans who thought me and Hermie should be together. Aren't there laws against that? <laughs> and poor Dumbledore. He's had a stroke and all he does is sit and drool. And of course, Her Highness dropped that theme in her seventh book, which she wanted to call the Seventh Horcrux. But apparently that title was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really confusing, though, if that had been the real title. And then we'd have the, <laughs> the book and the things like, which one are you talking about? And I would have been looking at the book going, oh, Joe's got it wrong. It's not the Seventh Horcrux. Harry's not a Horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to Arthur. I wasn't supposed to die in book five, so I'm ecstatic with what happened in the series at book seven. <laughs> I am a little bummed at losing Fred, but John just looks just like him, which is like cloning So hold on to the wonder that those books.
drop to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.